You are watching the vodka stream. Happy Friday, everybody. TT, what is it? <laughs> Almost said, t what did I? Wow. TT, TG, I should say. Thank God. I don't know where I was going with that. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to Vaca Stream. Hey, how's it going out there? Everybody good? Huh? Pull up a chair, grab a drink. What's going on? Yeah. Ah, let's join that. Yeah. Let's uh let's talk. Let's do this. Let's do this, huh? It's Friday. I feel like my my table is like a little tilted. I'm not sure why. Mm. It's because I have all the badassery of uh, those two right there. They're they're weighing it down or something like that. I don't know. Anyways, welcome to the Vodka Stream, of course. We made it through another week. Um, I'm doing the Kettle One today, the Kettle One uh, Cucumber Mint, because it's just refreshing. And I was like, you know what? Let's do that tonight. You know, I did bourbon. I did wild turkey last week. And I will tell you guys, I woke up uh, a little... Uh, a little foggy, a little foggy. That's for damn sure. So, man. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll go to the vodka. It's a little lighter and everything like that. So I pushed the camera back a little bit, too. So, you know, you get more of the uh, everything that's going on. So cheers, guys. Welcome to Friday. Happy Friday. Mm. Ah, it's just refreshing. It really is. Dangerous. Absolutely dangerous. All right. Ah. Who's out there? How we doing? What? That's right. We got the outlaw coming on tonight. I think he's actually live right now doing talking about Boba Fett and stuff. <laughs> Guy's going to be putting some uh, work in tonight. You got to love it. You got to love the hustle. Yeah, because obviously we're going to be talking Boba Fett tonight. Get his uh, input on some things. Uh, yeah. No, it's not Tito's kettle one. You know, Tito's. I'm not I'm not as huge on on Tito's as I uh as some people would probably think. Does it look like Superman and Batman are holding hands? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I think it does. Hey, after they fight, guess what? They uh, they are the two best friends that anyone could have. Uh, There's going to be a beast. That's right, Outlaw Nation. There you go. Yeah. Thank you, Bennett. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's right. All right. Hi, hi stuff. How's it going? Outlaw Nation, baby. Yeah. And I've been wanting, I've been wanting to talk to Mr. Roca for a while, you know. Really dig what he's doing. He's out there, just like uh, like I said, he's hustling, man. Ah. Ah, good night for a vodka stream. That's right, Mr. Venom. That's right. What's going on, Mr. Lobo? Holy shit. That's right. Mr. Jason also right here. Feel like I'm at a you feel like I'm at a speak heat? Well, that's good. That's what I try to do. Ahoy hoy, Mr. Jason McKenzie. How's it going, sir? That's right. It's gonna be fun. Very groovy. Groovy. That's what I'm talking about. Uh feels classier. That's what I try. I try to have like a little bit of class when it comes to this. How's it going, Tony? Tony Chappie D9, uh District 9, Neil. Yeah, you're a Neil Plompkamp fan, I could tell. Yeah, kind of, kind of feels like it, right? Yeah, if anybody's been to the, the ice house, yeah, got the bricks. That's what I kind of, I kind of went with the whole brick thing. That's why, like, when you know, there's people here, I have the brick background too. It's like, you know what? Instead of having the the thumbnail, we'll have a brick background. That's right. 
What's going on, Ryan? Happy Friday. It is Friday. That's for sure. World's collidering. Ha! Zing. That's right. He was a part of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a slave for you. I cannot hold it. I cannot control it. Singing some Britney Spears tonight, Captain Gator Girl. I like it. I dig it. Uh, how's it going, Stephanie with a PH? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Happy Friday. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Cheers. Cheers. Everybody saying cheers. There we go, Mr. Jose. What is up, sir? That's right, Super Bat. That's right. Figured I put the those two right there since I, you know, pushed the camera back a little bit just to get a little bit more. Um, so why not? What's going on, man? Carrie, how you doing? Excited to see the outlaw, one of the Schmodown champs. That's right. That is right. He is one of the Schmodown. You know. Um, aren't they, they're going into like another whole like season when it comes to all that stuff. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll try to get on there one of these days, huh? What's going on? What's going on, Arun? How you doing? How you doing, Claytalian? Got you in the background while I, well, okay. Nothing wrong with that. As long as you got me in the background, there's nothing wrong with that. Did I see that the box office pros tracking the Batman for 135 or $185 million opening? Yes, I did. That's right. But we're still going to boycott. Warner Brothers, all right? That's 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 what's happening. We're going to totally boycott them, the, that evil fucking company. How dare they? We're not going to make it. We're yeah. It's not going to make that much money. There's no way. No way. What are you doing? You know? Jeez. Ah, we got legend here. Good to see you. You got your food. That's good. What you eating there, Jose? Let me know. Uh, hello. Can't wait to hear Steven talk about Luke of Yoda Fett. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, that's the thing is like Bo Book of Boba Fett's really becoming a, a full on discussion when it comes to uh, when it comes to this, the, you know, weekly stuff. I mean, it really is. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, even though it's kind of not exactly the series that we thought it was going to be, it's, uh, you know, it definitely is. Um, it definitely is uh, creating a lot of conversation, you know, which is good. Um, yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. You know, you know, another, I mean, I've said this before, but fun fact, Christian Harloff was actually at the 2017 press screening for Justice League on the Warner Brothers lot that I attended. I actually saw him, didn't approach him, didn't approach him. Um, I thought about it. And then, of course, when we were walking out, you know, he was walking like that way. He was like that over there. And I thought about talking to him, but I was too busy talking to the guy that I was talking to before and talking about how D Snydered, D Snydered the uh, Justice League was. And then I, of course, just was going like, well, you know, I've said I've said that story many times. Like, what do I even say? What do I even say here? Seriously, what do I say? When it comes to my first reaction, I've talked about that. Queso lo loaded nachos from Del Taco. You and that Del Taco, man. I swear. It's like, it's going to kill your guts. going to kill your guts. Dave, I think you'd be an awesome contender on Schmodown. Yeah, that could, you know, I think, uh, I think I could be too. Yeah, that's for sure. Mark Ellis. Yeah, I listen to Mark Ellis. Mark Ellis is, uh, you know, he's a comedian. He's funny. Uh, the morning show that I listen to over here in, in SoCal, he, um, he shows up every Thursday actually to do like a movie thing. So it's pretty cool. Have you ever had Robert Meyer Burnett on your show? Yes, I have. Um, 
um, if you look back, just look back on my channel. It was last year. I've had Robert Meyer Burnett. Great conversation. Great conversation. I mean, I, um, the conversation went like with him for about two hours, but he, he had a bounce because he had his own stream to do, but we had a great conversation. So yeah, I have go look, uh, go look on the channel. Just type it in, just type in, uh, Robert Meyer Burnett and film junkie. You'll find that you'll definitely find that. So Making you hungry? I don't know. Yeah, to me, when I hear Del Taco, I just kind of lose my hunger. <laughs> I, I kind of do. I do. What's going on, man? What's going on, Chuck? Uh, I have not yet. I haven't watched it yet. I got to reactivate my Hulu or something like that because uh, I did cancel my TV, my YouTube TV, because I don't need it anymore because football season has now wrapped up. Of course, we still have the Super Bowl, but, you know, don't need it for that. I'm going to be going to... Um, some friends for uh for a super bowl party so i'm not gonna need that but i'm gonna probably reactivate my hulu now that i'm gonna cancel my youtube tv so i'll catch up on that i need to catch up on uh uh women of the movement too with ray fisher so i know people are gonna be doing that dave join my space next time don't be shy now nah, i was just listening in all of a sudden like after the patreon stream you're just like i gotta talk more oh yeah yeah get a little bit of inspiration there jose uh, uh, I don't know. You had somebody on there that doesn't like me anymore. <laughs> you know who. Um, next time, get Mark Riley. Okay. Oh, don't worry. Always uh, trying to uh, get these people to, to come on here and have a nice little relaxed conversation in the Vodka Stream Lounge. That's for sure. Uh, I think all the whipping in the dungeon is what's going to ruin. Yeah, that could be it. That could be it too. To get into the slowdown, that would be uh, that will get back in. I haven't watched in years. Yeah, it kind of fell off a little bit, a little bit, but you know, they're still going at it. They're going at it still. So, oh yeah, Chick Fil A for dinner. Good for you. I had uh, I whipped up some eggs. <laughs> That's about it. That's all I really had in my refrigerator. I was like, all right, making eggs tonight. Eggs for dinner. Nothing wrong with that. So, I make good eggs. What can I say? I'm a good egg, and I make good eggs. Danny, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. I think people are, are exaggerating the woodenness of synthetic Luke Skywalker voice. Yeah, definitely should have Mark Han I Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, we'll be talking about that, too. That came about. I mean, yeah, if you haven't seen Book of Boba Fett, spoilers all around. <laughs> I mean, we nobody's holding back. We didn't hold back last week. We're not going to hold back this week. It's just the way, you know, if you haven't seen Book of Boba Fett, make sure you have, you know, make sure you, uh, you you check it out because, yeah, if you're not caught up, but but then at the same time, people just can't help themselves. They just start posting shit like um, right after they watch it. I'm actually surprised. Uh, I, I got I got Luke spoiled for me when it came to Book of Boba Fett. Um, that, that was it. And then I was like, oh, well, I already knew Grogu was going to be on that thing because... Why not? I mean, they already teased it with the last episode. They, it was like, all right, Grogu is definitely coming. And then it's like, okay, if Grogu is going to be there, we're obviously going to see Luke, right? So, yeah. I mean, it wasn't any shock. But then, you know, when you got Ahsoka and uh, and then, of course, uh, Mr. Bane, which, uh, you know, I, I still have to, like, totally dive into all the animated stuff. So um, I knew about the character, but at first I was like, who is that? Oh, wait what's his name? It was like one of those kind of things. And then, I, and then of course, just looking online, I'm like, oh yeah, that's who that is. And then 
you know, you just kind of do your little research, but I need to, uh, I need to really dive into, I, I need to dive into, um, I need to dive into a, uh, a lot more of the Star Wars lore when it comes to, uh, I haven't even watched Rebels. I need to watch Bad Batch. I need to do all that. But tomorrow, Tate, tomorrow, I'm probably going to be doing that. I think I'm going to be doing that big time tomorrow because um, I have a free Saturday of just like doing nothing. You know, I haven't had too many Saturdays where I could just like, all right, let's just sit and relax. It's usually like, okay, I got to stream or I got to go somewhere. I got to do something tomorrow. I got, I don't got shit to do. I'm going to wake up, probably get a breakfast burrito or something like that. And then just, um, watch whatever. And I think I might just start diving into, uh, um, some more Star Wars animation. I need to really catch up now that they're just really bringing that into the live action stuff. So we rearranged some guts in the dungeon. There you go. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Aaron Bailey. How's it going, sir? Yes. Yep. I inspired you. See, everybody wanted to hear your voice, sir. I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you, uh, you carried the, you carried the conversation when it came to, uh, the Patreon, the Patreon stream. I mean, when you came on, it was like, all right, here we go. And then you and Mr. William were, uh, really going back and forth, which is great. It was a great conversation, you know, and it was, uh, you know, it was debate too. That's what I love. I love it when there's like debate, even like last week on the podcast stream, because, you know, um, when it came to the screen rank guys, when it come to Colbert and Dice and, and Keys. Uh, Jesus Christ, that, that's a fucking group right there. Colbert, Dyson Keys, Dice Keys, Colbert. Um, you know, they're not liking Book of Boba Fett too much. Um, I'm kind of in the middle and, uh, and then you got Ray who's enjoying it a lot. So it was kind of cool to just to get that kind of balance, I guess you could say when it came to, um, what was happening there. So it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Healthy debate. That's what it was. Thoughts on Dakota Johnson getting cast? Yeah. Hey, why not? Um, I mean, she's talented, right? Um, that was very out of the blue right there. And I'm kind of curious curious to see when we first start getting more stuff when it comes to that whole world. And obviously, you know, that's going to take place. Um, we're going to start, you know, that's going to be taking place. I don't know in the obviously the sony universe and when it when it comes to all that i don't know who's gonna who's gonna be the spider-man in that who knows i don't know i guess we'll we'll find out but yeah that was kind of out of the blue today because i remember they announced um they announced madam webb a while ago and then it was like all right and then nobody really talked about it and then all of a sudden it's like hey guess what you know dakota johnson she's now going to play said character so cool why not? All right. So let's uh, let's go ahead here. Let's see. Get my tweet ready. Uh, yep. All right. So get all ready to go. Everything's looking good on the stream. So, yeah. What's going on, Dane? Good to see you, buddy. Always good to see you. All right. All right. Scroll. Scrolling all the way down. You guys are talkative tonight. Love it. All right, let's bring my guest in. You guys know him as uh, the Outlaw from the Outlaw Nation, Mr. John Roca. How you doing, sir? What's up, everybody? How are you doing, Dave? Thanks for having me on, man. Looking forward. Hey, no problem. Thank you for joining. I know you had a yeah. You just got done with the stream right now. Yeah. Huh? This yeah. is my fifth show of the day, brother. It never stops. <laughs> I'm always working. 
Did the dude, I was hustling. Yeah, you got to hustle. I, yeah, you got to have revenue streams in this world, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, so, I tell uh, you yeah. what, that's what I love about um, love about this world and people and talking to people. It's just the hustle that people have, man. And you definitely have that. Thank you, Mr. Man. Outlaw Nation. Love it, man. That's right. So talking to Book of Boba Fett, were you? Yeah, we just finished our uh, what two hour and fifteen minute live stream uh, talking Oof. about Book of Boba Fett episode six. Uh, we had um, eight hundred and fifty people watching us live, which was really great. Uh, in the comments, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, I saw. I tuned. I tuned in for a little bit as I was yeah. preparing for uh, the stream tonight, and I was like, "Damn, a lot of people <laughs> tuning in." on that stream right there that's awesome man yeah yeah geek buddies are great people and it's great to have uh, laura kelly as our guest who of course has her has carved out a nice place in the star wars fandom so we're very yeah. fortunate to be able to do that all this stuff with her as well for the star wars uh, situation um yeah. but yeah but i'm excited to be on here as well my man yeah no problem um yeah star wars situation i do want to have a conversation with you about that because there is a lot of uh debate about what is happening with this show which is yeah. very interesting but uh you know first off i'd always like to get to, to know the guests get get your origin story sure. so you're uh you're in california correct yes san diego yes. yeah okay san diego oh that's nice <laughs> how long you been living there um we just crossed a year this past october um oh. yeah we moved uh just when you know stuff was getting really crazy in la with covid and oh, yeah. uh the rise of so many things going on there that just, it just felt like it was the right time i'd been there for 20 years my girlfriend had been there for 15 and we just kind of hit that wall we're like you know what let's explore other places uh and uh, her uh, sister lives down here in san diego so we just came and looked in a few areas and we ended up making the jump uh and nice. we were we we locked down a house and were moved out within three weeks. So it was oh, great. Wow. It worked out. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. How how you liking it down there? I'm sure. Oh, I, love love it. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, Not San Diego's beautiful. I mean, it was funny too because when when um, everything was. Um, you know, when, when everything was on lockdown, of course, in this area, mm -hmm. you know, I'm in so Southern California, but I'm, you know, I'm like an hour and change out of LA wow. in uh, Riverside wow. County. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, the only, uh, when Tenet came out, and of course, you know, they were releasing in theaters, like nice. the only place that I could actually go and watch it was in San Diego County. So I called, I, I hit up my brother. I'm like, you want to go see Tenet? <laughs> we're gonna have to go to san diego <laughs> i have to go to san diego county they're the only ones that are playing it so we freaking we just took we drove about an hour and 20 minutes just to wow. go see tenant you know it's just because we were just jonesing to see a movie and of course you know we wanted to see what nolan had to offer us uh you know then yeah. and uh yeah so we we uh we made the venture out that area to uh to watch tenant in imax yeah. it's crazy <laughs> I, know, I know people who drove to vegas to see oh, the yeah. screening. Remember they had a screening in yeah. Vegas for Tenet. And if you were an, any remote influencer or YouTube critic or Rotten Tomatoes critic, you got the email. And if you oh, could yeah. go to Vegas, you could see it ahead of everybody else. Crazy. I got, I got, it. I think I, I think I got one of those too. And then it was yeah. funny because I was tempted because I have family in Vegas. Oh, my dad sorry. lives in Vegas. So there was even a temptation. I remember even talking to my brother even then I'm like, you know what? I mean, Vegas, <laughs> they're, um, they got movies. Um, if you want to make a trip for a week, we thought about it for, yeah. for a second there, but we're like, no, we couldn't do that. But Luckily, good old San Diego County was like, hey, you can come here, you know, just mask up. You're good. And uh, yeah, we made a day out of it. But, you know, it was just great. It was just 
so sad. I mean, just for not being at the movies for like, you know, I don't know how many months it was in and just to go and see a, a movie and just like being a, you know, seeing the huge screen and just everything. And uh, man, it was fantastic. It was just fantastic to see that. So, yeah. But uh, yeah. So you used to live in uh, the L.A. area. Yeah, yeah. Moved there in 2000, you know, pursuing the dream, being an actor, that whole jazz. And it didn't really kind of, didn't really, you know, I, I, you know, you look back now and you're like, oh, I thought I really wanted to be that. But the fact that I kept taking jobs that would make it harder and harder for me to audition and harder and harder for me to get jobs as an actor, I kind of subconsciously maybe realized that on camera acting wasn't necessarily my favorite thing or the thing that I really wanted to do. And after a while, 15 years into it, Christian Harloff just kind of pitched something to me to come on and be a guest on Far, Far Away, and and uh, which was a podcast or a show he was doing. Yeah, podcast, yeah. I guess, with him and Tiffany Smith. And from there, that's where everything kind of launched from there. And I found I took to this world like a duck to water, man. It just felt more <laughs> natural to me than anything yeah. I ever did in the first 15 years in, in L.A., man. Yeah, no, I feel you. I think I always had like even like growing up, I had, you know, I had friends say, you should be a comedian. You should be a comedian. And I was like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I have that. Can I actually do that? And for some reason, I just never made that jump. Mm. And maybe one of these days I'll try to do something like that. But then when it came to, you know, doing stuff like this and it's just like, eh, you know, I could put my personality <laughs> right here. Just stick a microphone in my face and a yeah. camera in my face and just kind of just. You know, I love talking movies. I love talking the nerdy shit. So, you know, why not? You know, there's nothing wrong with this. I mean, it's just basically just, just anytime that somebody asks, like, how do you do it? I'm like, just put up, just turn the camera on, turn the, the microphone on. Yeah. Just do it. See what happens. Trial and error. It's never going to be like, I mean, you look at, I, I can't even, I go, I wouldn't even want to go back to my old videos and look oh, and God. just like, oh, no. you just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sitting there with a cowboy hat in the corner of a room with no mic, <laughs> using the uh, camera from the, yeah. from the MacBook Pro. I mean, dude, for the <laughs> longest time, my first live stream, which yeah. uh, happened right after Collider let me go, um, was 30,000, 32,000, uh, was leading the view count on any video I'd ever done until my Batman reaction at DC Fandom. That had been my number one video for so long, and it was crappiest video, crappiest <laughs> audio but it was just a timing situation, you know, it was just Crazy, the right, right time because everybody knew about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So how did the whole outlaw thing like come to be? Well, yeah, yeah, that was part of the Schmodown, you know, that movie yeah. trivia competition. And of course it's ironic. Today's the uh, day when they kind of gave me the Yodi award and it's fully officially, I'm retired from that. And it was a, it was a blast to do it for seven seasons. Christian Harloff again, calling me up being like, Hey, I, I want to go next level with this movie trivia competition. I only done a season of it, but I want to create characters. I want to do those kind of things. Uh, he knows I'm a pro wrestling guy. And so we were just mm -hmm. talking and uh, he, and I, and he goes, you know, I'm just looking for a heel, looking for a badass. And I'm like, well, look, I got a cowboy hat and I'm a big fan of Westerns <laughs> and I love the villains in Westerns sometimes. Yeah. And so we could create something where I'm the outlaw that way. I don't have to like be one thing or another. So it just kind of came up organically through conversation. And then I built the costume in my head from stuff I had in my closet. You know, the, the V for Vendetta mask, the cowboy hat. It just happened to work uh, in my head. Um, and when I put it all together and took the pictures and stuff, I'm like, oh, this is great. This is totally going to work. And so from there, it kind of built because I've always been a guy who's kind of said my piece for better or worse. Um in situations so outlaw mm -hmm. felt right for me and i've always yeah. had the kind of rebellious spirit anyway and so it that's kind of worked out and then we turned that into a heel character 
for the schmodown and really verbally mess some people up uh, in situations, <laughs> you know, for the entertainment of the fans. Yeah. Uh, and it just built from there. And then eventually I hit a, a wall where I was like, okay, well, look, I mean, Collider let me go. I want to build my own thing. I've already, I already have an outlawed nation uh, group on Facebook. Yeah. So why not create something like this, call it the outlaw nation, create my own shows, make sure it's a place people know they can come and say whatever they really feel um, about it. And uh, with respect and then, and, and see where we can go with it. So it just kind of built from there. And thankfully I made enough contacts to be able to transition into getting screenings and getting all those kinds of things and connections with publicists. So I didn't really miss a beat, you know, yeah. so I'm very fortunate in that way, Dave, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, one of these things is like, you just have to evolve constantly. Yeah. I mean, I always find myself just like constantly trying to do, I mean, like when it came to, uh, you know, live streaming during the pandemic, I was like, you know what? I mean, I was doing the vodka stream. I've been doing this probably for about two and a half years or whatever. It just oh. kind of started with like, Hey, I'm going to sip vodka. And, uh, you guys, uh, in the live chat, just, uh, ask some stuff. And when I get done and I'm feeling good, then we stop. And then it just kind of, you know, went forward into just like, hey, all right, now I had people coming on and, right. and all this stuff. And then it just kind of turned into something. Then I was like, all right, well, what about just doing like a live stream like during the during the week? And then Film Junkie Live started happening and I started trying to just update, you know, because I thought, hey, everybody's at home right now. We're all locked yeah. down. Why not just do that? So, I mean, it's constantly you're constantly um when you're looking at everything and just trying to do your own thing, I mean, you're just constantly just going, all right, how could I be better? How can I do this? How could I do, yeah. how could I do this better? How can I make the quality better? Yeah. It's just constantly a learning process and it's a, it's the fun of it too. Yes. There's a lot of times where you just want to like pull your fucking hair out and just be like, <laughs> ah, why? And things aren't working right. And you're just like, yeah, you know, but right. you know, it's just part of the process. But you're one of those guys I've watched in the past. Like I, yeah. I've watched your randomly on YouTube, just like, Oh, he's live talking about something yeah. let's watch it and it's so yeah. simple your approach man i mean there's almost yeah. a little bit like it's just straightforward this is what it is if you like it you like it if you don't you don't move the fuck on and i i appreciate that to be honest with you and and i like the way you interact with the fans so when i got yeah. the uh, message on twitter i was like oh yeah fuck yeah come on uh, this is the, i've always enjoyed watching your stuff man so well, yeah, i appreciate it cool people dude like junkie well, X i know yeah man. yeah oh, i know <laughs> that was <laughs> <laughs> when that happened, when I got like, when I uh, tweet, all I did was tweet him too. That's what was funny. It was like, oh, I tweeted him and I was like, Hey, why not? Give it a <laughs> shot. Let me tweet junkie XL. And then all of a sudden he, he quote tweeted and responded said, I'd like that. And I, and, and everybody like on Twitter was like, dude, I didn't even see it at first. All of a sudden my fucking phone just starts blowing up wow. and I'm like, Oh shit. And I just kind of went, what do I do? I don't know what right. to do. <laughs> like, what do I do? I didn't think that was going to happen. And then all of a sudden we just made the, uh, we made the, the connection. And then of course talked to his people and got him on. And man, that was just, that was surreal because yeah. that guy, that guy is a personality first off. And, oh yeah. Oh man. And then the fact that he was just like, Oh, I'm going to, he was just smoking cigarettes, you know, drinking his beer and just kind of chilling and then brought people on to talk to him. And he was all, all about that and he started playing some stuff from Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Cool. And it, it got it was funny too because and I've I've said this before where it got to the point where all of a sudden like his people were blowing me up on uh, an email going like he needs to wrap it up. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> and I was like how do I how do I say that? How do I tell him like hey junkie you got to yeah hey uh Tom yeah hey Tom you got to like uh you got a thing after you got a phone call or something. And then he finally like wrapped it up but man yeah. he was like totally just kept going and going and where his people was like, Hey, he will talk forever. You better like 
and like wrap it up. Uh, wrap it up. It was funny. It was hilarious. Yeah, it's, you always <laughs> got to walk that line, don't you? Because you don't know. Because mm -hmm. you, you, I mean, you want as much of the time with that person as possible. Because you never know how you can chop it up into little videos or take little excerpts to promote. Exactly, which is what I did. Yeah. Subscribers, yeah. You, but then the publicist, you're like, well. Can I can I risk pissing off the publicist? Because then will that person book other people? For exactly. Me? So you kind of have to figure that out as you go along in a case by case basis. Yeah. And that's what I kind of yeah that's what I learned like yeah. uh, getting like people on. I'm like okay, so you know especially when it comes to those kind of you know people mm -hmm. that are working in Hollywood and stuff. Yeah. Um, just trying to uh, figure out a time to like talk to them. And, you know, sometimes I'll do pre recorded interviews. You know, because obviously eight o'clock at night depending yeah. on where they're at, it can, it could be kind of a struggle. So cool. it was always like, uh, it, you know, it always came to like, all right, how, how do we approach that? And then I always usually say, yeah, you know, we'll talk. I mean, it could be a half hour, 45 minutes to an hour, you know, right. hour tops and some, you know, and I love it when it goes over that, you yeah. know, that means that shows to me that, Hey, this person's having a good time. We're having a great conversation. Oh, I yeah. always try to keep it as laid back as possible. I'm not, it's not a press junket where I'm like, so well, uh, how does it feel to have this role in this? You know, you, you kind of right. do that whole thing. I've been, I've done the press junket thing. <laughs> I don't really like it that much. Yeah. To be honest, it's so just go, 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 go. Right. You know, I like this kind of setting where it's like, let's just chill and have a conversation like normal people. Right you now. I'm sure you've been this like, Oh, totally. A press junk is like, um, I don't know if you've seen the new Jackass movie, but it's like walking on electrified floors. It, it really is <laughs> press junk. I, because, I chose to see Moonfall last night instead of Jackass. <laughs> I got. I'm seeing Moonfall. I, I, my friend Shannon from the Geek Fight has got married, so I couldn't go to the, the Moonfall screening. So I'm going to see it this yeah. weekend. So we're in reverse here. But yeah, there's a scene where they're on an electrified floor, and that's what it feels like because you can go in with all the questions you want, and and yeah. you've got a four to unless you're one of the big like entertainment tonight, you've got four to eight minutes uh, tops with someone, and you've got to come up with questions, and then you don't know if that person is a talker or not. So you may burn through all four to, uh, of your questions before the eight minutes are done. And you're just sitting there kind of trying to come up with stuff on the fly, or yeah. you may only get to one or two questions because that person goes on and on and on and on. So you just never know. And that's what makes it so uh, interesting, but also so frustrating because you want to kind of have more time to get into the nitty gritty and the, and the bones of things. Uh, yeah. If you're, if that's where you go, you know, naturally, instinctively. So yeah, junkets are junkets are a whole other animal, well, and I'm, I'm and with you. I prefer the long. Yeah, form. and then there's like they're getting asked the same questions over oh, and yeah. over and over again. So I'm like, I want to ask something differently, you know, like different that that nobody else is asked. And I mean, the last one I did was for Mortal Kombat. I interviewed um, guy, I can't remember their actual names, but Sonya and Kano, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Josh Josh Lawson and Michelle. I can't remember her last name. Okay. I forgot. But uh but yeah, it was just like it was uh I had two people this time. Right. And I was like, oh crap. You know, so it's like it was just kind of like, you know, you have eight minutes, go, go, go. And I'm like, all right, I gotta ask about this. Oh, the relationship between Sonia and Kano. But then I <laughs> wanted to be like, hey, let's get into you know some things. And luckily they were really cool they were really talkative and i mean i flat out said like so josh how's it feel to be the douche of the uh <laughs> of the franchise and he actually laughed and i'm like there you go i just needed yeah. that you know something just to uh make uh both of them laugh yeah. i think when michelle kind of went did he just say that but he laughed so that's all that matters <laughs> well, he's australian man he, he, yeah. he doesn't take nothing seriously so he respects oh. the wall busting 
He's very funny, Josh Lawson. Oh my god! Oh yeah, he's a yeah, he's a funny dude, man. Especially uh, yeah, and I I I think we kind of briefly talked about his role in Anchorman too because I loved oh, that's his right. role in that. Yes, yeah. Everybody doesn't remember. It's like yeah, that's Kano there, guy. He's the the guy who's running the uh, twenty four hour news right there. That's that's him. But uh, so so basically, just after Collider, I mean, how how long were you with Collider? Uh, three years, uh, around three years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. and the whole time I had been doing my other podcasts, the Top Ten and the Cinephiles, while I was at Collider. And I can't tell you how many times people said, you know, you should stop doing those podcasts. You should not do those podcasts. And nope. when stuff went down and uh, and uh, things fell apart, having those revenue streams from the Patreons uh were a godsend were so essential so i was very happy we never stopped that it's still going both those podcasts now so you know i'm always kind of working and hustling and collider was a great experience for the most part uh, and uh teaching me the ropes of the business the good and the bad for sure um um but yeah yeah i, I would never regret my time at collider at all it, it kind of helped elevate me to the next level of understanding no. what's required in the business you know yeah everything's a learning process i yeah. mean when it comes to like even like uh, my day jobs, you know, I'm in the the telecom world. When it comes mm. to my day jobs, I mean, I was once a cable guy at one point. Now I do the behind the scenes stuff, right. and it's just very interesting. I was like, how the hell did I get here? Where I'm like literally now engineering some stuff. Wow. That I used to like, you know, I used to be a, just a, a fucking cable guy that just showed up. <laughs> hey, uh, you you called yeah, installation? You want uh, you know you know all that stuff, climbing poles. Now I'm like designing stuff where it's like, oh, yeah, they're going to be placing all this stuff in this neighborhood and blah, blah, blah. But it's just like I always tell people, I'm like, no matter what your experience you had, you know, we all have bad, bad experiences no matter what. Even, you know, I worked for um, well, not worked, but well, I, I ran a YouTube channel for uh, an Android website called Android Spin for Android oh. phones and stuff. Right and that kind of got me really into like okay so this is how a kind of a business works so it was like i was writing articles i was handling their youtube channel right. and doing all that stuff and uh it really kind of went all right but i was still doing my stuff on the side mm -hmm. so then when that kind of fell through and that went away i just kind of took what i learned there and, and and applied it to my youtube channel just to make right. it you know you know just stronger i guess you could say oh yeah know? Oh yeah. yeah, I used to write the descriptions for all the videos the three years <laughs> I was there. That was one of my duties, along yeah. with hosting, along with reviewing, along with writing every once in a while. Um, but yeah, writing the uh, the description for so that taught me about SEO and hashtags yeah. and how many words to put where and you know all that kind of stuff. So you learn that, and that kind of made it very easy to transition into my own channel. Uh, mm -hmm. to do that on my videos and learn how to do that uh, to fit what I'm doing on my videos. So yeah, absolutely. You never know what you pick up that will end exactly. up helping you down the road. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So you haven't seen Moonfall yet, which I, I will say, hey, if you you could walk in with a, um, a Roland Emmerich um, checklist and just go, yep, <laughs> yep, there it is. There it is. I mean, if you're a Roland Emmerich fan, yeah. hey, you know what I mean? Like there's... I, you know, I, I always do my first reaction reviews and when I uh, pulled away and I was just like, yep, yeah, you know, it's, it is what it is. You know? <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't expecting it to be anything like, oh, you know, it's not going to be a rival from, right. you know, you know, or something like that. It's just, it's going to be, it's going to be, you're, we're going to see a great shot of, you know, New York or something is going to be destroyed. There's going to be some craziness and that's what you, 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 you get. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. So expect that. I mean, I'm sure oh, you've already heard. Yeah. I can't wait. 
I can't yeah. wait. No, I mean, I'm the guy who still defends Independence Day resurgence, for God's sake. Oh, so wow. I'm, I'm in the Emmerich train, man. I, I like his loon. I mean, because <laughs> I'm the person like, uh, who's going into this thing expecting Citizen Kane? You understand what Roland Emmerich is. Yeah. So my mindset is different. It's why I like the Transformers movies. I went yeah. in knowing what Michael Bay was going to do with these movies, and I wow. was along for the nutty, crazy, effed up ride. And so it's just like for that, they just kind of appeal. Same thing with Fast and Furious. I have friends who never oh, go see those films. Yeah. Uh, but I love losing. I loved the last one. Fast Nine was a blast. And I saw some people like, oh, it makes no sense. And like, what are you talking? They're catching cars with their hands. <laughs> of course, it doesn't make sense. They did that six <laughs> movies ago. Exactly. And I love right. people lamenting, going, remember when these people stole VCRs? And I'm like, it's the fucking. Yeah, we've had some discussions about that. We've come a long way when it yeah. comes to, and you know what? I mean, I mean, I, I, I think after Paul Walker, you know, passed away, oh, yeah. and after Seven, I was kind of like, all right, I'm kind of over this franchise. But then all of a sudden, it's like, and I, you know, I've watched obviously eight and nine, yeah, and uh, it's just like, yeah, there's enjoyable action sequences, dialogues, ridiculous, and it's ridiculous. There's a lot of bulging biceps um and stuff like that but then all of a sudden they cast jason momoa as the yeah. villain and i'm kind of going well <laughs> but john i have to ask you this yeah do you think though because we did hear that dwayne johnson he wanted to have jason momoa be in hobbs and shaw oh yeah and the fact that he couldn't get him because of scheduling conflicts do you think that vin diesel after you know putting out that that Instagram where he was like, Hey, we need, we need you uh, to come back as Hobbs and, and Dwayne I, Johnson. Turned out. You think that he kind of went, Hey, let's get Jason Momoa because Dwayne wanted him. Do you think there was a little bit of pettiness there? Yes. 1000%. Yes. 1000%. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so ridiculous. And, and the pettiness all comes from Vin's side of this equation. Oh yeah. And so that tells you who's really in power. The yeah. petty one is the one who's not in power. Let me just tell you that right now. <laughs> Okay, uh -huh. whenever you see two people going at it, the pettiest one is the one who see, feels like they are not in power. Whether they actually are in power or not, objectively, I don't know, but they're usually the one that feels the least in power. That's why they kind of dial into their pettiness even more. That's been my experience. And certainly on my side, when I've been a little bit petty, it's usually when I feel inadequate with the person that I'm going back and forth with. So no surprise. And The Rock's been nothing but magnanimous. He even yeah. outed him when he said like, dude, we talk behind the scenes. You know what I said. Stop bringing your kids into this shit. Don't reference Paul Walker. You got, don't yeah. even bring a, you know, this gentleman who passed away in this way to me, man. That's not my responsibility. Um, and so him going and getting Momoa and look, Momoa is probably like, dude, keep me out of it. Whatever the contract, I'm happy to come do it. Yeah. It's great for him. Cause it's a main, it's one of the main franchise franchises out there and an installment from the main franchise as opposed to Hobbs and Shaw, which is a spinoff. So it's a smarter move from Momoa career wise. I got no qualms 100%. with that. Yeah. yeah. And so they couldn't make it work for him. But the fact that the rock wanted him first and then Vin go and swept him up, that's super petty, man. But yeah. what do you expect from Vin, man? This is all he has, dude. This, this is really all he is. Has. There's no pacifier six. This is all he has. Dude. <laughs> all what he was has. that season of the witch? What was that with or the witch hunter or whatever? Well, that last, yeah, something like that. And then of course he tried blood. Uh, what was the blood? Uh, oh, yeah, blood sport. Oof. Or no, yeah, blood that's sport. right. Bloodshot. Bloodshot. Ooh, there man. it was. Yeah, I almost said blood sport too. Yeah, um, yeah, that didn't really quite work out. It's it's funny because it's like Vin Diesel has tried 
many times. It's like, it's like, dude, all you have is triple X and fast and furious. And, uh, God damn, when he came back, when for that triple X, uh, three, I was like, Ooh, seeing him on a skateboard at 50 years old. Cut no, it. it's just, you can't do it anymore, oh, yeah. dude. It's <laughs> it like, worked. No offense. No offense. People love MacGruber. MacGruber. I saw yeah. one episode. Motherfuckers got wrinkles like they dude, cut it out. You're not MacGruber anymore. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Like move on. Yeah. Yeah. I hate when they when you see like it was like watching Mike Myers and Dana Carvey bring back Wayne's whoever that's oh. like this is not good. Yeah, so, I know. It just gets to a point where it's like, yeah, the nostalgia is there, but it just I mean, I, I had that feeling like when when Dumb and Dumber 2 came out, I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. When those two I was like, hey, they're back. And then when I'm like sitting there in the theater, I'm like going, this is not good, but I love seeing them interact. They have great chemistry, but Jesus Christ, this is not. The first Dumb and Dumber, the first Dumb and Dumber is one of my all-time favorite comedies oh, yeah. because it was just so well written. The Fairley brothers were just on like that was like that was when they were just busting out and just being like, Hey, we're gonna write a dumb movie that's super smart. I always say it's smart dumb. And the chemistry between Daniels and Carrie were so was so great. And it's like, yeah, you had lightning in a bottle. And then, of course, 20 years, some odd yeah. years, 25 years later, you try to do it again. It's like, yeah. nah, not going to work. Sorry. <laughs> you know? No, I, know. And look, I respect some of the people in the chat talking about, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy. And yeah, and, yeah totally. Yes. He's got he's part of those franchises. Yeah. Financially, it's fine, but he's not leading them. And yeah, the Riddick one. Possibly that last one though didn't do so well uh, yeah. financially, even though it was better than the second film. So how much of that is really people aren't clamoring for a Riddick seven, eight, nine, and ten? I mean, this Fast and Furious is what he has. And look, no, no I mean, a lot of people would kill to have at least one franchise for God's sake. So seriously, it's not that. And he's quite he's got right. one big franchise. He got two. I mean, apparently there's going to be two more movies. They're talking about spinoffs. Maybe I don't oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just wonder, like, what the fuck else can they do? I mean, they went to space in the last one. Everything we joked about, they did. They went to space. See, that's what I worry about, because then I'm wondering, okay, because uh, everybody's joking about, what, time travel, multiverse? <laughs> and I'm like, don't be surprised if we if we fucking see it in this next movie. I'm like, well, I mean, Spider-Man, we got the Flash coming out, talking about multiverse. They yeah. might try to do a multiverse time travel thing. <laughs> Who the fuck knows, man? I don't know. <laughs> it I would kill for Fast and Furious multiverse into the MCU. Hell yes, make it happen, make dude. It happen. I mean, I just would not put it past him. I would not, man. Woof. Oh. oh man. Um. So yeah, when it comes to uh this year, I mean, how much are you looking forward to the Batman? Oh man, big time. Jesus I mean, Christ. like I said, it's it's my one trailer that like blew up on a yeah. reaction that blew up on my channel, which I was very appreciative of. But dude. I said it afterwards. I mean, this already looks like the greatest film, one of the greatest films, regardless of superhero, otherwise, that I've ever seen. What an incredible trailer. It was very reminiscent, I felt, when I saw the Joker trailer, that mm. 1970s vibe Joker trailer with a big name and white letters there. It was incredible. It had that vibe of like being so much more than the genre has ever seen before. And I think Matt Reeves has been developing to this really powerful filmmaker. So what he's going to bring to this. And the rumors were there was a four-hour cut. I, you know, here's a new goal for me, Dave. I need to know the people that will allow me to get into a four-hour cut of the Seriously. That's the next God. goal. But yeah, it's two yeah. hours and 40 minutes. There's a hubris there, Dave. Two hours and Oh, so it's two hours and four. I, I thought it was two hours and 40. Oh, yeah, two hours and like 47. Yeah, yeah 47 obviously with the credits and shit like that. People yeah. have to like accommodate. Yeah, but 
Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm like, when you hear four hour cut, you're like, um, so is that going to be on HBO Max? I mean, <laughs> what, you know, what's going on with that? I mean, he's already developing series. I mean, that's what I, I mean, yeah. Matt Reeves, um, what he did with the, uh, the apes yeah, franchise. I, yeah. I mean, I always forget who directed the first apes movie. Oh, I always forget. Yeah. See, right. It always, that sucks too, because it's a good show. movie. It's a good freaking start off to the franchise. Like they right. did a good job. Somebody in the chat will, will yeah, yeah. Uh, say what it is. Um, but what Matt Reeves, when he took that and then it was like, all right, well now we're going to progress with it. It shouldn't have worked. I always say it. How is that supposed to work? I mean, you watch the old classics, you know, of course, yeah. you know, you're damn dirty apes, you know, all that stuff. It was classic for then it worked then, but it's like, how do you reinvent that? And he fucking did. Yeah. I mean, I think I thought Andy Serkis deserved an, uh, like an Oscar nom yeah. for his performance. I mean, but the fact that they probably looked at it like, eh, but he's mocap. And I'm like, and? He's yeah. still doing all of that. Like uh, Rupert Wyatt, that's who did it. Rupert, yeah, Wyatt. Rupert Wyatt. Yeah, Rupert Wyatt, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, I always was like, well, I mean, I don't care that he's mocap. I mean, well, first off, the mocap is almost, it's like fucking flawless, first off. And he's still acting. He's still giving, I mean, it's still him that's in the mocap that's doing all the acting. Oh, yeah. And it's like, don't sleep on Cirque. And that's why I love it. When he was cast as Alfred, I was like, fuck, yeah, that's perfect. Absolutely yeah. perfect. Thank God. You know, I was like, yeah. But yeah, I just always thought like, why, you know, but what he did with that franchise. So that's why when he jumped on to Batman and then, of course, there was that whole thing was like, is it going to be Ben Affleck's Batman? Is it, you know, and then oh, it right. turned out to not be. There was that whole thing. And then, of course, when we're, we've been hearing recently um, where Matt Reeves was like, oh, yeah, I read Ben Affleck's Batman script. That wasn't for me. Right. I was like, that's great what he had right there. And, you know. Fucking can somebody leak that shit, please? <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Take back to Joss Whedon Wonder Woman script. Give us the Batman script from Ben Affleck. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. I remember that reading. You just read that script and you just kind of go, Ugh, "This is awkward." <laughs> Why do you I feel that? embarrassed alone. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was had some uh, interesting stuff in there. No, but um, and, and then he was just like, "Here's my pitch," and then he thought, "Oh yeah, they're not gonna take it." And then all of a sudden they're like, "All right." We'll wait for you. And it was like, oh, okay. But of course, they still had to play the part. And I think some people have trouble realizing that. I mean, on at, at Comic Con, I think during Justice League, uh, I was uh, there for that. Were you? All H. Yep. Didn't he also there. say that, he, that was the one where he said, like, I will be an eight, I'll be yeah, a month later on the ground for yes. Matt Reeves or Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But little did everybody know that he was done. Like, he, like, he had such a bad time oh, with yeah. what happened on Justice League. But he couldn't say that, obviously, yeah. you know, and you know, yeah, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's totally been. Yeah, he's been. I want him to sing a little bit more, to be yeah, honest. I, I mean, I think he's still holding back a little bit. Let's yeah. face it. But and then even Matt Reeves said, oh, yeah, it's of course it's part of the DCU. But it's like and then people go like he lied. I'm like, oh, stop it. He <laughs> was, you know, he was stuck between, you know, they had to, they just had to do that. I mean, that's just the way it is when it comes to this business, man. Yeah, and when I was there, dude, um, I study people. I know people haven't been an actor, people watch or whatever. I know yeah. people, right? I can tell by body. The fact that I knew Ben was done, and I said this to, and I might have said it on Movie Talk, but I remember that I was there. I remember watching it. Uh, they all came out, and I remember Ben was the most relaxed I'd ever seen him in any kind of event. 
He was totally chill. Gal Gadot was leading the conversation. Maboa was chiming in. Ray Fisher, uh, Ezra Miller, they're all talking and blah, blah, blah. And here's Ben just kind of chilling. And I said to my friend there, I can't remember who was sitting with us from the Collider crew. I just said, he's out. He's not coming back. Look how relaxed. He doesn't care if he says anything right or wrong about this at all because he's so relaxed. Everyone else is like kind of like having fun, but also a little nervous not to say the wrong thing. And Ben, his physical body was so chill through that whole uh, conversation. And he didn't lead. If Batman would lead the conversation yeah. about the yeah. Justice League, right? The Whoever was Batman would lead the conversation. And he was so relaxed. And that, to me, was the sign that he was done. And he, he yeah. knew he was done. And they were just playing this out. I knew. And so I was not surprised when they announced it eventually. Well, but what's great about it is like, you know, Ben, Ben is Ben, which is, you know, I, I mean, obviously I, I'm, I'm, I was always a big Kevin yeah. Smith fan. So mall rats when I, uh, that was probably the first time I even actually, no, I take that back. Buffy, the vampire slayer was the first time I saw Ben Affleck. Oh. Anybody realize that he was a, he was, he had a little small, tiny role as a basketball mm. player in that movie, <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> uh, great movie. I mean, yeah. Um, but anyways, um, but yeah, I love that, you know, he develops like these relationships as a director, even being a director himself. And he, yeah. you know, when he came back to do like Jane Silent Bob, uh, the reboot, uh, oh, right. yeah. yeah, which was a, you know, a great, fantastic scene that he had. Yeah. And then of course he came back, you know, even though he was pretty much kind of done being Batman, what did he do? He came back for Zach, you know, he came back for the additional <sighs> photography and it was just so fucking fantastic. Must, man. Dude. I mean, it I tell so- you, right. Dude, I was so, I mean, that movie made me cry like 30 times watching Dude. it. There was so much in it that was like, God, man. I texted Zach and said, "Wow, motherfucker, you made me cry about five or six times. <laughs> Great shit. When I, when I got that screener and I watched it that Saturday, I was yeah. like in tears. And I texted him right after that. I was like, Dude, yeah, yeah, I am totally with you, man. You have Zach's phone number? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Shout out to you, Dave. <laughs> I don't know. I it, it, I can't I even believe this myself. Moved from Zach, this is good. This I'm getting yes. close, <laughs> dude. It, it, yeah, that, I always go. It's a very surreal thing. I mean, I mean, I mean, when Army of the Dead came out, I was like, all right, we're gonna have a fucking spoiler discussion on here. And I sent him like, hey, if you want to join, and he just joined. He was like in his pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> he just showed up, and of course, we're like grilling him for fucking like, like, hey, so what did this mean? What did that? And he would just be like, yeah, maybe, no, I don't know maybe you know he would just say shit like that it was it was great and it was like yeah i mean that's how cool that that guy is it's like everyone says he's awesome everyone who works with him everyone who's had any kind of relationship with him they say he's great all the actors everybody and you know and and you need to just read that joss whedon interview to understand the difference between (laughs) zach snyder and joss whedon you know and i've been defending zach since 300 and so to me it's like he's a guy that he has a singular vision, and it's in, and if you can dial in that vision, it's incredible. Can people have issue with story or character? Have have at it, absolutely. But overall, the films are powerful, you know. Fucking and man, right? his four and look, I wasn't a BBS guy, and I'll never, I'll never hundred percent like that movie. But I loved Man of Steel, and and like I loved Man of Steel, and so when this cut came out, that was the Joss Whedon with his cut. I was like, this, what is this? And then <laughs> when you see the four hour cut. It's glorious. It's absolutely glorious. And you think to yourself, well, what was the problem here? Was he not able to do his full vision in BVS? Like, you just have to ask these questions and wonder because he got it so right in Justice League that now a piece he's like, I'd love to see this. And 
it's always frustrating to me that Warner Brothers is creating this all this other stuff here. They're creating a multiverse. Why can you not create a Zack Snyder part of the multiverse since they it's a multiverse? So to me, I always find that to be an odd thing. But of course, it's because they're embarrassed by the whole situation and they have yeah. to kind of push back. And it's a shame because we're losing out on potentially some fantastic interpretations of these characters and their stories through Zack Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it would have been nice just to like, hey, let him finish his story because it wasn't like he was trying to be a Kevin Feige and like, hey, this is the way it should be. He was just right. like, no, right. I have a story I want to tell. He's just an artist. Like like every comic book writer or something like that has yeah. a line like, hey, I'm going to tell a story. It's not going to be full on canon, but hey, if anything yeah. wants to stem from it, sure. That's what he kind of did. It's like, yeah. I'll build these characters. We'll put them in there, and then other directors can do their thing, whatever yeah. they want to do, do their thing. I'll, I'll have little placeholders. I mean, when he released that whole eighteen fifty three, whatever the hell, the Cromerian um, War Wonder oh. Woman photo with her with the heads, it's like, yeah, he 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 had a, a whole backstory for yep. his Wonder Woman, but then he worked with Patty Jenkins, like, oh, okay, we're gonna do this instead. Yeah. Perfectly fine. And then it ended up being fine. He worked with James Gunn. What do you want to do? There you go. That's what you're going to do. That's right. perfectly fine. And then, of course, there was, of course, there was like flash stuff, but Jesus Christ, that fucking script. I mean, like, how many versions of that script is there out there? Jesus. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, he wanted to set the foundation, but he wanted to tell his story, which is essentially just. I'm going to tell a Superman story going through all this and we're going to bring the Justice League in. And we're just, it, it was essentially just a Superman story that he yeah. wanted to tell, you know, in this huge, crazy, epic, you know, way. Yeah. And I think they just didn't, they were just, you know, Warner Brothers is too busy looking over at, you know, Marvel and being like, um, they're, what, what about that? What yeah, about that? And it's like, no, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to do something. And I, I'm hoping that Warner Brothers is, realizing this i mean yeah, the yeah. batman is not anything what the fuck they're doing over there and yeah. it sounds and, and it's the most hype movie of the year yeah yeah the batman and the joker these are the paths they're walking right yeah. and this the fact you can't do that in, in marvel you can't do that under the disney banner you can't deadpool is going to be a fun r-rated movie but it'll barely be r i'm telling you it'll barely be r and you know and they'll adhere to that but like the greedy unsettling exploration of what you see in those movies yep. um you're not going to do over at marvel and look even peacemaker there's no way they get away with a peacemaker <laughs> show the way it is over at marvel they would never Back do that I mean, all their series which i love by the way i'm not bashing marvel i love their series are very self-important like they're very important they're about important things peacemaker although it is a little bit about it you know a father son those are important relationships in your life overall yep. It's a, just an awesome, uh, great time with a guy who's trying to figure out how to break the conditioning of his father and be a better person against his own uh, instincts sometimes. And it's yep. brilliant to see the way it's been developing throughout the season with that incredible cast. And so you don't get those kinds of shows on the Marvels. And that's why people who love DC love it so bone deep because it feels like the most realistic approach. Whereas Marvel is aspirational, DC is realistic. And so that's the difference in the balance overall. I'm not saying 100% one way, 100%, but that's overall the feeling you get when you look at both of those uh, approaches to comic books and, and stories. Exactly. And you, yeah, you said that perfectly because, you know, um, 
whenever you know just looking at the batman i mean it's going to be something special i mean oh, yeah. and it's funny too because everybody always goes like who's your favorite batman everybody always says like oh it's it's you know there's no one that's going to be better and I, I always say like i mean right now ben affleck's my favorite batman my favorite yeah. cinematic batman the way you know just the way that he looked the way that it was portrayed he was a 20 year just total like you know obviously it's worn down on him i totally got what what they were trying to do when it came to bvs and i love the fact that he went from that guy who was just like fuck everything fuck this alien that came here to oh shit i was wrong i'm gonna be uh let's bring in everybody you have a superpower you have okay let's do this (laughs) you know i love that growth from him i mean he went from this guy the this guy right here who wanted to fight this guy and just like um but I'm like, but I always, I, 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 I'm going to go into the Batman hoping that Robert Pattinson is going to be my new favorite Batman, you know, I just, because I want the next thing to be better. I think everybody would want the next thing to be better. Films should be better or something like that. You know, we should always strive for that. That's the core of, uh, that's the thing that I hope the fandom starts to really evolve into is this idea of, yes, you can criticize eventually, but go in with the hope that it's good if you go in with the expectation that it's going to suck and then certain things reaffirm that then you're going to come out angry and make all those videos and whatever and to me that's so frustrating because i mean we want it to be good and so go in hoping that it's good and maybe you'll have a a better experience and so uh, that kind of frustrates me when like the like the he-man stuff really drove me insane how people manipulated stuff in those heat man episodes to reaffirm some sort of idea that it's uh, you know about lesbian women with with butch haircuts and de- you know, de- demas- or emasculating men and nothing could be further from the truth when you watch the episodes in total it's yeah. completely opposite of what people were claiming in those videos it was fresh it was yeah. a fresh take it was yeah. like a fresh take i was like uh when that first part came out and then of course the controversy became uh behind that i was like this is what i mean it was a fresh take it was not what i expected which i like that when it's not what i expected or uh you know and then of course i mean now when it comes to the star wars universe and this is where yeah (laughs) this is where and i was starting to bring in some people and we got travis here from geek nation what's going on brother not too bad. Happy Friday to you, gentlemen. I hope everything's doing well. Doing very well. Brought you in just in time to start talking about what's going on in Book of Boba Fett. Oh, nothing <laughs> controversial is happening there, right? Like it's all, it's all <laughs> fine. All. Everyone's happy. Everyone ever since 2015, oh, yeah. everyone's loved everything in Star Wars. Um, yeah. yeah. First of all, I just got to suck up to Roca real quick because okay. <laughs> I've been podcasting for six years, but before that. Because of Schmoes, I found you, and you've been like a definitely an inspiration. You, I, I loved the Schmodown because of when you started. I, I love that everyone was there for trivia, and then when you started really promo hard, everyone's like, "What is this?" And you did change the game. So congrats on the Yodi Roar. But that was like, okay, I liked the Schmodown. It was fun. But then when you got in there and outlaw and everything, that changed the game. So just uh, a big shout to you because I've been watching you probably since. Uh, I, long time at least as far as i can remember so and i love what you're doing over there so yeah everything respect the hustle everything so uh congrats on that again so thanks bud appreciate yeah, it there you go we're gonna yeah. bring mr stephen colbert oh. in too who's uh hey. his eyeball yeah, yeah. My, <laughs> good timing on that it is yeah. it is negative three here now so my eyes are all oh, like I never, I never sleep also so like the combination of no sleep <laughs> and negative three degrees my eyes are like 
They're doing the Anakin Skywalker thing all week. Dude, what camera <laughs> are you using? I love this look you have. What camera? Dude, he, this guy <laughs> in his shot. Yeah, no, you son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's just a, it's a, it's a first gen Sony uh, A7S. But um, I got a, um, a Soviet uh, projector lens on it <laughs> that like. Oh wow! That I, I adapted wow. to to mount okay. to it. So it's like a it's like a Trying fifty millimeter f uh, one, I think. So it's like trying to get that dream lens look, man. Yeah, yeah. I was on the, the like the I was on the face in uh, Boba Fett souping up the N one. Yeah. <laughs> I was um, I was on the set visit for Army of the Dead, and Zack Snyder was geeking out about the the Canon dream lens, and I wasn't like really into like I've always been into photography, but wasn't really familiar with lenses at the time. So for to do my coverage, I was like, okay, well I guess I got to research what's so special about this lens. And I was like, ooh, shallow depth of field. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, next thing I knew, I'm like, eBay. Like, let's see what I can find. <laughs> I'm going to you up man. later, man. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. When I, before I bought my camera, before yeah. I bought my camera, I was hitting up Steve. I'm like, is this good? Is this good, Steven? I don't know. You know, and, you know, he gave me some pointers. So like, what you're and, looking uh, at is the C75, and you haven't yeah. got it correct. You've got to put it together with this and get something imported from Soviet. But I no. know you can talk to the dark web. It's what? actually yeah. all, all, I, all it is is a uh, um, like a universal focusing helicoid and a um, and the and the lens and then it just clamps together. It's like probably like 60 bucks total for the what? for the kit. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. not counting the camera. Right, um, but like yeah, adapter. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. No, but you guys are. Uh, yeah, we were just gonna start getting into this a uh, little bit of Boba Fett talk. I mean, I'm sure you're uh, you're kind of tired of talking about it, John. But, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, that's unless that's you guys good. need to go, I'm good. I'm, I'm no, good. no, no. You're good, I'm, man. No, no. Stay as long as you want. Some white man. cheddar uh, Cheetos to stay alive. <laughs> no problem with that. I've been no podcasting <laughs> since 10:30 uh, this morning, so Jesus I haven't stopped. Christ, man. You're my sixth show of the day and so i'm yeah. I'm, I'm just having i haven't had lunch or dinner i've just been going oh, from one show shit, to the next dude. Yeah, way, cheetos, white, yeah yeah we do don't it. have those luxuries here in canada white cheddar cheetos we just got the regular and jalapeno I, and i like white cheddar too so i really want that i'm kind of jealous like canada we only get like half the good stuff i'm still every day waiting we just got popeyes i'm waiting for jack oh he just got popeyes <laughs> yeah. jalapeno or flaming hot I think we we do have both, but the jalapeno is like rare to find. It's like the what are those mm -hmm. Fritos that come in like the spirally shape? It's the same thing. Like those are rare to find. You get them like once every six years. Yeah. All the Canadians yeah. buy them up, and then you don't see them anymore. So it's ridiculous. <laughs> how uh, what's the what's how cold is it where you're at, Trav? It's probably super fucking. Uh, uh, it's negative five okay. uh, Celsius, but it's it's wow. it's starting to warm up. It's still uh, snowing here. I always Celsius. I live in. Kelowna, BC off. by Vancouver. Yeah, so it's it, it's still snowing, but uh, you know I, I'm used to it now. It's on. It's just I've lived in Canada my whole life, so you yeah. just you know I, my igloos kept well. I always meanwhile, meanwhile over here in Southern California, it is yeah. 51 degrees, uh, clear <laughs> and yeah. just nice. All right, go screw yourself. I've always got to check myself when I jump on with a Canadian, and I'm like, oh, it's so cold. I'm like, oh <laughs> shit, I said it. Now I got to hear. <laughs> <laughs> you merely adapted the cold. I was born in it. Where's Steven? Are you in Minnesota or something? I'm in you? Iowa. Oh fuck. So that. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean it's it's Midwest, but like it's all it's like just far enough like yeah. Yeah. Of popcorn. No thanks, man. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, chilly. But um, yeah, so this uh, recent recent episode, obviously we had the last episode, which uh, you know threw people for a loop. Where it was like, oh, all right, Mandalorian, cool. Um, uh, they're pu- putting a ship together, and Mando, you know, M- Mando needed a robot to put this panel on. I mean, <laughs> that that part always bugged me. Me and Steven have talked about that. It epitomizes right. the entire the entire <laughs> Disney Plus Star Wars process to me. Where does this part go? <laughs> ah, right here. Thank you for yeah. the hologram. <laughs> I, I needed that <laughs> shot of the robot to show. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um. So we, you know, we talked about that, of course, last episode, and you know, we had a healthy debate about it with. When it comes to all this, but man, when it comes to this uh, episode, I mean, uh, I mean, we all knew Grogu was going to show up, so it's like, all right, naturally Luke was going to be showing up. And and, and mind you, people in the, in the uh, chat, of course, there's going to be spoilers like crazy. I I warned you at the beginning of this, but um, yeah, how are we feeling? I mean, first off, I mean, the only the one thing I'll say off the top is, man, that that whole Luke de aging shit, that vast improvement, holy shit. Mm-hmm very well done and it's almost like but i'm almost at the same time going like is this just disney going hey look what we could do we hired the guy who did the deep fake <laughs> see we know we listen to you <laughs> but what are we thinking john yeah let's get your uh let's get let's get your take on this last sure, episode. I'll, I'll start off more positive than three yeah okay. i like uh, <laughs> how did you know <laughs> i can sense it on the edges of dave's words <laughs> i'll say this i i, I you look I, it's called the Book of Boba Fett, but I think it's the Book of the Mandalorian here in, in these last two episodes. And, uh, you know, obviously you, can, you don't, like, realize it's going bad in, after four episodes and bring everybody together and shoot two episodes on the fly. This was all part of their plan. Yeah. Uh, and it's a fascinating approach to a first season for a show called the Book of Boba Fett to have him basically be shown once in the last two episodes in one scene with no dialogue. It's a fascinating approach to build up the Mandalorian more and offshoot into season three. So, um, but overall, I've loved the last two episodes. I've enjoyed getting more time with uh, with the character, and seeing Grogu come back. The Luke stuff looks fantastic. Now, nothing is out of the realm in my mind. Nothing's out of the realm possibility of what can happen. I called Luke last season on Mandalorian season two, like halfway through the season. I felt it was going to happen. Not that I was the only one, but other people. It just felt like yes, this makes sense. Now seeing him appear here was a really big surprise. And now I'm like, well, what's next? Because they already did Leia. Yeah. And you had the backlash with Han with Solo, Star Wars story. So do they dare do a de-aged Han that yeah. shows up at some point? Or a Lando. They're both <laughs> still around, those gentlemen. So it's an interesting yeah. uh, door that they've opened here in this way. But bringing in Cad Bane, bringing back Ahsoka. This was a Dave Filoni love fest for himself uh, in terms of this episode. So. Uh, overall, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I just don't know how they're going to wrap everything up in one finale. I, I just don't see how that's possible. It's a good question. I mean, I, I, I mean, I enjoyed what the is episode. there to wrap up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what right? are you wrapping up? It's going to be <laughs> a cliffhanger, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, for the most part, I did enjoy the episode, but at the same time, I'm just kind of going like, all right. So what, what, what was the plan here when it came to Book of Boba Fett? Because obviously, when we found out about this and we got that little tease when it came um, to like the end of Mandalorian and everything like that, it's like, all right, cool. We're going to get to know Boba Fett, which obviously he's a popular character. I mean, even though he was like barely. You know, he had some moments when it came to the original franchise. And, of course, we got a little bit more of a backstory in the prequels. And it was just kind of going, all right, it'll be cool to see that. But 
I don't think anybody really, yeah, like you said, it, it wasn't like they just went, oh, you know, let, uh, people aren't liking it that much. Let's get the Mandalorian here. Let's do this. Let's do yeah. that. No, it was always part of the plan, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I just kind of went like, I, I'm kind of thinking, like, was, did they just kind of assume that maybe it would just be not what people thought? And then they thought, all right, well, let's expand it a little bit and let's bring this in or, I don't know. Like to me, I'm like I'm wondering if like the finale, they're just gonna be like do something, and people are gonna like, oh, well then I'm okay if they did that. But then I'm like, what could that be? I don't know. There's just so much, so many questions when it comes to this. And as much as I enjoyed seeing the the, the Luke stuff, the Grogu stuff, Ahsoka, all that stuff, it's just. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, oh yeah, well we did get a cameo from Boba Fett in his own yeah. show. He was right there. Huh? Yeah. But I'm just kind of going, all right, are they too are, – are, is, is Star Wars still just depending on the Skywalker lore? Hmm. That's the thing. Steven? No, no, Travis. I think Travis has been holding back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's, it's good listening because I'm very mixed. I'm somebody hmm. – last time I was on here, I talked about the first four episodes I liked to dislike. I was kind of all over, much like the show. I've preferred these last two episodes, but I can't – disagree with anybody that loves it or dislikes it because i could see if you're really enjoying those first four about boba this show's completely do like detour to a different route if you're someone like myself who wasn't liking it and loving all this it, it's great but i don't know if it helps the show i, I loved this episode i actually thought it was some of the best star wars mm. ever just because i i what i compared it to is it felt like no way home as far as we're taking every general if you're a fan of star wars it had something for you if you're a fan of animation if you're a fan of the original trilogy sequel trilogy prequel it was like it felt like a big celebration where sometimes star wars feels like it's like pushing things aside like oh yeah we're star wars but we're not going to talk about this or we're not going to talk about that this was we're including everything where is it going for a finale Oof, that's tricky. It's just that, like, kind of what Steven says, they set up the bikes, but it's just they've walked out of a ship and it's like, these are the bad guys. And I guess next week, I think we're just going to get maybe a big action pack thing with a lot of cool moments. Um, yeah, I, I don't know exactly where they're going with it because I don't want to joke and say, oh, yeah, Star Wars classic. They don't have a plan. But Filoni and Favreau have seemed pretty in sync. So I, I feel maybe it might hurt this show, but I feel this show is building towards setting up a lot of things for Star Wars overall in the future. Whether it happens with Grogu, whatever happens with Cad Bane, whatever happens with Boba, Mandalorian, that might hurt Boba's journey, but I'm I'm a biased person to ask because I wasn't really enjoying Boba's journey, so I'm fine for the detour. The DH thing, I understand people's problems. I did not enjoy him in Mando 2 because I liked all of a sudden when he took that helm, the hood off, I was... I, I couldn't, it took me out of it the whole time. I could not, my motion got cut. Yeah, yeah, and it just, the eyes. This time, I think it does look great. I know it came out about the voice being ADR, or like the robot voice, and it sounded like that. That is the weakest part. And it's tough because you have this, where some people say, I don't like this, let's get an actor. But then you had Alden Ehrenreich, who many people were like, I don't like this at all, as Han. It doesn't feel like Harrison uh, Ford. So, you're kind. They're kind of stuck. I, I, I'm kind of just fine. Whatever they do, as long as the story's good, I'm not gonna be like something like, "Oh my god, this is the death of cinema. We're cloning our." It's just like it's a movie show about wizards with swords. You know, we have much bigger problems going on. People are still gonna make every other movie if they want to have young Mark Hamill. Fine, but I get the problems with it. So I, I'm very more just curious what they do next week. And uh, but I loved last this episode. I, I had a ball the whole time. I was. I was cheering. I had emotion. I, maybe that's how they know. Every time Luke shows up and you got certain beats, you're like, man, they got me, you know? So I, I had a good time. 
Oh, I know. And then, and then, of course, when, you know, when he had the uh, the, the little, uh, whatchamacallit, the ball that does the training and when mm -hmm. he was shooting at Grogu, everybody was like, how fucking dare you, you asshole? Do not hurt that little guy. We love him so much. Steven, go ahead. I think it's the death of cinema. Uh, no. Um, Finally, someone said it. Yeah. It's no, over for us. It's over. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, it's, it was on Disney Plus, but the theaters caught on fire. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I guess I'll, before I, I, I say the other things I have to say, um, there's a lot of stuff in this episode that I have wanted to see for a long mm. time. And so there's a lot of moments that were really like, not just from old Star Wars stuff like, oh, I've wanted to see this character in live action. I wanted to see Ahsoka and Luke on screen together for mm -hmm. so long. Like, not just do they meet, but like to actually see them interact, to see them talk about Anakin. Absolutely. Um, to, wow. you know, to seeing Luke train Grogu. You know, there, there's all this stuff that's like I've wanted to see for so long. And I think part of the reason that I'm extremely frustrated with it is the fact that they make me dislike those things. Mm. Um, because what I feel like, um, I think one of the, 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 the best ways to sum it up is to go back to, um, Dave Filoni was talking about working with, uh, Kevin Kiner doing the music for the Clone Wars. A mm -hmm. quote from him that I always remember is he was talking, I think it was advice that he got from Lucas actually, when he was like putting together the soundtrack is that he was just starting to play in the Star Wars sandbox and he was so excited to use that, that force theme. Um, and you know, as if you, anyone you've seen a fan edit of star Wars ever, everyone's so quick to hit that button and like oh, yeah. force theme. Cause it's just so evocative and emotional. And he says, George, like, didn't let him use it for like three seasons. And he said, no, like you, that, that theme means something and you have to, you have to grow to the point so that when you do finally use it, that's the moment. Um, and and I, I can't remember even where they, they used it now. I wish I remember the exact moment because I think it was a moment with Ahsoka. Maybe it was when she was on her own for the first time. You mean um, the da, 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 Yeah, da, yeah. Yeah, that was right when he climbed to the top of the tree and yeah. showed Grogu and talked about balance. And that's when you right. heard the score. Came. Right, but, it, but in, in the Clone Wars, I was the first time that they used yeah. it in that. Yeah. But, um, and so part of what's frustrating then when it comes to to the Mandalorian, a lot of the stuff here is it's it's so, um, it's I've seen it be compared to like it's almost like a Wikipedia. I wrote an article. And I said that they 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 kind of are prioritizing canon over plot now, where it's hard to follow like what is the story that they're setting up? Like what's the arc of this? Like what's Boba Fett's story? What's the set, what's the story of this season? Yeah. Sure, the, these moments are cool and the moments I wanted to see forever. But what do I do with them? Why are they in a Boba Fett show? Why aren't they in a Mandalorian show? How do I how do I contextualize that as a piece of art as opposed to just a moment of Star Wars? Um, and like where where does that fit and what is it what is it adding to? Like what like these moments are cool because of stuff that has happened before. Mm -hmm. You know, it leans very heavily on oh, it's Luke with with a, a a little Yoda and a backpack on his back, and you know, and it's got all these things that are that are big moments because he did the flip. He did that flip. Yeah, like, ah, there's yeah. all these moments that are iterating. I, I, was, I was Leonardo DiCaprio, like, eh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, he did well, the flip, and that's what it feels like. The whole the whole thing is is like every every thirty seconds, it's oh, it's it's that it's it's the remote. Don't you look at like it's all these these member berries. If you remember the from from South Park, the member berries. Oh, remember, remember Dagobah? Um, oh, remember the backpack? Like, 
and and it's and and so so you know and so you get like luke and and so and like that's that's one of the, the big examples like if i wanted to see that for so long and then what you get there is like a reference to a moment but like you don't actually have the full there's not a story there there's just a moment there and like moments are great i love there's a million moments i love in star wars and it's just it's really frustrating and sad that there's no story to make these moments matter the way the moments that they're referencing did like they're piggybacking on a story but they're not i i don't know what this story is and it's really really frustrating because it's stuff that i wish was punctuating an important story and i wish was was fleshing out or highlight. And so going back to the Dave Filoni and the force theme idea, it's like they're just hitting that button because they know that it's going to make, you know, reaction video tears happen. <laughs> but but it's just like a, a highlight reel of money shots without without anything like. I don't I don't want to say well, there's nothing stringing it together, but not it's not like what you'd expect from Star Wars, like George Lucas, like the 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 um, the heavily memed like it's like poetry, it rhymes. And it's just it's all the like single syllable rhymes and, there, and then there's no like cadence or rhythm or beat or I don't know where it belongs. So anyway, I don't I guess I could go on it forever and ever. But the point is, like, I, it's stuff that I love and it looks in, Luke? I, in no. and Luke, you know, Luke looks looks great and it sounds pretty good, I guess, if like in context. But like I kind of deeply troubled by when you combine the the fact that like they're scared of what happened with Alden Ehrenreich and they're scared of what happened with the last Jedi. And they're like, so you know what? We'll just do a, I call him pull string Luke because it's just this, this Luke doll where it's like, Oh, let's, let's, let's remix a line from Empire Strikes Back. Cause people like that. Let's, and it's all, and like, literally they're not even recording new lines or casting somebody new. It's just, Oh, here's something we'll know they like. And it's, and it's, it's just writing on that. And there's nothing, like the only reason that I like it is because I like the first time they did it 40 years ago. Um, and there, and it's just, you know, member, member <laughs> master Yoda, that's how we talked. And it's like, <laughs> um, and it's, and it's yeah. frustrating. Cause like, this is something that I should like, and I should love. And instead, all I can see is like the cynical too afraid to cast the new Luke because you know, and I feel bad for all of our, I, it's gotta be weird to be Alden Ehrenreich if you like this stuff watching it and like, oh, right? this is what they wish they could have done with me. People wanted them to cast that Anthony and Gruber impersonator guy, which is just oh, such a, that. like Alden, yeah, sure. He's not a photocopy of Harrison Ford, but he's, he's charismatic and had a great personality. I thought he was a phenomenal young Han. And so you're by, I don't know, it's like, I get why they did it, but also there's a cynical, like, what does this mean? Do, are they going to, like, literally they, they just did text to speech with an AI for Luke's voice. In that this. was so so me. 10 years yeah. from now are we just gonna have like hot digital han luke and leia off on new adventures and like they, they're filming in the volume with a digital background they're filming with a digital luke and a digital voice and it's like at what point are they just like oh let's just literally have an ai make new stories based on here's the force theme here's a reference to empire strikes back here's a little version of this here's here's not boba fett here's not yoda here's like <laughs> anyway <laughs> i'll, I'll let someone else they're kind of almost doing that with Jungle Book and Lion King, right? You look at Jungle Book, that's yeah. one kid with just a bunch of CGI balls, and it's supposed and who to be directed that? Live and John ah, Cameron, right? exactly. Yeah. So I, I think you will get some of that. I it, I 
do feel as a business for them, it is very hard to resist that you can do this with Luke. How do you not do that original three together? And I'm not saying that's right, wrong, but if you are running a corporation, you want people to get buzz and stream, how do you not have that? When everybody talked about that with the sequel trilogy, oh, all we need is them reunited. You didn't get that, right? So for me, I get the business oh, side of it. It's, because I it's think got me Luke clenching team... for this next episode too, because you know, because like, we're talking about like, what's the finale for this? Well, at this point, unless the show just makes no sense, the only way to tie the story together is Grogu chooses Mando, they go to Tatooine, they get in trouble, Luke and CGI Han and maybe CGI Leia, okay. I think that would be too far, swoop in in the Millennium Falcon. This and is, they, like, I called the Leia thing. I think Leia's showing up uh, next week. Everyone thinks I'm crazy, but they all thought I was crazy about Luke in Mandalorian Season 2 as well. At least my crew think I'm crazy. Oh, and man, think, that would be... And I I'm sure what is, they'll do is they'll be like, oh, Billy Lord blessed it, which... Yes. But it's... Mm, I don't know. It, and this, this, I think there's a... The reason I bring it up and, and why I think it might happen is because... Well, some people mentioned in our chat tonight for our review, somebody said, well, Luke... Could, uh, a fan of ours, Ed Haskell, said, and Luke could show up because Grogu chooses the Mandalorian armor and so goes and takes him back to Mando and comes upon the fight here with the Pikes and then he takes part in it. That's how Luke could be involved. The idea here is, listen, the Mod Squad and these uh, these uh, bounty hunters ain't going to be enough against an organized Pike syndicate that's backed up by Crimson Dawn. There's no fucking way that's enough. Mm. So to me, we saw the X-Wing fighters already in Episode 5 when they pulled over uh, Mando with that. Uh, how, do we, how do we know they're backed up by Crimson Dawn? Uh, well, just kind of in the head. Oh, okay. It, it, it makes sense. I just didn't know if there was. Yeah. I, was I was like, did I miss an Easter egg or is that? No, but make... you know, you're not going to be running spice without Crimson Dog getting right. a piece. It's just how it works. <laughs> well, and, and with some of like, what they're doing in the comics, they're like, oh, here comes, um, here comes, uh, what's the, um, Kira. Yeah, Kira. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of people think Kira's showing up next week for sure. A lot of people yeah. think that Amelia Clark. So, so, it, so Darth next Maul 3.0. Yeah, and then you've got to have so if you're gonna have that kind of a, a force massed against you, you've got to have some help. And so with X-wing fighters already showing up, there's a possibility Leia could swoop in and, and send some of her New Republic people to come and help out. This is the, Luke's home planet. All this kind of stuff could happen here. But like, it's crazy to think about the Patton Oswalt ending to this <laughs> series. It's like, yeah. it's like weird, you know, because uh, they spent so much time setting up this kind of Native American influenced mm -hmm. story. Um, or whatever indigenous people influence story, depending on where you live in the globe. And they, they push that with, with Boba and Boba's changing and he's good with animals and he's learning not to be a bounty hunter. He wants to be something else. Being a crime Lord, isn't that much of a difference from a bounty hunter in terms of the fact you're still committing crimes in a way. So that seemed like an odd decision. And now you completely divert away from it in these last two episodes. And I hope that this final episode kind of ties this stuff together in a way that makes sense because it's a colossal tightrope they've moved or it's a real high tightrope they've moved on to yeah, now yeah. if you th like, if you think about it structurally it feels like the structure of like an animated not just star wars animated series but like most mm -hmm. like set eight episode ten episode like animated series voltron did this a lot yeah. where there's like four episodes that are kind of there's a little bit of a through line but they're also kind of standalones and then you have one to two episodes that totally divert but there's some weird emotional climax and then it comes with the finale that's like oh this is how it ties it all together and like right. so to have dave filoni kind of behind the planning it's like oh that's the same like that's very much how like a lot of animated series oh, run point. things 
Well, I like um, what Tushka says here in the chat. He's, he's one of my followers. He's Native American. He says, as a Native, we are used to getting pushed aside for a narrative about white people and their religion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a great point, Tushka. There it is right <laughs> there. When it comes to whiteys, the blue-eyed white devils at it again. Oh, when it comes to, to Boba Fett, that was one of the weird things to me, too, because, I mean, I didn't even talk in my in my rant about, like, the, the sidelining of his character or like they have this character development with him but again they just reference the character of development we don't really they're just like oh he's changed but it's like well mm -hmm. but sh show it i mean you you gave me the pieces but you didn't like where between going into the sarlacc and coming out of the sarlacc and at what point did he actually go experience anything that changed him on screen um and what's really weird about that is you get well, yeah, they had the dream, but I mean, there was no, like I said, it's a yeah. reference that yeah. it's, it's a, it it's like a like, plot yeah. point on, on a checklist, not a, a, a scene in a, in a show. But, um, what's really weird is that there's a, such a clear, and I, and I, and I got to wonder if, if it's intentional and they just didn't capitalize on it, or if I am connecting dots that they should have, I don't know, but with him finding out that the Pikes were responsible for, for killing the sand people it's so weird then to, to that there's this disconnect between like it's there's no clear reason like why is he taking over jabba's empire why is he, he a still diamond? don't know why he wants to no. and no and yeah and and there's no, such a clear, clear like if you're gonna have him motivated and changed by the sand people then you're gonna have them killed by the pikes there's such an easy especially to lean into his character like actually character development and say well i need to take on the pikes in order to do that i need muscle in order to get muscle i need to you know, and there's a really easy kind of snowball into like, oh, so that's why he took over Jabba's kingdom. So he could leverage the muscle to prevent this kind of tragedy from happening again, because he cares about these people now. And like that not only makes sense of the character moment that they didn't capitalize on screen, but explains all of these other things. And like, like I said, the pieces, the puzzle pieces are all there. It's just they don't like go together and i don't know why <laughs> like there's like so many parts of the show it's like why is that why is that th th there i don't know what's dj af's problem what's this guy's problem dj what's your problem <laughs> <laughs> oh you know there's, there's i know you got be those people i know you got six followers people. but what's the problem <laughs> like, you know i didn't talk shit about snyder i love snyder i've always loved snyder now did i not like some of the dceu stuff yes i'll own up yeah. to that. i did say that and i have said that but uh when they said they want because i was i've always been very clear about my bbs uh and not liking it but i've always been clear about loving man of steel so you can yeah. suck the balls, bro. I spoke directly <laughs> about this situation. You know what? You know what? You know the, the the fact of the matter is, is like when people hear like the if anybody's in any kind of association to Collider, it's automatically oh you're you're the enemy. You're who? Oh we, yeah, it wasn't you're who we, really? Is that you're who we fought? You're who we fought back <laughs> in 2015. I fought so many people at Collider when I was at Collider. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? That's Nobody. Just what, that's no. just what it is, yeah. man. I mean, I mean, once it, you have a logo, it's your, yeah. it's, it's your, you're part of the perceived hype. Yeah, line. you check yeah. marks, you verified <laughs> yeah. scum. Oh, okay. How dare you? No, we can't I mean, trust those blue check marks. Have an opinion. Members broke it. You know they all fucking died, man. <laughs> no, that's just. I mean, it's just oh, that. Well. That's what happens. I mean, I, I I get pushback too. I'll have people like because I'm not like 100 like, hey, you know, I support a billboard that says restore the Snyderverse, and I'm just kind of going, um, all right. Yeah. You know, I'm like, hey, you know, it's just you know, Steven's gotten it too. Uh, 
about Travis, you probably gotten it too. I mean, like BVS was my first ever negative comment. I we had a panel yeah. of six, <laughs> we had a panel of six people on the podcast. This we were only three months in, and three uh -huh. people failed it, and then three people passed. And I gave it like a seven point five. And I remember it was two days later, someone's getting mad at me for not liking. It. I said, "Well, I passed it seven point five. It's like a C plus. You know, I enjoyed it. Had some problems, but they're like, well, you didn't like it enough. And I, I don't know how I'm supposed to respond <laughs> to this sort of comment. <laughs> But then, like, I'm all over because I, I really didn't actually enjoy Man of Steel. I liked BVS, and I loved Jack, Zack Snyder's Just Like. I loved oh, yeah. that movie. So I'm kind of all over. But that was the very first comment I ever got was, oh, yeah. And then from there, it was just, oh, yeah, you hate DC. And then that's the thing. Once someone watches the first time and shares with me, like, look at this guy. He must hate all of DC. But it's just like, I loved Watchmen. And then they don't watch years later when it's like, no. And at the end of the day, it's just... Again, they're always they're movies. They're like food. You, no one gets fucking mad at me for like not liking mushrooms. You don't like mushrooms? Oh, okay, Travis. I they fucking don't, hate mushrooms. They don't send me fifty texts being like, "This is the reason why you should like mushrooms." Like, <laughs> well, movies because and maybe sports like the old and pineapple wrestling. No wrestling yourself. too has that where it's because like, nobody gets their identity and sense of social status from how much they like mushrooms. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, they're not many people. There are people. Like <laughs> no, there are people who like love them. You know, there's Mario. No, but <laughs> yeah, he's an addict. But those there's a no, there's a there's a social hierarchy established around big. who knows the most trivia, who has the most yes. memorabilia, yeah. who's the most pet, who's got the most followers, who's the biggest stand account, whatever. Yeah. And and that is a terror like they need to defend their turf. And so yeah. and so for many of them, like they don't even watch stuff. They'll just know like, oh, well, you said something I don't agree with here. Therefore, you must be a hater of this thing that I have dubbed myself the upper echelon of the hierarchy for and so i need to paint you as such in order to yeah. you know i guess maybe they've never accomplished anything in like real life that makes them proud enough so they need to establish a fictional hierarchy on social media to make them feel like they have done things but yeah it's That's the battle yeah. yeah. And yeah. we've all been there. We've all had those arguments where, like, I remember BS came out, and I used to talk to people all the time because I definitely always you, leaned For forward. real, though, you should have liked that more. Oh, I should have liked <laughs> yeah. it more. I know something, I guess I should have had some melted cheese on it. Maybe I'll like it more. <laughs> but, uh, I uh, it's one of those things I remember in 2015 when obviously like the Batman killing debate comes up every six oh, months, God, right? And in yeah. 2015, when I first started oh, stuff, God. he talked to people again in the debate, and I'd go back and forth. Nowadays, it's just like, this is how I feel. Oh, you don't agree? Okay, cool. And then you move on because it's just like there's there's no point. And I've found every time, especially now when you podcast with people, if you were to have the same conversation on Twitter versus if we get on like the you know vodka stream and just talk it out, you'll have a much more civil, like layered oh, conversation. Yeah. Where if you just take the 2040 characters, it's like there's there's nothing there. So my favorite thing is I just drop the Adam Sandler front cut gems. I disagree gif all the time, and I just move along because it's just it's not worth the time. It's not worth the time to get in those. If it's for fun, then of course. But then you know there's a line when it it, it takes that turn. You're like okay, this is this person, <laughs> this is their personality that they need to defend this movie or this storyline and that's thing, same thing with like what we're talking about boba fett it's i get why people don't like it but i'm not gonna try to convince anybody why they should or shouldn't like it i'll put out my thoughts and uh yeah. But yeah bvs was my other one and then i i hated the 2016 suicide squad so people that hated me for my bvs review <laughs> really hated me for that one but i felt justified years later when they're like oh yeah air got his movie ripped to shreds i was like see i knew something was going on but uh it's it well, should no, be well, fun you know and you see i mean with uh, stuff like suicide squad or justice league is a real big one where like leading up to Justice League, you've got all the oh, all the anti Snyder critics are mm -hmm. gonna tear on this movie, and it's gonna be, and then the movie comes out, and for a week or two, some people were like, you know, defending it or whatever, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh well, I bet you probably liked Justice League, didn't you? And it's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> rewind. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. 
Why the yeah. fuck should I listen to you? You like the Transformers movies. You don't know shit about movies. It's like, oh, yeah. let me come to your house and let me take a look at your collection of movies. Then we'll have a conversation. <laughs> I can bet I could pick out 10 of them that are terrible. And, oh, yeah. And so it's just, it's a matter of taste and perspective. And when people lob shots at you like that, it's always about it's always about the fact that they don't have what you have or they're not doing what you're doing, you know, and they don't see mm -hmm. how hard we all uh, effing work to be able to do what we're doing. I'm not, I'm not a lot of cuss. I didn't even ask that before I. Went off and said, Dave, I can, I can yeah. turn down the cussing. Yeah, you can. Even though you would have been way past that point if you weren't oh, allowed. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, Dave no, 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 is a strictly no. PG show. His mom yeah, was yeah. on a few weeks exactly. ago. It's my mom, alcoholic hey, hey, John, my mom watches my oh. show. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know this was a Marvel show. I'll keep the cussing. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I think I. I, you can I, say shit like 20 times, but one F-bomb, that's it. You're off Disney+. Plus. No, not happening. No, Oscar Isaac. Now don't try good. it. Now you're good. Cuss up yeah. a storm. I don't give a shit. No, but yeah, no, we, we get that. And uh, you know what? Actually, this actually dovetails right into a, a Patreon fan question from Carrie that uh, uh, we'll, we'll play right now. Um, he's a fan of yours, of uh, uh, John, so he oh, wanted okay. to uh, cool. submit a little question for you. So we'll do that right now. Let's nice. see. Where is it at? Right here. Here we go. Here we go. Uh oh. Hey, Dave. Uh, excited, excited for the show tonight to see Mr. John Roca, the outlaw, the champ of the movie trivia showdown. Uh, there it is. Oh, it froze. I'm out of touch for a few years. But. Oh, man. Why does it keep doing that? Uh, I always enjoyed seeing you on there. When I was watching, I was always rooting for you. Uh, you know, you brought such a fun and liveliness and a uh, uh, unique uh, uh, way of approaching it. Uh, that was just always super engaging to watch. And I uh, was always rooting for you. And I hope you are continuing to go forward and continue to uh, succeed with it. Uh, my question for you tonight is this. Um, because I'm, I'm a massive Zack Snyder, Snyder fan. I love, especially with DC films. films. I love uh, Man of Steel, Batman uh, uh, Superman, Zack Snyder's Justice, Justice League, of course. I found Dave's channel because he seemed like a while he was one of the few people out there really praising Zack as a filmmaker, but then talking about the Snyder effect and talking about is it real, does it exist, what would it take for it to get released. You know, you what's, know what's going, going on with Warner Brothers, Brothers that, that's, that's causing it to not happen or eventually did happen and so on. Um, and, and I was, I was wondering, wondering um, I know you're a massive Man of Steel, Steel fan. fan. Yeah. Uh, I don't know your exact, exact feelings on Zack Snyder's Justice League. League. Um, but I was, I was wondering, wondering if you could give us some insight into what it was about, or still is maybe, about the film journalism fields, the online film journalism punditry arena that, that you, you have been a part, part of, of. Um, what, is what is it about, about them that oftentimes is so anti-Zach, that is so, just has, has almost, almost this hatred for not only his movies, sometimes, sometimes goes after him, him personally, uh, it, it seems like. like. Uh, and, uh, and again, I'm not saying, saying that's you specifically, or even Collider when we talk, I think Collider when we talk, especially with Josh Shepard, I did have some amount of balance around that, but... Yeah, yeah there's, there's just for a long time, time for me as a Snyder fan, fan it just seemed like, wow, wow everyone, everyone hates, hates movies. movies. And sometimes, and sometimes hates him. him. Why, Why is, is that? that? Uh, uh, so I'm just wondering, wondering if you can maybe offer some insight to that, to that from, from any, any memories or conversations uh, from, from your time, time as part of the Collider Movie Talk crew, or even now, outside of 2020. And then, you know, what, what you know, you could, could that, that shift, shift and maybe, maybe what you're excited, excited about, about uh, for the future, future when it comes, comes to either the DC, the CCU, or, or Zach. Zach. Uh, I would love to hear your take on some of those things. things. Have a good night, guys. Looking forward to the show tonight.
There you go. That's a lot of loaded question there, but uh, yeah, thank you, Carrie, for that. But uh, yeah, John, is it me causing the echo with that? I didn't know if I was causing the echo or not. Is there an echo? No, I think it was probably me. It's probably me. I don't know because I'm the one that's sharing the video. Maybe that's the case. Was it really? Was it really bad? Echo in the chat. A lot of people were saying there was a lot of echoes. Ah, Okay. Basically, he was just asking, "What is it about some of the member, or maybe a majority of the members of my my field of what I do in film journalism, whatever, and who did?" who kind of have a thing about Zach or don't like Zach or don't like his movies and sometimes attack him personally. Um, and, and what do I see is coming next for DC? So here's what I'll address that first part. Yeah. It's an odd thing that I've discovered as well. Like people have like a personal animus against Zack Snyder, which I really don't understand. I think it's, and same thing with Michael Bay. I think these kind of um, uh, people who approach film from a certain point of view, and I don't think Michael Bay is necessarily in the same camp as Zack Snyder. I think those are two different things, but their films have a certain kind of um, emotional effect that appeals to a certain level of film fan. They enjoy the the cinematography, they enjoy the visuals, the panels that you're seeing on screen come to life in live action. Uh, they get upset about the, the what they deem to be a, a loss of character development in some of these movies. And and so I get from a critical point of view, I understand their anger, but the I don't understand the full anger that where it veers into personal animus and where they discount or they scoff at Zack Snyder. And listen, there's nothing you gotta understand about people who are involved in film criticism. A majority of them are failed filmmakers, a majority <laughs> of them are failed people who yeah. didn't get a shot to make the things that they wanted to make. Now, does that mean they should be vilified? No, but it's been my experience. Um, that you know the days of Pauline Kael and Ebert and Siskel and uh, these really great writers um, have gone uh, have gone past. And so what you've got now are people who can analyze film and love film and understand film, but they bring their own kind of sometimes writer angriness to this thing, and they see Zach as an overt male. They see Zach as never mind that he's got these great relationships with female actresses and the female mm-hmm. characters and brings up but they see him as this kind of alpha male toxicity which is bullshit because when you analyze his movies it really isn't about that at all and so that i think kind of for whatever reason resonates in some of their writer nerdly hearts and that causes them to be upset with Zack snyder and i'll say this to their face i got you know i'm the outlaw not because i don't keep my because i keep my mouth shut you know i don't have a problem telling my opinion on what i think doesn't mean i think any less of them or don't want them to be friends but the truth is yeah. i do see that and it's a really weird thing you know if you like zach snyder all of a sudden you you pre, you're like a, a male bro and it's like hey, not this. yeah you like q and q and on or some shit right. you know, you're, i can see you make that case with michael bay he objectifies <laughs> women out of the fucking water absolutely but zach doesn't zach endeavors to create these really powerful and all these people fall on others to praise Wonder Woman. Who the fuck do you think cast her? You know, so yeah, these things that like sometimes they pick and choose uh, logical connections to fit their narratives rather than looking at the whole picture and accepting. Hey, they might not be a hundred percent right with their point of view, and I think that's what you get sometimes in, in in on the film side of things. And it is frustrating. It is very frustrating sometimes. You know, because you're like, why do you feel this way? Like, what is wrong with? What happened? Just tell me what happened. And I think yeah. something a lot of fans don't don't always get either is i mean even the way that the 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 conversation and the question is being framed is there's this perceived separation um you said a lot of a lot of people in the media are failed filmmakers but also Mm -hmm. they're all they're all fans also 
And so you look at, or, you know, a lot of them are originated as yeah. such. And so the difference between like, quote unquote, like fans and, and media is often simply just what side of the typewriter or the typewriter, the keyboard you're on. Um, and well, I guess you're both on the same side of the, whatever the mm -hmm. metaphor makes sense. <laughs> um, and, uh, um, and so in the same way that there's also, you know, fans that dislike Snyder and fans that like Snyder, and there's that same conflict there. But then also, if you look at like the rise of like film journalism and what was popular at the time, yeah. um, and there, like there's a reason that that a lot of people that are in this field love Star Wars, um, love Marvel, it's because at the time, that was what there was to write about. I mean, if you look at like most like YouTube and and like um, SEO oriented like writing, um, the like the bread and butter of that like the first Iron Man post credit scene, who, who is Samuel L. Jackson and Spider-Man or in Spider and Iron Man and what are the Avengers? And all of a sudden there's this whole realm of explainer videos and articles and, mm -hmm. and stuff. And, and at the time it was about mostly like Marvel and, and, and star Wars. And then you've got like, you know, the Nolan Batman stuff happened and then, but then because that was like entrenched, then you, Zack Snyder is kind of the first force that came in, out of that like first generation of people who were fans and kind of cut their teeth yeah. and, and gained notoriety writing about this other stuff. Yeah. And then Zack Snyder comes in and his approach is very much to challenge the perspective and the approach of all these other movies. And it's not that he's like anti star Wars or anti Marvel or whatever, but his, his approach inherently, he, he, he yeah. subverts and deconstructs these things that people have, come to love and appreciate about these other movies and Marvel movies will be one way and he'll come in and say, well, do they have to be that way? And it feels there's already a Marvel versus DC kind mm -hmm. of thing there, but it, um, and so all these other things combined, I think then you kind of add that he's a, he's a, um, a, uh, adversarial force almost to the art style of the predominant thing that got most people into writing about this stuff in the first place. Yeah. Mm. Mm. We lose the discourse and we lose the nuance, you know, and, yeah. and, I, don't, and I think that's what's, uh, you know, like this morning I hosted a show for an hour and a half talking about Whoopi Goldberg's Holocaust comments with my friend. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. He's Jewish. And so I'm like, I want to talk about it. I don't, I'm not afraid to talk about any subject because Good. I like to talk about it. Discussion is important. And, and to me, this idea of being afraid or this idea of kind of vilifying or one-siding everything other than, you know, some of the QAnon shit, I, I have an issue with because you've got to hear things out. You got to talk to people and hear uh, what you got and explore the different nuances. And to me, the way they vilify Zach some sometimes is, is, is incredibly frustrating because it's, again, it's this idea of like, well, where are you going to fall on this um, uh, uh, opinion on this? And if you fall on this side, then you clearly are this kind of person. And it's like, this is where it becomes unhealthy in the conversation. Um, and some people are invested in having a villain, needing a villain in order to, uplift themselves or promote themselves and the things that they are writing about never mind that they love these nolan batmans and can you really tell me katie holmes and maggie gyllenhaal were used that well in those movies compared to how zach has used female characters in his movies i i don't know she, she's a nag in the first movie and in the second movie he blows her up so it's like there's i mean what are we talking about and so to me this sometimes gets frustrating when people don't want to actually go into the analysis and really pull out these examples and look at everything um, because Amy Adams is, is, is a is a powerful character in Man of Steel, and, and Wonder Woman when she shows up in BBS is a powerful character as well. So you talk about these things, yeah. and it just gets frustrating when you hear the same narrative with people not supporting it with any kind of basis of fact. You know? Yeah, 
It's true. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think that's where we always, you know, Stephen and I, we've always talked, uh, you know, when it comes to, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the first time that that we actually messaged each other was after we saw Justice League, Justice League in 2017. I think <laughs> I messaged him. I was like, did that feel like a, or no, you said, was it me that said that, uh, does that feel like a Zack Snyder movie or was that you? I can't remember. Um, I don't remember, but we yeah, I know, both. right? I can't remember which one, like, like said. That, I think but... I saw you. I think you were, you were talking about your first reaction video. I think yeah. I might have seen that first. And I watched that. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. He's you, not. You saw that I was like, because, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I well, and I had heard, I had talked to someone who was at, at the junket who had talked to a line producer and was like, dude, they said Snyder got fired. And so yeah. I heard that right before I saw the movie and I had been, I had been <laughs> good, good opening. Like, oh, yeah, right. Well, Justice League. <laughs> I, well, I had, I mean the, the, the actual opening of the movie, it didn't help any at all, yeah, yeah, but oh, um, I had been hard on the, Everybody on the knows. like, Oh, like I, I had dug into the G um, the, um, um, the DG, well, my, my brain's breaking the DGA guidelines and, and the, oh, yeah. the the WGA and all the rules for how things are credited for writers and what they're allowed to do in reshoots when they bring in a replacement director and all that stuff. And per how that stuff is normally handled, it was like, oh no, Zach's direct directed 100% of principal photography, so he's still got the say. They don't have the authority within the DGA to oust him in that way. And and so you know, and they were all saying that Zach was still involved. He just had to step aside, and there was all this stuff. And so I was very hard on that, like, oh no, it's still Snyder's movie. Whedon was just, and in, in, in retrospect, it makes no sense because Whedon's aesthetic was never going to match what what Zach does. Um, but uh, yeah, then you see the movie. I, I heard that, and I was like, oh, I don't know. And then you, you see the movie, and it's like, oh yeah, no, this is clearly <laughs> just not even. It, it's amateur how they even tried to blend some of the scenes together, like especially the ones where they like inserted. Like there'll be a shot where they like inserted a joke or something, and like the blue, like the the green screen or blue screen, like color grading doesn't even match well, what had been there the a hair. second ago. Yeah, yeah the hair lines are hair. flipping. The hair lines oh, are weird. No, I remember. You know what's funny too, John? It was like uh, hmm. speaking of uh, you know Christian Har Harloff was like at the screening that I you know that hmm. I went to. Like yeah, and uh, I almost wanted to like approach him, you know, hmm. and I'm hopefully I can maybe get him on this uh, one of these days and talk yeah. to him because I've always wanted to talk to him. But like I didn't because like walking out of that thing, I was talking to this other guy and I was just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, I finally got a press screening. I got invited to <laughs> Warner Brothers lot and it was just like, I, that's what I had to see. And then the whole time I'm going, what do I say in my first reaction? Everybody's waiting. Everybody's waiting. What do I say? And then I try to be like as positive as possible. <laughs> I totally, I should have just like written my first reaction said, fuck boy, what the hell did, you know, I almost wanted to be like, what are they, they that was a butcher. They just, ah, but I didn't, you know, because obviously when you're just, you want to just be as optimistic as possible, no. but I, I felt, you know, now I wish I can go back and be like, don't do it. Don't fucking do it, man. Just say what you really well, want to say. <laughs> people forget the con because people always go back to the like, oh, well, yeah. So and so said such and such the week it was out. But the, the context then was also so different because the 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 perception of what had happened behind the scenes and what was possible as far as like going forward, what could get released was very different. And so there was very much a like, oh, well, this if this is all we're going to get, it's it would be disrespectful to Zach to like trash all over it because what's he going to do about it? Like he had to right. leave because of family tragedy. And um, and so like it's just it kind of is what it is. Um, and so I know a lot of people were like, look, it was bad, but like let's not go all knives out for it just because 
like what like you're gonna kick someone while they're down and then when it came out that's like oh you know what he doesn't really take criticism of this movie personally because it's not even his and he's got a, another cut that he wants released that totally changes the conversation about the way the context in which it exists yeah it's funny when more facts get revealed about a problem how your opinion can change on it but if no. if that's true you're, you're, only, held, about? you're no. only held to your very first thought on the subject you know you can't change and uh why yeah, i never I, say anything until all the facts are yeah i'll review this movie a year <laughs> later once i've you know no we, we've we've all had those like I, i'm just still surprised when i i've only seen just league twice that version of it but i'm just still surprised it's something that does actually exist when you think about for what it was supposed to be this massive tent pole and the fact that this is the dice they roll on this and for me i think it's just um with this the snyder thing i i honestly don't think he'd have this reputation if he never directed man of steel because it was such a big franchise mm. that's coming off of the nolan series which was like okay you have avengers and everything but nolan's creating this great batman trilogy and i think if, if he was still making you know let's say he did just army of the dead and rebel moon and there was no superman bvs stuff like that Obviously, I don't think he'd be in the public guy. I think there's lots of people that at that point, he supposedly wanted to go, okay, this is the five or three movies I want to do where Warner Brothers had the idea of, well, we want this to be our MCU, right? And I think there's a big camp of people. And at times, I was including myself there as far as, I don't know if this is the vision I want for 20 movies, you know, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But then when you get years later, you find out that, well, that's not what he wanted to do. And that's where it's, it's yeah, tough. So, right. but I think if man still never happened, he would be directing, he'd be, have his, his fan base he had some detractors but i think it's such a hot button issue like man of steel with how controversial it was it was just a a, a powder keg and it was like seems that was that time where star wars and marvel were making you know people pretty happy for the most part and that came out as a much more bigger take and either you liked it and didn't and then it was like hey this guy's doing batman versus superman and probably justice league i think that also started too i also wondered if he did man of steel and a different director did bvs or justice league if he'd get that mm. as well because it's kind of like with Taika, he gets that a little bit of Thor because he's just doing Thor. Be like, oh, I hate those Thor movies, some people. But then they move on because it's just Thor. If you were announced Taika was doing Avengers 5 or something, then you'd see, oh, man, it would be a powder keg on Twitter again because it's like, oh, he's taking yeah. the biggest Avengers thing. He's doing Secret Wars and he's going to ruin it because it's Thor. How dare they get a director that makes every single character an insert character for himself and put him in charge of an Avengers movie. Well, yeah, and that thing with Thor, though, it's like, well, if I still like Thor, I'll see him on other stuff right and that was a gamble they took which i still don't actually know why warren brothers took it because if they weren't happy with things he was doing with bvs and justice league it was also bold of them to be like you know what no that's just it was just a bad relationship all around of like that x you have like oh i should have i should have ended this probably about a, a few months ago but no we're, we're still living together you know we gotta do rent okay one more month i'll do it one more month we'll break up and then like oh you know yeah. and a good yeah. day happens so and i think you yeah go ahead it's been crazy just yeah. to comment on something you, you we got said. ray joining in right uh, now ray. Ray. um when you said um, that you, I don't, you don't know if you'd want that vision for like 20 movies, but you'd be mm -hmm. cool with it for five movies. That's one of the things I was most fascinated about with the whole process to going from Justice League coming out to getting people to kind of come around on the Snyder Cut. And one of the yes. things that I kind of always tried to hammer, because once I, I saw that, I was like, oh, people don't know what we didn't even know. It wasn't until a little bit later, I actually found out through, through Dave that it was going to be a Justice League trilogy making it just five movies. Everybody from from Man of from Jump Street with Man of Steel was analyzing it in the context of okay, this is what Man of Steel is. So mm -hmm. what does this mean? Avengers is going to be in ten years, mm -hmm. um, and when 
the people were like not in favor of the Snyder Cut is because they didn't realize like, oh, this would have been like chapter three of five, not not the equivalent of Avengers one heading towards Endgame. Mm-hmm. And the more I saw people realize that, the number of times I saw a comment something along the lines of, oh, if I knew this would have been done after five movies, I kn- I would have just let it go. 100%. Like this would have been done already. Mm-hmm. And, and, we would have wrapped and been moved on already. And they're still on this weird period of like, what happens after Zack Snyder? Like, and, and we got mixed messaging around that time because remember they threw up their MCU billboard of here's the next six to seven years plan: cyborg yeah. movie, Flash movie. Where and I always wonder like where yeah. that conversation happened with Zack as far as okay, you're doing this to hey, what we also want to do like all these twelve other films that are kind of connected to your movie and stuff like that. And I think Stephen, you're right as far as especially stuff like you got the Batman and Joker. I think we're getting more in an age where if you were to say if you had that marketing right away this is zach's vision whether it's three or five movies he's gonna do his thing and then it would be complete and you move on but that was an era where no it's zach's movies and that's it where if people didn't like them i think that's where the vitriol came because like i just really don't and even the even just the kind people if they didn't like these movies they kind of felt like oh i'm stuck with this vision and i don't really like it where if it was like no we're gonna do this and in a few years you'll have like walking phoenix's joker as someone that did not like jared Leto's joker walking phoenix was like oh it was like the heavens coming down. I was like, oh, thank goodness. But now, when they said, okay, Jerry Lowe's come back for Justice League, I didn't care. You know why? Because we have multiple versions going on. It's like comic books. I could pick which one I want now. I'm not stuck right. with one. But back then, that was not the pitch. It was like, okay, well, this is the universe and hope you like it. And here we are. Yeah. You, you, you know, Travis, to that end, like going back to the point you raised about Man of Steel, like mm. I could even, I've had this thesis about Zack Snyder for a couple of years now. And it goes even further than Man of Steel. It's the fact that he touched Superman. It's the fact <laughs> that he did a Superman movie. Mm-hmm. That's where it's like you, you wonder how different things would be if he had never yeah. done anything with the Superman character. Because it's clear based on reaction to the Dark Knight trilogy and early reactions to the Batman, no one really cares that much about what Batman actually does on screen. But when Superman is involved, oh no, it's it's all manner of, you know, all holiest of holies. You can't touch that character. And And this might also shade my opinion on like the pull string Luke CGI thing they're doing in the, in the Disney plus shows because with DC, um, like, you know, if they could do that with Christopher Reeve, they would. Like yes. That's, that's, yes, they would. Especially so, now. Yeah. yeah. Huh. If yeah, you never know what is going to happen in the future. You know. <laughs> well, it, and it, here's the thing, though. And I, I thought about this when I was reviewing this week's episode of Mandalorian season three, episode two. I'm sorry. I mean the book of Boba <laughs> Fett. <laughs> I mean the book of Boba Fett, episode six. Um, <laughs> when the the whole thing with the CGI face, it, I think people that's not a Disney thing. Go back to Revenge of the Sith and go back and watch the lightsaber fight between Palpatine and Mace Windu. Now, they didn't need Samuel o didn't use a stunt double. Ian McDiarmid did, and they very badly CGI'd his face mm. for a couple of shots. Go back and look at it. I don't know if they fixed it, but it's awful. It's 2005. It's terrible. So there's a history of just Lucasfilm doing that. This is just the net. And then Tarkin was like the big grand experiment in Rogue One. And once they pulled that off, they've just decided we're going to continue and we're going to, you know, well, do it with voices too now, apparently. So, yeah. and all that. Well, but. 
Uh, but, but yeah, but then when it came to Solo, they were like, well, let's try to have a well, maybe they thought that we can't do a whole entire movie with like a CGI <laughs> I would have loved that pitch to Harrison. Here's our pitch. You're gonna do a whole movie. In you know what he would say? You know what he'd say? I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. That's she what he would say. My wife. Yeah, I can only imagine them going to him now. Uh, we're gonna read, we're gonna do a CGI, huh? We just need you to come and do the voice. <laughs> and it's like, get the fuck out of my house. That's I, the I, only I, reason I, I like because there's, a, I think, someone, there's the son, so who knows, yeah. reported <laughs> that, um, that Harrison recorded a cameo. And that's, it's like, okay, they did that so much with Luke. So, like, it's not, you can't say no way. Mm. But oh, yeah. I, my brain can't square the like getting Harrison Ford into a studio to record, or I guess they wouldn't need to. I guess is the point, right? No, because they wouldn't. They've got you, like you, know, you could whatever. You can use, they you can got use years his, and years, of, right? Whatever they, whatever they have in the archives. They've got enough oh, audio. Yeah. They've got enough audio to because that's what they did with Lucas. They just used a, totally. a deep, a voice deep fake equivalent. Hey, I was so. surprised he was in Rise of Skywalker. I Me did too. not expect to see him in Rise of Skywalker there. at all, yeah. truthfully. Yeah. So I, I I figured Force Awakens was his out, mm -hmm. like he was done, and so I who it knows? Was like man. finally they killed me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. You know I think if Carrie Fisher was still around, I don't think you would have saw him ride the Skywalker. I feel like that's the only reason why maybe he buckled of like, okay, I'll do this because I see Carrie. where you're in a pickle. Yeah. Obviously, it meant things to him. So I that's feel like point. that 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 that's makes it. And yeah. it was what, well, probably and that's where he comes in in the movie too. Is the moment where they yes. needed yeah. that boost and they her. couldn't yeah. get it from her. Yeah. Yes, it would have totally been her. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, seriously, sure. but but, but I mean, like, yeah, when it comes to uh, this last episode of Book, I mean, I think John, you probably, yeah, she's probably going to show up. I, that's I mean, my that's my prediction. Yeah. She shows up next week. Oh man, it's not yeah. like they haven't CGI'd her already. If we're yeah, I know. Yeah. And Rise of Skywalker, Those, I mean, well, then I guess they did with the Han and the Falcon. Come on, but in oh. in in Rogue One, I don't. It's it's such a weird jump from Tarkin and Leia to um in Rogue One, which are like Tarkin's a side character, and also he's such a specific, like it's I don't know. It's it's a it's a a bit role, and then Leia is like happens right before a new hope and it's just a one line so it's like okay mm -hmm. fine let's put that in there mm -hmm. for continuity and then even luke at the at the end of like even though it totally took me out of that episode i was like and i've seen enough reaction videos to see this was common where people are like Ooh, who is it who is it is it mace windu is it is it mara jade or whatever and then and then they see the lightsaber like oh it's luke and then he, he pulls back the hood and like half the videos are like oh okay <laughs> um and um but like, even though I didn't like that, I can see the value in like, okay, get this. It's a send up to Hamill and it's introducing mm -hmm. this young Luke into this era of Star Wars. And you bring in another actor to whatever. Um, and then you get to this last episode and it's like, oh no, they're just, I guess if you don't have to, and you can get that kind of reaction, then they're going to do that. But yeah, it's. Well, one, one thing I just want to point out in the chat that they're bringing out, like, Mark, if you watch the Disney Plus gallery, I don't know what the case is for this season, 
But Mark Hamill was there for all of season two finale. He was mm-hmm. legitimately on set. So when people were saying, oh, they didn't want to pay him, he didn't want to do it. No, he, he's fully cooperating with this. So I don't know if he's there again doing <clears throat> this because that's what they did last time. They changed his voice. Yeah. They did the CGI marking, stuff like that. So he he's all aboard doing it. So I wouldn't be surprised when we get another gallery if he was maybe not there for all of it. But what they would do is they would have him for speaking lines and acting. And then they had a young stand-in with the hood on that did all the action part. They could be doing the same thing, like the scenes when Grogu and him are sitting. That could easily be Mark Hamill. That's easily for him to do. They want to change his voice. If he already signed up to it once, because I think he just he loves Star Wars and he loves that character. So I, I'll be interested to see how much he was for it there. But I, I predict he at least had some sort of role physically being there for a day or two. So this time around, they used two stunt double, two doubles, as opposed mm. to last time only one. Mm. Uh, and the other part of this that's really something that people need to factor in is that Hamill. <laughs> didn't like how he was as Luke yep. in that <laughs> sequel trilogy. And no matter how many times he's waffled back and forth on this, it's very <laughs> clear he was not happy with that situation and not happy with that Luke. So this is a way to kind of redeem Luke in a way. I mean, him those training sequences with the Yoda is what people want to see with him and Ray in, in yeah. uh, Last Jedi uh, and what have you. So this is a way of him to kind of maybe restore that love of Luke for people and that remembrance of Luke after... Uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, seeing all of that um, come back, I think for him is a way of taking care of the character and giving it a better end before uh, whenever Mark Hamill shuffles off this mortal coil, he leaves us feeling like we're back in love with that character again. Mm-hmm. So, I, I you, you got you got to be careful with that, though. I, I agree that that's probably his motivation, but mm. you'll start getting the people that are like, oh, they're going to Filoni and Favreau are going to redo the sequel trilogy. <laughs> start getting that that shit again right like all of that and it because you know as somebody like i yeah i live on the i live on the island with like you know tom hanks and wilson the volleyball of there's no bad star wars movies i live on that island and i got on that island after a rewatch that i did i i did a i did a rewatch for up to of like the whole thing up to rise of skywalker because i had very strong feelings about the prequel trilogy Hmm. because I'm 39. I didn't grow up with Jar Jar. I didn't grow up (laughs) with, you know, trade federation and taxation of trade. I didn't grow up with that. I grew up with, you know, Imperial March and like two death stars and all that. Right. Like, so I had really strong thoughts about like Phantom Menace to Revenge of the Sith. I went as I've gotten older and and I'm less hateful. I watch them and I'm like, you know, no, I, I, I can, I can find some good in here. Yeah, there's still things I don't like. I can find some good in here. So I am yeah. somebody that like, when everybody was like all not my Luke for the Last Jedi, I'm like, I was the complete reverse. I was like, no, dude, he that 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 is Luke Luke Skywalker is my favorite character in the whole trilogy, and he was an absolute badass in that movie, in my opinion. Yeah, so, so, so for somebody like me, that that I don't need him. To revalidate things, although yeah, but he does. No, I know yeah. he does. Right? Yeah, and and that's fine. I yeah. I have no issue with that. But like, yeah. the him aside, it was just an overload because it's like Luke, Ahsoka, mm. Grogu, Cobb Vanth. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk Cad, about Cad Bane. I'm like, yeah, okay, we didn't talk about down. him. Stop, <laughs> slow the fuck down. Why are you everybody? Everybody, go to the few. Everyone just in one. It's like okay, 
Stephen, if this is what they were going to do, they should have just changed it. Call it Tales of Tatooine or like Star Wars stories. <laughs> That's what Name I was complaining about earlier. Different. Before you got on, I was saying that I there's so much in this that I've wanted to see for so long. And it was at the point where the second I saw Cad Bane's silhouette, I said, oh, fuck no. <laughs> because and I, and I hated that because I've, I've wanted to see that character in live action for so long. But the second I was like, they're bringing him in at the end of this episode, I was like, why? Can't you because it was like a it was like a highlight like there was no all these moments that I wanted to see but it was, these are stories I wanted to see not yes. a highlight reel of oh there's Luke and Ahsoka with a one liner about Anakin I wanted like you know there's conversations and 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 I didn't but, want a series of moments I wanted like right you know but did you have an issue so, when he showed up in Bad Batch for that one off in that well, no, no but that's but that's that's thing. animated that's a sequel to to Clone Wars, Wars. and yeah. also he 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 factored into that in a way that was like logical to the plot. And it's not even that he's okay. and it's not that he's illogical to the plot to the plot here. I actually don't think his role in the story is as like egregious as as like he makes more sense than Yoda and Grogu and 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 Ahsoka yes, do. I'll agree with that. Um but it's the fact that that the episode it, it's the fact that he is an existing character and they're going back to that well again for for that and so if if that was in there but all that other stuff wasn't it, it's just one more of those moments where it's the youtube reaction vid highlight reel of oh it's this like it's just there's just too much of that like designed to like i, I used to hate um the 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 nerd crew on red letter red letter media is that the, yeah. the oh, like i used Jeez. to I, I hated that stuff especially like their like their rogue one reactions and everything because it was it was so cynical and I I've gotten to the point with star Wars where it's like, I don't agree with them about the old stuff, but I'm like, those reactions are apply way more or are way more applicable. I think to a lot of the new stuff where it's like, just, I don't know. It's really hard for me to not watch it and not see it like engineered for social media more than it's engineered for a, a story. And when social media reacts accordingly as they have in the last two weeks, it just proves the point. Like, watch, yeah. Hondo's going to be in the next in the last episode. Oh, Hondo. Hondo's going to oh, show up. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, See, for oh, me, la yeah. last week was like... As, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be like that. It was yeah. like, oh. as a Canadian, going to the Golden Corral for the first time, I was like, holy shit, look at all the good things that you guys have a chocolate fountain. I was just <laughs> loving it the entire time. and that, But that's where it's tough in the territory. Like, when Roka asked about the Bad Batching, like, it's a sequel to Clone Wars. Not that this is a sequel, but it is like it is a continuation of these characters, right? Like Boba was in there, yeah. you know. Now Fennec was in Bad Batch, so it's like happy. So it's it's weird when you're getting into this almost kind of well, the MCU territory of well, Mando's in his own show, but now he like yes. if literally if Grogu does come back to Mando, this is why I don't think he will. I think he's gonna stay with Luke because if you watch the Mando season two finale, and let's say you don't watch anything of Boba, and he gives him away, and then Mando season three starts, and he's right there with Grogu again, you go. Well, that was a very small vacation. Like, you, you sent a whole episode of Mando trying, where can Grogu go? How can we get him to his people? Oh, he was there for two weeks and that was it. And you miss this whole little part, but that's where it is that kind of MCU effect where it's like, well, yeah. get the full story. It, 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 you got to watch it, it, it all. And, and that's where I guess I'm conditioned because I'm a big MCU fan. So I'm like, cool. And I'm going to be watching this stuff till I die. You know, like I have kids that love this stuff now. So for me, it's like, but the G and the GA, I guess, oh, stuff like kids? a Grogu. Tra pardon me? Tra Tra Travis's kids? I have three kids. You're like 12, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you just got your yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he said that because when you yeah. posted that picture the other day on Twitter, I was like, 
He's got fucking kids? Yeah. Like, 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 oh, yeah. He's posted a picture. I lost my This is it. We're doing it. No, we, I, I'm 28, and my lady and I, we both come from a family of four, and we're like, well, we want to have them younger, and we want to do everything, and Respect, uh, and we're okay, still yeah. probably planning on having one more. So oh, that's, oh, wow. that's the plan. Right. But, and that's the other thing where it's just okay. like that. It's yeah. such a it's such a fun time watching this stuff with them, like some of them are younger that don't get it. But obviously, the Grogu merch is everywhere in my household but it's it's one of these things that it is that mcu effect and now with the mcu doing that and star wars you're gonna see a lot more even then like look at dc coming up with if you got keaton and flash and if Batgirl literally still stays in h1 max and keaton's in there there might be a vital part of the story if they do a justice league 2 and you have a Batgirl in there you're gonna kind of have to go watch that Batgirl movie to find out how she met keaton how she got the suit and other people have tried to do it, right? We saw the monster verse. We've seen things like fail, but I think Star Wars they they dabbled their toes in it with Solo with Maul, and I don't think it really worked for the G. I think there was a lot of oh, like literally my sister texted me after that it was like Darth Maul's still alive, and that's where it's like you have to still educate people. But I think this yeah. is what they're kind of doing. So when Cad Bane pops up in like a, let's say they do a Boba Fett season two, and he's in the whole thing, then it's like well now you have some reason to know who this character is, and you can go do your homework with Clone mm -hmm. Wars or all this stuff. So there you go. You There's know. the word right there. Home homework. Because yes. you can just hear the Disney execs saying, okay, mm -hmm. we're going to get them to watch this book Synergy. Fett show Synergy. the same way that, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's the Synergy. MCU problem all over again. And when the, someone the, comes to me and says, which movie should I watch to get into this? That's a list. I'm giving them a list. Yeah. I'm giving them yeah. a list mm -hmm. of minimums. And, and that's, right. that's cool and everything. I think. Like, especially as someone who like loves Star Wars, the idea of bringing it all together is so... I mean, that's why I love Rogue One, right? Rogue One was such an amalgamation of so many different things, but it didn't have any of those, Bridge. like, wait, who is that moments for the general audience. A lot of that stuff was was done in a way that, um, that didn't fly under the radar, but it, it didn't, like, it wasn't this jarring, like, wait, do I need to do homework to know who that is? All of the homework was supplementary, yeah, not, yeah, not Yeah, when Jimmy Smith showed up, everybody was like, oh, yeah. 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 Um, and um, and and a lot of, like especially in, in Boba Fett, but a lot of the Disney stuff and Disney Plus stuff in general, um, it feels almost like they are turning the Marvel post credits scenes into the sh the the, the primary show. story. It's like the primary story <laughs> is now the post credit scene. I think Marvel is even doing that too. With like you look how Sung Chi ended with it ends perfectly fine, and then Wong pops up in a pour is like, "Hey, I need to talk to you." Yeah. It, well, they're starting to do that too. Almost like, oh, the people, because people still leave for the end credits. They're almost like, no, yeah, we really weird. need to hook them. Oh, and, and, and you know, if what? you watch and, Eternals, and, that like I love yes. Eternals, but like you look at what's different about it, and I and I know I keep on, I'm, I'm so cynical now. I'm, <laughs> I, I hate who I've become, but <laughs> I love you, Eternals. I love the I love Eternals. <laughs> but you look at it, and the biggest the biggest difference with um with Eternals and like any other mcu movie at this point really is that it didn't have those like those youtube reaction video moments the 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 um the like oh i know i know who that is like oh so and so showed up like there's none there, there's none of that in the entire in my, and in i think it's part of oh go ahead what no it's like in my movie theater when uh so and so showed up mr uh styles 
the yeah. girls were screaming because it was just him. I yes. had, they were like, I, I yeah. looked at my brother, my brother's like, who is that? And I told him, and I'm like, I guarantee you, nobody knows who the fuck yeah. that is. Yeah. But even, <laughs> even, <laughs> Eternals, even Eternals ends in the way though, of like it ends, but then they all get pulled from the sky and it's focused on Kit Harrington. Like you gotta go find them. It's very end credits. And then who, who's the last voice we hear? Oh, that voice. Oh, right. that. Yeah. See, yeah. At and, first and, I was like, I was like, who is, I was like, was that? wasn't nick fury no way no i I, I i had to look it up yeah, yeah. and I, I was like oh I, shit we got I knew the voice as yeah. soon as i heard it but travis you bring up you bring up uh, you brought up shang chi and that that speaking to this point reinforcing it further right think of all the the mcu shows we're getting on disney plus this year we're getting moon knight we're getting she hulk we're getting ms marvel right uh and there was a whole that were they're going to start doing have they started filming the agatha show yet is that going or no, i think it's this yet. year they're filming okay. secret invasion right now so right. it could secret possibly invasion. hit oh, the like, right. i gotta get going after ray's comment. oh yeah so, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah so 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 yeah. like all so like all of that and yet because of the end credit scene of shang chi i'm just like where's my 10 ring show give me my <laughs> yeah. 10 ring oh, show yeah. because it says the 10 rings will return mm -hmm. and i loved monger zhang in the movie and i want to see that show i really quite honestly i mean i'm gonna watch the rest of them but it's like no shut up i don't care agatha whatever sing the song as long as you fucking want give me the 10 ring show <laughs> yeah. like, there you go. but that's there how that's is. how they do it now so yeah. there it is john Go ahead, you, dude. You've been, you know, save your voice, man. I mean, yeah, I got a, <laughs> I got a wrestling show in uh, ten hours. I got to do a pro oh, wrestling. Oh man, man I'm oh, telling you, man, okay. you are just hustling right now. Ro dude, Roka, like, I got to ask you with okay. with Charlotte and Ronda, with live <laughs> <Yeah>. crowd, <laughs> live crowd, sixty days left. How, if they end that show, do you think it's going to go well? What in what way do you mean? So, do you think they're going to both in Wanda and Charlotte and the entire two night of WrestleMania? No, even night one. Do you think they're going to be into that? Do you think they're going to? Because I feel like eventually no, the fans going to boo both sides. Yes, I feel like we got a Goldberg Brock situation from WrestleMania twenty, and I oh, it's yeah. I just don't see how it stays one on one till the night one. I I don't get it. Brock and Roman. Roman's hot right now, so I get it. But like with those two. I, I very interesting to well, see what's gonna happen. They they kicked you in the nuts and then stomped on your neck because they were like, "Hey, we're gonna give you Ronda Rousey." Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. All right, fine. She's back. She's gonna win, of course. <laughs> uh, oh, and you think we're gonna do Becky? All right, fine. I can see Becky and yep. Ronda again. That's fine. Oh no, it's gonna be Charlotte. You nope. sons of bitches! Yeah. Like it just it, they they make such colossal missteps. It feels like they're walking on rakes all the time and having them slam what was that in the simpsons it just keeps yeah. walking show, Rob. Yeah. Oh, yeah exactly but right. Oka, yeah. most profitable year life, ever so the most profitable yeah because they yeah. cut like five hundred million dollars <laughs> yeah. worth of salary by hiring all those people so yeah anyway. no, but uh john this has been great the door is always open if you ever want to join the vodka stream every friday Love man just uh you know come shoot the shit man it's the way it is but thank you for joining man thank you dave thanks for having me on great to see you guys great to meet you travis yep. steven ray thanks thank so much thank you, you sir. Awesome. take it easy much respect all right. see john roca everybody thank you man what a good dude mm -hmm. like that guy but uh, what were we talking about <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars um, is perfectly fine. No one's I, mad. I, well, well, so, so uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Bane, you know, he, his, his, he looks great in live action, right, Stephen? <laughs> okay, Stephen, who wrote that headline? Who, who did? Oh, who wrote oh that no! Who oh no! <laughs> I just remember what happened. Which one? So the the the, the guy the fixed. Sits, 
Yeah, the, the, well, because well, the, oh. guy, the guy's even come out and whoever it was has come out and said, no, I wasn't fixing anything. He was just doing a Clone Wars edit. And I guess he got blasted because of the headline for, <laughs> for that, that said he fixed it. Yeah, I think people make too big of a deal out of that stuff. It's a it's a yeah. word. It's it's we're not I don't think fixed implies it was it was like I mean, I think it was broken, but I don't think that pe people are, are like so hyper defensive <laughs> of this um, of like that. This is like all imper like if you look at I tweeted um, what did I tweet right after I saw it something about like it feels the book of Boba Fett feels like uh, they you had an AI create a script based on every yes. internet comment well, on Star Wars. Well, I saw the one you you reposted. That didn't you? Were you the one that reposted the Patton Oswald filibuster? Oh from, yeah, from yeah. Uh, that was one hundred Parks and Rec. <laughs> Yeah. Well, even yeah. John said that. Even John said that he was like, "Oh, I didn't know they were gonna do a Patton Oswalt yeah. <laughs> like that." Yeah. Um, and um, and like the tweet kind of took off, and like because I have my quality filter on, I like forgot about it. Um, but I went <laughs> back and and checked it out, and I was like, "Whoa, that's like got a lot of engagement." I started looking through the quote tweets, and it's hilarious because it's like you have. Um, yes, it's sad that this is just purely fan service. And there's nothing else, and then you have like. How dare you not Fuck enjoy you. this? Are you are you soulless? Yeah. And then yeah. you had the like, I know, isn't it awesome? And I'm like, I don't. <laughs> it's not what I meant. So 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 you um, didn't so you didn't like his you don't like his design in oh in, no in the book of Boba Fett you don't no like I it. don't okay okay um the uh, there's a, there's a few different issues with it but primarily the the teeth are way too big um and the problem Ooh. with that isn't just that the teeth themselves are too big but it's because they went with a practical look and they tried it's like a mask or whatever they did it it's it like it reminds me of the mouth of sauron in uh, return of the king where when you have big prosthetic teeth like that you have to and it's weird because like it's dubbed so they could do whatever they want with the mouth but you have to over enunciate everything and so as a result you have this scowling scrunched faced version of cad bane where he's doing a lot of lateral motion with his with his mouth and like this is a dude who like like the voice is spot on obviously because it's dubbed but like this is a dude who is like cold af he's got a toothpick in his mouth most of the time um and and because and because of the teeth it makes him feel very like ragey it like takes away that side of his personality altogether i mean the vibe the trench coat the hat the like everything was awesome except for there's this thing going on with his face, which also it doesn't look like other Duros that have appeared in canon, which is another weird thing about it, where like the, the quote unquote fix matches it up like more closely with what the other ones are. So I don't know. It's not that it has to match with canon, but it's just weird for them to deviate with it when I think it looks better for the one that's more consistent with, with other canon. But um, but you because so cynical in your older age, man. What has happened to you? <laughs> I mean, no. I, I like the I like the character. And it's not just that it's I'm not like, oh, he doesn't look exactly right. I'm OK with things. Not look. I mean, the Pikes themselves have been they look totally different in Solo than they look in the Clone Wars than they look in. Um, in are they in Rebels or are they in um, or Clone Wars season seven? I think was when they showed up last. Um, and they even look a little bit different in, in Boba Fett. Like I'm okay with, and people were like talking about the, the, um, the, like the Count Dooku, like, well, you know, Oh, I saw, he, yeah, I, I saw which, that. It, it's, it's, that's a weird one though, because like I said, the Duros in canon and live action 
look different already. So it's not, it's not really an apples to apples comparison, but my biggest thing, like I'm okay with like the proportions and everything being different than Canon I'm with all of that, but specifically because of how big those prosthetic teeth were, it created this really, like he had to, you know, people talk about Tom Holland having a frog in his mouth. You ever seen that meme? Where they're like he always talks like he has a frog in his mouth. Never mind, no. forget I said that. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally... I, I, I'm not looking that up. But look yeah. that up. well, they just say because the way his Google's mouth is closed. Place. But so but, on, when, but when you watch, um, but yeah, but when you watch the, this 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 Cad Bane, he's fighting so hard to to keep his to close his mouth over his teeth, and then when he talks, he has to do this way over exaggerated yeah. mouth movement, which also gets his cheeks moving a lot. Um, in order to 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 have enunciation, there's a lot more face acting going on in the mouth, and oh. because of the the way like a Duros's face is shaped, and because of his personality, that's just not how any of that any of that moves. It's not even about comparing it to the to the Clone Wars like exact look. It's just the whole vibe. I do like the darker blue though. Like when like I when I saw like somebody actually did you know you know they did a whole mock-up and they changed they did a deep fake and they they made it more like and i was like ah i like the dark blue yeah no know, that was the what i think that's the thing we're talking i think you saw the yeah. thing that we're talking about yeah because the guy yeah because yeah, that was the the side by side oh, yeah that was the same guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah although yeah. i mean he's like 40 years older at this point so like i'm a, I, I can understand why he'd be a lighter blue but the the the, the design decision to have the like to not have the lo the longer nose ridge and have this more like especially when he says nose in his dialogue yeah it's it's <laughs> it's like a like a Voldemort Sorry. almost thing going on <laughs> um it 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 totally changes the the composition and the way the face moves when he talks and it, it, to me it, it it's not just a he doesn't look exactly the same it actually changes his his personality pretty significantly for me hmm Maybe okay. he just got his jaw broken, some reconstructive surgery, and look at the poor guy. Now. He's probably seen some I, shit. He's probably seen some shit. I, I, Maybe he I, went I, in the Sarlacc pit too. This is this goes right into the category of Ray didn't notice any of this shit and didn't care because Cad Bane was on the fucking screen in live action. Yeah, and it's one of as, 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 it's also one of those things where it's like <laughs> it's also difficult comparing a character. Like one of the toughest things I think for all of us. And I can say this now that I actually binged through Clone Wars and Rebels during work from home a couple years ago, because for years I hadn't watched either of them. Then I finally did. And now I can now when I so th this wasn't lost on me. This w a couple years ago, this happened a couple years ago. I would have been like, who the fuck is that? I would have had no idea. But now it's not lost on me. The difficulty, though, is the animation style is decisively different than how real people look and or move never mind the dooku example one of the things that i've always loved about that animation style is how everybody runs now how everybody runs and jumps in those cartoons it's not how people run and jump in real life it's not how their limbs move it's not how but it, but it's cool i like it i don't know for some like there's a i forget well, what no, i it's... forget what scene it what like any scene where there it's a bunch of them like charging toward like ahsoka and like anakin are charging towards something it's just I don't know. It's just cool. Like it's well, it's it's an it's interpretation like of like reality. I think the Dooku example is one of the really interesting ones because while he looks nothing, not nothing like, but he, it doesn't look like exactly like Christopher Lee. His shape is gone. Is, oh but, boy, but it's very it, it heightens the the persona of the character. I mean, it is very Count Dooku in the same way that like James Arnold Taylor um, was told not to do an Ewan McGregor impersonation. 
when he when he voiced obi-wan um and he like he when he went into audition he actually has a like proper ewan mcgregor um impersonation that he can do way more like his voice and they were like no we don't want you to do a spot-on look we want it to be an interpretation that that gets the vibe and like i would I'll, i can say that like james arnold taylor to me is like more obi-wan to me than ewan mcgregor or um or alec guinness are just because of my love of that series and just the fact that i've seen more screen time and story time of him in the role than i have um than i have of, of either of the other ones so like i'm okay with there being a difference but the but you're still you're still interpreting the the vibe like dooku's face isn't longer just because it's a wonky vibe like that actually fits with that that is not contrary to the character for me or like um james arnold taylor and impersonating um obi-wan that way to me is not contrary to to the character it's actually fits in with how the character character should be and so um and so i don't know what so to me that it's not like I don't care if it's not an exact match or if the voice isn't the voice is obviously the exact match is the same person, but I'm okay with changing details of the character. But when those details are undermine the characteristics that, that, that make the character kind of who they are, that's, that's a little bit different. Cause at that point you're, it's just, I would actually argue that the character looks more like Bane than he, than he behaves. Um, because of the way that they did the prosthetics. That is a very intriguing perspective. To me, when I saw him, I went, holy shit, this is the crazy SOB from Clone Wars. Fuck, he's working for the Pikes. <laughs> like, that was my uh, reaction. Like, I wasn't, like, looking at nuance. I was just like, I know this dude is, like, it, and it was one of, the, his reveal was, that, again, we were like we were saying earlier, bunch of awesome moments in the episode. That was one of them because it, even in the distance before you saw what he looked like close up, people were like, "Oh, the jacket and the hat." There was no one else he could have been. Yeah, There's I loved all that. I no thought that I thought the jacket and the hat were were great. I think it's weird whenever they do an alien that has long fingers because there's like they always give them these like they like pull the gun and you're like you're not holding the trigger on that. I don't know why you did it that way, but whatever. I, I can forgive that. But the 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 teeth and the mouth to me just really i don't know drastically altered the the yeah. the way he he felt it, it it was like i don't know it 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 cheapened the 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 look of the character a lot in a way that i i cuz i love cad bane i think he's he he really deserved a like kick ass on screen interpretation and just the fact that cad bane on screen is on screen um in the same way that like the fact that luke is on screen doesn't overcome the fact that it's it's this uncanny valley voice and, and body and just regurgitating lines from Empire Strikes Back that's like I wish I could be excited about Luke being on screen I wish that I could love seeing Luke and Ahsoka together but like what the fuck is this um I, okay to that end though like I, I, cause I, mm. I'm hearing some real cynicism in that reaction and this is the sixth episode now and you've had plenty of time to really brew that cynicism over this entire series i feel like some of that is is coming out in in how you feel about this and may, maybe you're being a little just maybe a tad you mean the more, fact that i critical? that i've disliked most of the episodes means that i'm being extra disliking i mean i, I think it should stack yeah, well that's what i'm saying is like there's there's like a like a it's almost to the point where it's like, why the fuck are you still watching the show? <laughs> like, the, there, there, there oh, is a, there is a thought process to that. 
because it, well, I, right? It, no, I I understand. It's just like I don't know. Like I, it's all subjective. <laughs> it's is. all subjective. There it I mean, is. I, it's like, also well, sure, but like for me personally, like loving it just because it exists, kind of devalued. No, like, no, and I'm not, and I'm not saying like when it comes to any that. kind of art, like I don't know, there, like like I said, that, like this is stuff that I've I I love conceptually if this was animated or if this was a comic i probably would feel entirely different about it so like the medium and the presentation i think are need to match the the medium and and that there's no a lot of this stuff does not have story grounding a lot of this stuff it, um i think i described it before you got on that part of what's so frustrating about it is that it it feels it is referencing a story that they're not telling um that like especially this last episode is just it's like a clip show of here's things oh, we think yes. you'll like yes. and no, not I, I, like yes. the actual thing that I like right. like like Luke and Ahsoka it's like they're making references to a history together that like I wanted that history I didn't want them to reference the history I wanted them to to show it but I also didn't right. want them to show it in Boba Fett I wanted them to show it like right. they like, wanted another yeah. and so I, I, there's yeah. this like cascading like. Like, yes, I wanted Luke and Grogu. No, I didn't want this, like, shorthand Luke and Grogu in the middle of a Boba Fett show. Um, like, yes, I wanted to see a young Luke. No, I didn't want to see a, a CGI Mark Hamill with a synthesized voice. Like, and, and, and so there's this whole, like, part of why I'm so frustrated about it is, like, the fact that they put Cad Bane on screen and it's in a way that makes me, like, not enthusiastic about it makes it especially frustrating because it 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 sh like so do you think like if it was like a more of a more centralized i mean i mean uh, i mean obviously the first few episodes was very centralized about around boba fett but if it just kept with that and didn't go off in the mandalorian sense and the grogu stuff and the luke stuff and all of a sudden um you know bane just showed up well, and like, and like a, a scene where boba fett was present do you think that would have been a little better well like the the i think the the bane stuff is really a really good example because like aside from my gripes about like the character and the presentation that whole thing is like the beginning you get like Cobb vanth with the pikes and and he lets the one go and then you get all this grogu luke ahsoka mando stuff and then they go back to Cobb vanth and it's like what why why is Luke and Ahsoka and Grogu bookended by no. by Cobb Vanth? And like right. for someone who doesn't know who you know, they saw Cobb Vanth once. I guess most people didn't even read the book that he was introduced in, so that may not even matter. But but like you see that and then you get all this other stuff and you go back to that. What does that mean to most people? Like what are you and now back right. to <laughs> meanwhile, what, like, meanwhile like what's going on why does <laughs> well, this matter well, and, and, and not only that like pursuant to that Stephen, like that scene the second time Vance shows up I think the fundamental flaw in that scene is that conversation should be between Vance and Boba not Vance and Mando Boba should be the one or what it should have been in my opinion was like okay maybe Mando and Boba <laughs> maybe Mando takes Boba to see him Boba is the one making this plea, and Mando's going, listen to my friend, yeah. hear him out. Like, you know, he you can trust Boba Fett, that type of deal. And that's a, that's one of the biggest problems I have with this episode, which was full of things that I enjoyed, but still, for the second week, took me down a road that was not what I was, not what the show was billed as in the especially, beginning. Especially because Bane has that stinger at the end of like, hey, that Boba Fett guy you might help out. Yeah, like he's right. a fucking piece of shit who helped out right. the Empire. You want to help this dude? Who, wh you know, why, so. should, why should Vanth even remotely care about <laughs> yeah. that at all yeah. when he's not even <clears throat> met Boba? It, like, 
only connection he has to Boba is the fact that he had his armor. Which, which is like, even... one, it's a weird unspoken <laughs> thing where he's not even like, you know that guy whose armor used to wear? Right. Well, like... But they yeah. do that. They do that with Mando too. Like he's not saying a single word to Ahsoka or Luke about Boba Fett. Like they they hide. It's like ah, oh, we don't really want to deal with this right now. We don't want Luke Skywalker <laughs> to be like, oh, you're with Boba Fett. That's a guy who kidnapped well, like, my brother. He's got the dark saber. Think about that. He's got the dark saber hanging from his belt, and he's talking to Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. Like this that scene. You this know stuff what? is all. Like, it's it's supposed to like mean something and have value and like yeah and and have all these like this thematic weight and like yet this this like ahsoka knows exactly what the dark saber is and mm -hmm. she's got like hardcore mandalorian connections and the fact that like she's not like where the fuck did you get that or like not in and, and once again that even that though if they did that it's like okay so now we're on a boba fett show where he takes a detour to see ahsoka and it's like mm -hmm. how many like it's, it's this live action Wiki, uh, wikipedia an adaptation where it's like you're like link like link hopping on and i love link hopping link hopping on on wikipedia like i could do that all day and it's like awesome reading all these stories that connect but like this hardly a, a thematic narrative I, I, well and that's I, I, what, you know what's like, also interesting too is like when she was like flat out saying like no you should not go see grogu but at the same time it's like grogu sensed him so did luke it was like oh yeah it, well, when we yeah. see him fly away you see Grogu in the backpack kind of go like, oh, and you're kind of like, yeah, but it's like, so, so why did Ahsoka just like, I mean, I, I mean, Ahsoka, why did she just go say like, like, I mean, I guess to have a full on like, hey, here I am, kid, let's have a hug and whatever the fuck. I mean, I, I mean, I guess yeah. that was like the save from that. But at the same time, it's like Grogu still knew that he was there. I don't know. Well, I and, and I don't know. You want to get this is maybe more technical. Yeah. Well, this there's a there's a there's a theory slash like maybe a, a force theology <laughs> debate to be had about it. So I don't know. But you also have this situation where like Luke at the end of and this gets into like you know Last Jedi debates also about his <laughs> his portrayal there. But at the end of Return of the Jedi. Well, in the prequels, you have this whole, like, no, attachment's a bad thing. The Jedi should not have attachments. And then um, Anakin's attachment to Padme ends up being twisted against him to cause him to, to fall. And there's attachment to his mother. And these things are all end up twisting him. But also, at the same time, there's this Jedi dogma that he's caught in the middle of. And Palpatine manipulates all of that to, to, to turn him. And then you get to the end of Anakin's story where you have Luke. Anakin thinks his family is dead finds out Luke and Leia are alive or he finds out Luke is alive at least and then he's he's hunting Luke down and then like Luke talks to Obi-Wan and Yoda and they say they're trying to train him in the ways of the old Jedi but also acknowledging like we failed and they say your father is lost you have to kill him like that's the only way to end this is to kill your father and he's like I can't I can't do that and he goes to the, the throne room and like what and what how does he how does he win well, he wins because he uses Vader's attachment to his family, brings him back to the to the light. He lays down his sword. He says, I won't fight. And the fact that Anakin had that attachment that to Padme is is he feels that for Luke and he feels that for Leia. And he's like, that thing that I was trying to hold on to, I can still have 
Well, I mean, maybe not forever, but I mean, in this moment, I can have that. <laughs> Fifteen more. Minutes. If I turn on Palpatine, like I didn't, it's not gone. I didn't kill it back then, and he turns on pa- on on Palpatine, and so there's very much this question of like, oh, is this a new era of the Jedi? Is this idea that the Jedi can't have attachment, a misinterpretation, or overzealous dogma? Um, yes. And then and then you get into this, and he's like, oh, you can choose between your attachment to Mando or the Jedi path, and it's like, how is that? How do you get from the Luke that that challenged that 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 dogma, and 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 one because he didn't adhere to the the overzealous Jedi tradition that his masters were pushing him towards, to now this one who is like let's hold up this rigid version of the the Jedi that I was never even really fully taught the idea of attachment being bad wasn't even really taught to him and like that didn't arrive until the prequels even. like even the no sex rules not spoken a single word in the original trilogy you know that that's not a thing yeah. but they're in a rock and a hard place because i agree with you of where luke is but then if you go to last jedi that sets up of hey i tried again to do exactly like yeah. the jedi and that's the point for ray and others the next time don't do it like me so it's like they could follow that path of where luke was returned the jedi but then you get a bunch of people being like see they're saying screw you to last jedi this wasn't yeah. the way luke was but in that movie it well, sets up that he did try he yeah. had the but I mean, the text. problem the problem yeah. is that if you go from return of the jedi to the last jedi which i think that the last the i don't dislike luke's arc in the last jedi mm-hmm. i just think that you needed more than like one flashback yes. to like to to really get him there but um but now based on kind of this plot you're going back and you're saying like oh no that last he was already there and it's like, well, you'd think that he'd reach that point sometime, like maybe once he becomes a master and he has a, a group of students, then he feels like, oh, it's important to adhere to this tradition because I'm not responsible for these people. But you'd think at this point, I don't know. It just, but it doesn't. S- some people have proposed that maybe it's a test test. And if he picks the chainmail, that's the right thing because he is like showing that he has a connection. That, so that's maybe. where we, like, we got to see it play out. And that's the same thing. I'm like you where. I desperately do want the more. I want the meaning of Ahsoka and Luke, like how they met. How was the, where do they go? But that's where I'm taking a wait and see. To I hopefully I, I, that I, I wanted that we, to happen in her show. If it yeah, was and that's happen, what I hope could. Like, I still yeah. happen I through flashbacks. Whether there was a rumored Luke and Gruel go shoot, like I think it. I'm taking the wait and see of this could happen. This is a little teaser, so it's almost like if they announce a Luke and Grogu show, you go, oh, did you like that little part, Mando? It's like they did with Mando season two, right? You had Boba, and then the Boba Fett came in. It's like, okay, I liked him in Boba or Mandalorian. I'll watch a show, and I think that's what they're doing here. Is, oh, yeah, look how that worked out, though. Well, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> in concept, the idea of, hey, you liked it. We're going to do a whole spinoff. I think they may do it again, and I do think we will at some point see the Ahsoka Luke meeting. If five years there, we don't. It's a huge missed opportunity, yeah. but I am I'm waiting hey, to see. You know, I'm I'm fine. Hey, with that. hey, guys, you want the internet to fucking burn? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's wow. just he's just saying I know, I know. like what are you supposed I, to do? I, I, you I insert a new but character. I, so But at the same time but, I'm like, oh I, 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 man. My my People biggest are in love but, and so attached to that little guy. But, yeah, they my, won't kill him. They're gonna keep him around forever. No, they're they're yeah, that Well I think the ideal thing is they take Ahsoka and as and, and Grogu and maybe Mando and you send him off into the unknown regions to find Ezra. And they get stuck there, or whatever. Well, or maybe, see, or maybe you know, Luke even but, says but, the Jedi need not, diversity. Why don't you go f- start a new school that the is Jedi more need open? Diversity. I really hope he doesn't say that. D- really no, but I mean, no, but like d- diversity. Yeah, of- Senamar, Senamar, you know what? There's a lot of white diversity training. 
<laughs> they killed Mace yeah. Windu, and he's the only one that <laughs> yeah. we have. Um, yeah. no, oh, all right, now, now watch this <laughs> webinar. <laughs> um, right. Oh, and, but no, but I mean, but he, we need diversity of thought, and he, and right. so he says like, um, and because you look at like the Mandalorian tradition versus the Jedi, they, they juxtapose those. I assume intentionally in the last episode or the ep episode five, where he says the, the the Mandalorians are attached, and there's all this, the Mandalorian Jedi War and the first mm -hmm. Mandalorian Jedi, and there's all this stuff, and so I think it would be cool and fortuitous for the future of the franchise to take a handful of characters send them into the unknown regions and plant a new strain of Jedi there. And then you can have like Grogu can become another Yoda where he founds a generation of Jedi. And you can do that entirely insulated from the Skywalker saga, entirely insulated from all this other stuff. Um, Even though I think Grogu will meet Finn or Ray one day. I really do think I, that. I, I, I think the oh. fear though is that <laughs> dis as, as much oh. as people oh. want to see like, no more Skywalker saga. Like there are people out there, are definitely fans who are like, I am tired no, of the nobody Skywalker wants... saga. The, the Disney is not going to go away from the Skywalker. That's what we got. No, Zach no, Snyder. No, it's the same people that say no more Batman. How much? But we can't have another Batman but, movie. But it's but one of the most the people, true. But yeah. the true. people that want more Skywalker, what they want is Luke wearing a blue backpack with a Yoda with a Yoda looking person in it, doing backflips and using the training remote and 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 speaking in riddles and like. Just everything that we just got. It's put Star Wars <laughs> in a blender, and everybody's yeah. like, "Oh, yeah." I don't know about yeah. you guys, but when I was watching that scene, I was like, "All right, well, how much time has passed?" I'm like, "I mean, is this I, like, a, yeah?" This was another I was case wondering where how I, much time has passed. It's like five was, years or something I, like that. I think this was another is. case where I had. No well, okay, are we well, talking about when? Are we talking oh, about yeah, how we, much? We're talking about how much time has passed in the show, or how long it was going in the episode. No, 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 I was talking about like how much time has passed, like between like when 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 Luke took Grogu, okay, that, and then yeah, where no. we're oh, at right there. Oh, it can't be that long because Couple yeah, months. because he barely has taught him anything, right? Right. Well, well, well. <laughs> yeah. well plus, the it, first it, two Mando hasn't had the Starfighter for that long. Yeah. yeah, that's the other thing. Like he was because he's for... like telling him shit that I was like, man, that should be the first day. Shit, man, what the hell? Right. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I was like going, whoa, all right, but. Well, it, you know, yeah. and I, I just think I have a. I, I think my biggest issue with the show is, other than being on on the side of on the other island of people that really liked the four the first four episodes mm -hmm. and just wanted to see that continue, um, <laughs> I think structurally, I think it speaks to the structural problem that this show has. I got a, a t former Twitter follower tried to tell me like he tried to use star trek against me which, that's a, that's a, oh, how that's dare a, he try to use star trek against that's you. a fucking mistake do not try to use star trek against me but like his his reasoning was he because he didn't like my whole thing of like name give it a different title call it tales from tatooine mm -hmm. and i said and he was like stop it star trek has episodes that focus on other characters all the time and i said okay first of all the shortest Star Trek season of any show is like 10 episodes, and that's Lower Decks, right? Not seven, 10. And on yeah, top of that... Usually are 20 plus. <laughs> 20, right, back in the day, 24, easily. Yeah. But on yeah. top of that, Star Trek has always operated on the principle of ensemble casts, whom they introduce in their entirety when the show starts. And then down the road, you get the individual episodes where, you know, Crusher fucks a ghost, 
that lives in a candle in a Scottish uh, <laughs> cemetery. I'm not joking. That's a real episode. It's I called Star Rosa. Star Trek. But like, I know, right? <laughs> or, or, or the episode where Worf is a gunslinger fighting an army full of Datas, and it's literally called A Fistful of Datas. It's real. It's sixth season. Yeah. Oh, but that's, man. That but that's, awesome. that's after you introduce everybody at first. Mm-hmm. And then, like, even, you know what? You know what? Even if they had gone the Game of Thrones route. You know, because, like, even in Game of Thrones, it's like, okay, you have so many characters, you have such a sprawling yeah. cast, but you introduce them all at once, all at first, and then episodes down the road is like, okay, well, this is a Targaryen episode, this is a Stark episode, this is a Lannister episode. Do that. Don't give us four episodes of Boba, and then everybody else. The, or Mando for season Mando for episode five, and then everybody else for season six. The Clone Wars animated show just kind of does that. Where I know people don't love it, but it's like technically the movie is like the start of it, and then you go forward. So you meet most of your characters like Dooku and Ahsoka and all that, and then you go off. I think I think they want to do that. I think they want to get the well, live action stuff like the animated stuff. It's just it's not conventional live action TV yet. So the, even though you gave some examples, but for Star Wars, it's new. So I think we might get to a point where you get Mando season three or four, and then it's like, okay, here's this, here's that. But maybe this is them kind of experimenting it. Like Luke being last season was them experimenting with, okay, can we pull this off? Can we do it? So I think maybe they'll get a, the hope is that they just get better at it, right? And this experiment of this type of fashion, and then you'll have something more natural flowing that instead of these very, very sizable, noticeable chunks of there's the Boba part, there's the Mando part, and then here's just this blender at the very end. Well, it's like I was I was saying earlier that it's very, um, very Dave Filoni animation, but I mean just a very yeah. animated series in general. The way that the series is structured, like if this was, I mean look at look at Clone Wars season seven, right? You mm-hmm. have you had several episodes of um, Anakin and Obi Wan and the clones, and then you have this little Ahsoka arc, and then. And then what happens at the end? You bring it to to Mandalore, where she meets Obi Wan and Anakin, and they and they and that's why I I think that like the finale, we're we're really headed towards like Luke is going to go to Tatooine to to save everything, and Boba Fett's show, which I, I'm sure people really? are going to love that. But wow. um, I don't think it, I, I don't think it's happening. I really don't. I think Grogu's going to stay there, and they're just going to. I think that everyone's like, oh, look at that ship, that spot for Grogu. That I think that's almost them on purpose making you think that that's going to happen maybe i mean i hope they do that it'll be worse for i think the show is worse i don't know it's it's so weird to even talk about better or worse because (laughs) but yeah i think i would prefer for them to do that simply because i don't want that that luke moment or that boba fett moment stolen by luke like in a boba fett show even though like Based on the episodes they've done so far, that would be the most cohesive, climactic thing they could do with the pieces that they have on the board. Like if this is a chessboard and these are all the pieces, that is the closing move. And yeah. so it is. It is an inferior show they're that playing, doesn't that game on the Millennium Falcon that, that doesn't move those whole lines. Yeah, the Millennium Falcon is going to be in the finale. I'm sorry. Um, I, you know what? I would wow. not be surprised. And. See, and I you know, and we we talked about this a few weeks ago about how like I'm sick of the Millennium Falcon. Like, I hate that I'm sick of the Millennium Falcon. I love the Millennium Falcon, but like, is there like why why can't you have Star Wars without that? Because uh, <laughs> you destroy every other ship. Um, but I feel like um, don't yeah. they go in the territory though? Because I know people said that with last year, if Luke stole away from Mando, and you could make that argument, but to me, it felt story wise. The whole season is building up to they're trying to find somewhere Grogu. He's made the call out. It fit with that. And that's why I feel like that. that's why I'm in the camp. I don't think 
Luke will show up to Tatooine and rest well, shop and say everything because it would it would literally just be Mando season two again. It would be I don't, okay. I don't and the think reverses Luke... and said I take Grogu, I hand you back Grogu. So I I think they're using it as like a red herring. That's what I really do. Maybe I don't think Luke stole in Mando season two because no. No, I don't think so because either. there was it was he was brought in at the conclusion yes. to to supplement grogu's arc not him only coming just... in at the end here would be would be to to steal boba's yeah, arc which well, well, is arguably isn't there in the first place but well, well but 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 again like what happened like in mando season two that was a a, a better example of okay we're gonna introduce we're gonna sh we're gonna show you bo katan Kree's in live action we're gonna yeah. show you ahsoka in live action but it's still mando's show yeah, like it. He they well, they never took and, the show from him throughout and, yes. the season, and they all supplement Mando's story. Yes, Mando exactly. learns yeah. and grows from do. them. Yes, we learn exactly. about Grogu through it. Like, like Ahsoka teaches us about Grogu, which also I think speaking of teaching about Grogu, if you want to talk about how packed this episode was with like references to stuff, how it like any other if this was just take away all the other Luke. And in Cad Bane stuff, people are freaking out about. There's the the Order sixty six shot that was in this with the mm -hmm. with the clones and the Jedi is like yep. that would be like such a huge highlight from Mando, and it's just so oversaturated with all this other stuff that people aren't even looking at the fact that we got. And, and, and well, no, I I I saw some reaction to that. People that were like, you know, claim they were in tears when they saw that that shot, and I was like, okay, good shot. It was a great oh, it is. Shot. It is a good shot. Yeah. It, well, it, everyone it, says they cry about everything. I can't even take it seriously. With... <laughs> I'm literally shaking right now. Do, but there's such grass. I don't it, know. It, it, it's a... <laughs> I wipe my tears with the grass. I'm an emotional. You know what? Guy, you're, 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 yeah. you're, you're, you're That's sounding, how I water my grass. You're, you're, you're sounding like Shatner in that uh, that that Get a Life sketch when, and from SNL when oh, he yeah. was at the Star Trek convention. Steven would have hated it if he sat beside me during No Way Home. I was a fucking mess. I was like at a funeral. I was like, oh my. No, God, I, 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 I I teared up in No Way Home or like in um, in Rogue One. I got emotional yeah. at, when he's Rogue giving the speech to to Jenner. So when no, when no Way is... Home. Yeah, No Way Home. I was like, I I I felt sorry for the the girl that was sitting next to me <laughs> because I was like. Like that, oh, you dude. were that I, guy. I, 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 yeah, I was that guy. I was. I was like, shit. I was a clapping guy. I'm sorry. Steven sounds like my <laughs> wife. Where so during Endgame, I don't know what happened to me, but when Cap got Milner, I literally, I didn't plan it, but I stood at my seat and I started clapping, and she just gave me this look of like she was ready yeah. to end things at that moment. I was like, <laughs> I could, but it was one of these where I almost thought everyone's gonna be with me, and then I looked around, oh, I'm alone in this situation. My, 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 my theater cheered like someone had just scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That was yeah. me, and I'm like, oh, right, I'm in Canada, we're all quiet, sorry. There's something about that, there's something that there's just something that happens, and all of a sudden you just go, uh, and then you realize you're like, shit, did I just do that? And there's yeah. a couple times where like I clapped, and I went, why did I fucking just clap? Like I was at a fucking baseball game. Or like at the end of the crowd, okay. you're like, yes, you're like, no, well, one, they, no one can fucking no, hear this. No, no, we, Feige's we, not somewhere. Like, oh, thank you. Travis, we, we, all, we, we all had that moment because, like, I, I think I said this before, when May finally said the MCU iteration of. When yeah, great power comes great responsibility. I yeah. I may have said out loud about damn time. Yeah, yeah. I may have said that. I may have just said like, that out loud. I think we're so used to just watching shit by ourselves, mm -hmm. like in our like in our places, that when we're in and like, oh yeah, we just forget. Like, oh shit, Man, yeah. there's other people around us. Sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, but there, there's, you know, there's, sorry for that girl that sat next to me where I clapped in her but, ear. But, hey, but film at least guy? <laughs> I, I saw John Wick 2 in an empty theater. One other dude came in after me and sat two chairs down from me and did that for every single oh, kill. No. No shit. Oh, He's yeah. a sociopath. No oh, shit. Yeah. Yes, or like, or like the pencil. The pencil happened, and he was like, "Yes, yes." And I was like, "All right, I gotta get out of yeah. here." This guy is creeping me out. I was that's, like, oh, I, yeah, "I was like, I was like, we're no. the only ones in the theater. Like, am I allowed to like scoot a seat over? Like, what yes. is?" I had to do. Yes. I had to do that. So I saw House of Gucci like a week late, and it was like at a ten fifteen screening, and no one's usually here where I live. So I sit down. And it's five minutes in the movie. Like, oh, I'm alone. I got this whole movie going. So this guy sits not right beside me, but the seat next to that one. And I moved and he shot me in this look. I didn't say anything, but like, there's a whole fucking theater. Why are you sitting? Like, Seriously, one? like, why are you, yeah, gonna do that? Why are you doing this? And shooting the look yeah. is funny. Like, they take it like, I wanted to sit one seat away from you. Yeah, like, yeah. What's wrong? Right. You know? Yeah. No, it, it, yeah. It, it, when it, I was picking my seats, I saw the X and I picked the one, you know. <laughs> I, I, no, I, well, I, if it, you were sitting one seat over, I would have sat one seat over too. Like, Army of the Dead, four people in the theater. And I'm in the middle row in the dead center, and I was the first one there. And so the other two or three people showed up, and I, I you know, in in mask, I'm just looking. I'm I'm still mean mugging them with my eyes, like not here, not here. You're doing the air, and, airplane thing, like don't sit right beside me. Please. Oh yeah, no, not yeah. here. No, absolutely not. And so like there were two guys that sat like four, five rows down in front, and then another dude sat on the corner. Perfect. No mm -hmm. one was like, like clearly mm -hmm. the two dudes were friends and the other dude was by himself. Yes, that's how you're supposed to fucking do it when yeah. it's that empty. Like there's no, it, you know what? It's, it's almost like the, uh, you know how like there's the, the like the, the two bathroom rules that you don't break. The two men's bathroom rules that you do not break. And one of them is definitely the, mm -hmm. you know, you leave a urinal of space yeah. in between the next guy unless it's like crowded, yeah. right? Back. The other yeah. rule is no fucking talking. No talking. Don't say yeah. shit well, in the bathroom. Thing, yeah. <laughs> but then somebody farts and you had to comment about. It. <laughs> oh, I've uh, had like this movie, eh? Oh, how yeah. many times have, like have I had that? Well, I remember one time I, I went to, <laughs> to see Tenacious D, and it was like right before they were like uh, coming on, and like everybody was like for some reason in the bathroom. I had to go to the bathroom, and it was everybody. It was crammed, and then somebody just. And then the guy next to me just looks. It was like the guy that was on the other side of him. And he goes, "God bless you." And it was just, <laughs> and the whole fucking bathroom was just cracking up. Sorry, it was just a funny fucking moment. And yeah, it was hilarious. But you know, that's what happens sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I miss it. I, I miss those. You have to have that buffer. You have to have that buffer. Yeah. I remember yeah. even in Seinfeld, they even talked about that too. It's like you know, if it's not a packed theater, even if you're like there with a buddy, it's like. How you can even have the buffer then too? And Jerry goes, "Hey, if we were at my house, would we would be sitting next to each other on my couch?" No, it's like yeah, have a little buffer or something like that, so, you know. So, so, well, so, even so. even like forget the just respecting the rest of the audience members. Like, who wants to sit? that oh, close to somebody else and nobody should like no, you don't. have an opportunity to be sitting in the with like too. 10 seats right. of clearance and you choose to have i'm gonna make sure i sit beside this sociopath I, I i feel like any i almost i feel like if anybody does that now and it's like like if there's 10 people in a 300 seat theater and somebody sits right at like a seat next to me it's like ridiculous what the fuck's oh, wrong no. when, I, when i saw that one movie cop shop with uh mm. that one with a uh, gerard 
Butler and um, Frank Carrillo. Um, I, the theater I was in, it was like there was like three other cup like couples, and they were all in certain areas. And even where I picked my seats, I was like, "Nah, I'm just gonna go right up top. I'm yeah. gonna be by myself, sprawled out. I'm just gonna watch this movie. I had a couple of beers, and I was like." No, I'm good. I, I didn't even sit in the seat that I picked at first because mm -hmm. I was like, nah, I'm going to get like further up from these people right here that are obviously, you know, they're having their date nights yeah. and oh, I'm just right. here by myself. Yeah. I'm the creepo by myself on a Thursday. I, 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 I okay. The, 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 <laughs> hey the, the, the most, the most, <laughs> I'm creepo, lonely. Yeah. The, 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 the most lonely creepo I ever felt in a movie was, uh, it was it was a Valentine's Day, and oh, this, was, this was this was two thousand this was two thousand three. Now this is a crazy thing. I did a double. I went to the movie theater twice that day. Now earlier in the day, me and my buddies went and saw Daredevil, the Ben mm. Affleck Daredevil movie, because it came out that because we was out that weekend. I went back later that night and watched Chicago by myself. Oh, now, wow. I'm not, I can count on one hand how many musicals I actually enjoy. That is one of them because it's jazz. I fucking love jazz. But I'm the only one there at a movie starring Renee Zellweger and Catherine Zeta-Jones. It's, you know, like a, it's not necessarily a movie that a lot of guys are really going to go see by themselves. It, it's a date movie. But I wanted to see it because it was, you know, an Oscar bait. Like when everybody was getting nominated for it. And I used to do this. Me and my buddies used to do this thing. It was like, we're going to see all the Oscar nominees every year. And so. No one else, everybody else is busy. So I went by myself and it was like couples to the right of me and like groups of girls laughing at me to the left of me. No, man. <laughs> and it was just really, un it was really uncomfortable at first. It's like, why am I the only person? And they were giving me distance, right? It was like two, like two, three seats. It, just, it wasn't a completely packed theater, but it was still like, I'm, I'm solo. I'm the only solo motherfucker in this place. Seriously. It's like, oh. Yeah, beside the couple yeah. is always worse. I had that last night in Soho where I was I my new plan is because right now my lady is on maternity leave, but she doesn't go see many movies right now. So I have to go see movies alone, which I hated before. Now I'm used to it, but I always take the handicap spot because usually people don't sit by it. The only risk is if someone does come in that needs that spot, you do have to move. It hasn't happened to me. So that's why I unpack movies I don't do it. But yeah. Yeah, so that's why I do it. But then yeah, there was a couple same thing that that just a seaway for me and it just sucks because you're you know they're trying to have a night but at that point you're just like okay i was here first why don't you guys like just shimmy somewhere else just go like just you guys could have a bit more fun there and no it's you're, oh you're yeah even, movie even, you... even when i picked my uh my <laughs> my seats for moonfall mm -hmm. yesterday uh last night um i saw already there was people that were like you know usually the theater when i go to this theater that's right around the corner i usually try to get like yeah i don't get like up in the you know this this part of the section i'll like get in the very back of this part of the section when i'm by myself i'm like all right it's perfect for me i'm like screens right there good it's the back row of the the ground level i guess you could say but there was already people like in the kind of in the handicapped spot so i was like all right i'm gonna move up just one row because yes. even i don't want somebody just like directly behind me either right <laughs> yeah, i'm like i'm like nobody's gonna fucking i mean this 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 movie theater ain't gonna be packed for yeah. moonfall i'm sorry well, well, uh, you know nothing against roland emmerich but uh, uh you know dave how, how dare you see me this is the week we're supposed to hate roland emmerich we're supposed to hate we're supposed to despise why can't people pick their battles seriously I know. gives a shit what roland emmerich has to say about i know, I, you know when, I, when i read that i was like dude just fucking go like nah i don't you know just pass it's, 
it's, pass. It's Just say whatever. pass. But, <laughs> but, 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 it's like, but the first thing people point to is like, well, he did Independence Day and he did all that. Yeah, he's done one IP movie, Godzilla, whatever. He does disaster movies. Why are you? Why do you care? Why does who it matter? Care? <laughs> I don't care. You know, things. You know. Yeah, I mean, who cares what Roland Emmerich thinks about what's happening with cinema right now? I mean, you watch his movies, and it's it. You're you're supposed to just turn your brain off. You're supposed, and then, you know what? I mean, like I even told John because he hadn't seen uh he hadn't seen it yet. He chose he watched Jackass, which I was debating on it, but I'm like, you know what? You have to watch Jackass with like a friend. You have to watch Jackass with a friend. I, I wasn't gonna go Jackass by myself. I was like, you know what? I gotta watch that with friends or something like that. Or, you know, whatever. It just felt like, you know, but I wanted to see Moonfall in the movie theater. And I was like, all right, I need to see this, you know, because there's going to be some beautiful shots, which there is. Obviously, you're going to see some disaster shots that look absolutely gorgeous. And there was like, you know, a shot of New York that's getting destroyed. And I'm like, yeah, there it is. That's what I want to see. I want to see the moon on the horizon and it's fucking things up. Yes, that's that's what I was here for. But but I, you could literally just walk in with a Roland Emmerich fucking checklist and go like, yep, there's that one. There's that. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. He's got, I mean, it was everything in that movie that you could just check mark. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. We got the main character who, uh, you know, is divorced and he's down on his luck. He's got mm. beer bottles around his bedroom. Yet he's got bulging biceps, big time, you know, pecs in a tight T-shirt and a six pack. That's interesting. He's an alcoholic. Okay. That doesn't make sense, but okay, you know it's just he's like, that, like he's that. drinking that protein alcohol, you know the new. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I always find that I always find that trope funny because it's like, all right, can you make him at least like he doesn't have to be jacked, you yeah. know? I mean, I I get that, um, you know that 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 Patrick Wilson is you know going into Aquaman too, so he was probably getting in the that's shape true. for that. That's, but you don't have to true. show you know? off. Put yeah. the guy in baggy sweaters. You don't I know, have but, to, like, like, but like yeah. he's wearing like a tight Henley. Yeah. A leather jacket. Well, you know, the, well, and, and, and well, and the other thing about that, Dave, like, I don't have you seen any of the set photos of him from Aquaman and the Lost King? Oh, yeah. Well, when yeah. we saw like, him with uh, when he was shirtless next to James Wan, he was just fucking chill, right. You know? But but he but he's also like homeless. I mean, you know, yeah. like he's he's got True. the he's 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 got the shag, he's got the shag going like. Mm -hmm. They've He's had him. Back. They've had him in in Atlantis jail for a for a while. But that's an, but that's another thing they do in like these kind of movies too. Is like, oh, he's got the stubble. Like he hasn't shaved in a week. So yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, that means he's really down in his luck. But I'm like, right. the motherfucker is still a really good looking dude. That's every man yeah. in the world, pretty much, is like, you go a few days with stubble and then you gotta shave it up. But in movies, well, it means your life is a turmoil. Like you're going through the, some shit. If the bigger days the of growth, <laughs> it's over. Right. I think the biggest example is this was the the meg with uh jason yes, Statham, i was, I was just was gonna like, mention that because he's the same he, character yeah where yeah. he was like you know the down on his look they had to get this guy and he's like Dangerous. Drunk. but yeah, at the same time i'm like the dude's still fucking jacked with oh, like yeah. an eight pack and i'm like i mean at least like make make, make him like dad bob but bod ripped you know where it's like he has some definition but not fully <laughs> You know, it's like not where he looks like he's been training for, you know, 27 years. It's like, come mm -hmm. on, can we at least do I, that? Well, well it, 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 it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, the, 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 the joke about the, like the Planet Hollywood guys, you know, Arnold, Sly and, and, and Bruce and like the difference between like how they would all like physically be in their movies. Arnold would be would come out of like he'd go through true lies and have like a ripped shirt 
and maybe yeah. a cut over his eye. That's about it. Sly, he'd have like a couple rips, maybe he lost his hat, something like that. And, and he might be tired, right? Yeah, Bruce sweating. Willis, right. Bruce Willis, <laughs> Bruce Willis. At, at the end of like every movie, especially Die Hard, looks like, dude, if you walk one more step, you're going to die. See, that's what was so brilliant. <laughs> that, that's 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 what how Die Hard broke the mold because obviously you you look at the fucking history of how they tried to get that movie made. It was supposed to be a Commando uh, sequel for Schwarzenegger. They were talking about uh, uh, Stallone being in that. They were talking about all, but then they were like, "No, let's get this fucking guy who's on a comedy show called Moonlight <laughs> instead." And you know, I mean, he wasn't like. You know, like, but he very much had like what I would say a, a, a fit dad bod. He didn't have ripped abs. He didn't, but he was very much like, okay, he's in shape, but he's not fucking like bulging with like, you know, right. just bulging muscles and veins everywhere. And, and, and they proceed to like make his life a living hell physically oh, for two hours every yes. time. No, like, no. What, what do we, <laughs> when you get to that part where he's like, you know and he's just limping up to it I, I, his I, wife goes oh my god i i, I mean he, he he shirtless he's been cut he's been yeah. he's been shot he's been thrown downstairs he's jumped off of a building he's got glass in his feet because he's had no shoes on because he did the stupid fist with your toes thing at the beginning of the movie like this dude how was he walking you just look at him like hey, he's you been should hell. You should have died at least eight times before even that, getting to Hans. But that's what's so beautiful about that movie is the fact that they did that. And you know, it wasn't just like, you know, it wasn't like Schwarzenegger Stallone that just shows up who's like a little sweaty, some grime oh, yeah. on him. Well, but then well, you know, like he's got a ripped shirt and he's just like holding the gun and his fucking bicep is like well, out to well, here. Well, and, 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 and and then go to go to my favorite one, Die Hard with a Vengeance. And oh, yeah. when that movie starts He's got a hangover the whole time. Right, right. But he's got a hangover the whole time. And like when the movie starts. He is legitimately like supposed to be down on his luck. He's on suspension. His, he's yeah. estranged from his wife again, and he's alone in New York. And when they show him, yes, he does have like like he missed a day or two of shaving, but he oh, also yeah. but he also looks like dog shit. Like yeah, the, the rest of him time, doesn't look good. Either. The first time you see him in the movie, he's like this. He's doing this. He's like fuck, and he's asking for aspirin. Right. <laughs> you know? Like you know? he. Like, like he does not look good. Like they just like they literally just woke his ass up. Like uh, and and they. You know what they did? That's how the last Boy Scout starts too. He's sleeping in his car, and the yeah. last Boy Scout and the kid threw the squirrel, the dead squirrel in the car. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's like Bruce Willis made made his you know his name on. You're the everyman guy, like you know that you're yeah. down on his luck. You're fucking. You're a drunk, and but you got to save the day somehow. Well, well, that's why when when like a couple years ago, like I, I, even I, in I, Fifth I, Element, I, yeah. Oh, it. <sighs> But he had blue hair. <laughs> even in like even three hundred years in the future, it's like that's why it's the fifth element is die hard in space. It's yeah, die hard it really in space. Is. But like, <laughs> but, but but that's why like a couple years ago, like The Rock did that that skyscraper movie that looked like it was a it was his own die hard remake, and I'm like that doesn't work with The Rock. It does. The Rock is it The really Rock. It's, it's like they tried normal they guy, tried. unfortunately, because he's yeah, not they, any guy that size is not. Really, not that I shouldn't say normal, but if you look like that in real life, your life is the gym. You don't have maybe other hobbies, stuff like that. You might not, you're not you're like The Rock. Look at him. The reason you can do that is because he has this, you know, big lifestyle. Well, wait a minute, Travis. He was missing a leg. 
Oh, right. Man, see, that's that. see, see, he was missing a leg, and they put him in like khakis and like a like yeah. one of those short sleeve collared shirts. Like, but he was still kick out the leg at one point. I never watched it. Did he kick out the leg at one point? Oh, he I, uses he uses it at one point oh, to like help him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but and, and, I mean, I saw the trailer, <laughs> and I'm like, this is just the diehard. This is diehard with the Rock in it. Mm-hmm. It's but not the, Rock, work. the Rock was smart that way because I really I liked the movie. I think it was called Snatch that he did with John Barenthal, and it's like his son gets like framed, so he has to go do some crime, and it's that was him trying yeah. to be like he's just like a trucker business guy, and he was trying to be like a you know normal type of guy, but it's just it's just hard. It just doesn't work. It's like anytime. Arnold is in Jingle All the Way. It's like, oh yeah, he's a mattress sales oh guy. God. It's like, okay, like I guess, like it, it, you could, yeah, you it's could hard be to, that. It's hard to believe it. <laughs> yeah, and that's where I think The Rock was smart to pivot of like, I'm just gonna for, do these very over the top. You, you, you know? know, you you could you, for all of the for all the joy that Arnold has given us on screen, he he he's got a list of clunkers. Oh yeah, and he's. But I will say, I will say, I like this past Christmas season, I did put on Jingle All the Way, and. I laugh. I fucking love that movie so much. You know what? There's just, if you accept it as just, I mean, you have him, you have Sinbad. I was going to say him versus Sinbad. (laughs) Phil Hartman (laughs) is fantastic in that movie. He's so good being like the womanizer. Jake Lloyd. I was going to say that was like a before, because Jingle All the Way came out a couple years before. Yeah. Episode, cause that was the jingle all the way is how I f- knew who Jake Lloyd was. It wasn't it. I knew who he was before going yeah. into Phantom Menace. Jim Belushi, <laughs> yeah, like, Rita Wilson. Yeah. It's a stacked little cast there. Rita Wilson, you know that's right. Rita Wilson was yeah. his wife. That's right. Rita Wilson was yeah. his that's wife. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Arnold plays the worst human being slash dad in the world, but is forgiven oh at the end because he looks hot in the turtle man suit. His wife forgives him for every yes. sin. Imagine if you had a wife <laughs> and you broke into your you broke into your neighbor's house to go steal his kid's action figure. There's no way your significant other is forgetting you for that sin. But if you look hot in a superhero suit, all is forgiven. He almost set that neighbor's house on fire, on fire. <laughs> but, but she I'm like, forgives it, him. I'm like, has she not seen him shirtless? I mean, apparently yeah. between selling mattresses, the guy is just in the gym for three fucking hours. That's least, why he's a bad right? dad. When they're like, you're never home, dad. Like, yeah, I got to be big. <laughs> Well, it, 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 right like he, he had a better excuse for being a horrible father in true lies oh he's a secret agent that right. made oh, yeah, sense yeah. Though. You know, that made yeah. more sense it to made, be way, honest. It made way more sense but again that movie is over he is literally oh, yeah. he is literally dealt with an army of terrorists <laughs> with nuclear weapons oh, on, yeah. on and, and the florida keys right oh man and when that movie is over ripped shirt cut over yeah. his eye that is it it's always the he, cut over the eye, the eyebrow always gets right. cut, right? And and, and, and he fired. has and, and and he has, I mean he Uzi's he, yes. he he makeshift he had a makeshift flamethrower with that gas tank, right? <laughs> he hung off the side of a helicopter and like saved his wife from a mm-hmm. crashing limo into the classic bridge. in the water. Well, I mean, everything's on fire. But even speaking of the wife, I mean, she was like supposed to be like this normal everyday wife kind of thing, and then all of a sudden, like it's Jamie Lee Curtis, and she does that strip scene. You're like, uh, what? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're like. Like, how are these people having trouble with their relationship? They're both hot. They're both like have like fucking top notch like no, fit bodies, right? No, <laughs> it's all about emotional connection, though, Dave. It doesn't matter I, how that's hot true. you be. It's true. If he's not home all the time, you can't look at him. You know. It's yeah. Just, but that's but what I mean. I guess. But, Every time he's the dad, he's not home. You know. But yeah, but, but that's some. I mean, one of the the best line in that movie was when he like got the true serum in and they're and he's tied up, and she was like, "Have you killed people?" Is all. 
yeah, but they were all bad. <laughs> yeah, they're all bad <laughs> That's people. The best line in that movie. I mean, I crack up every time I see that line. Or I hear all right, that well, line. well, well, I, I, that and and then just him, <laughs> him explaining exactly how he's going to kill the interrogator. The guy. He's like, he's like, he's like <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm good. He's like, is there anything you want to tell me before we start? Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to kill you pretty soon. Oh, I see. Yeah. How exactly? Well, first I'm going to use you as a human shield. Then I'm going to kill this guard <laughs> over there with the Patterson trucker on the table. And then I was thinking about breaking your neck. Yeah. What makes you think you can do all that? And he's got the he's got like this drool look on his face, like you know my handcuffs. Mm. I picked them. them right, and then proceeds to do exactly what he said he was going to do. Oh, <laughs> dude, pretty I mean, much like a Batman scene in an Arl movie. Like, oh, it kind of would be as smug, yeah. but like the way he thinks it all through and everything like that, and. A huge shout out to Bill Paxton that movie because man, he's so oh, good. Fuck. I remember that was that was Love the that. first Bill Paxton movie that like I well okay first movie where I knew who he was because yeah, I like, who's this guy because you know, yeah. I didn't know that he was Hudson in Aliens until later. Mm-hmm. That, was like, my, I, that was that was my introduction I, right there. I rewatched Aliens later and was like, oh, that's okay. He's just younger. All right, he, you know, any but, actor yeah. that's looking to play like the douchey, squealy piece of shit guy needs to go watch him in that movie and see like what you can oh take. Because he it's just, so he bad. just oozes like he literally is the used car salesman, but he just uses that like trope of that. And I remember that moment when he's in the car and he's talking about how hot Jamie Lee is and when Arnold just punches him and his neck breaks and he's bleeding and it's a dream. <laughs> but I remember the first time I watched it, like, oh my God, what happened? But no, Paxton is great. And the whole setup of, you know, when they interrogate him, they put him on this mission and he's lying about being a secret agent and just it's all such good stuff like it's one of his best movies like all around like everybody but for james cameron it's one that somehow doesn't get talked enough because it's not as bombastic as terminator or franchise movie it's not not a franchise movie and nowadays it would be seen as a movie you can't do yeah there's there's a lot of yeah. yeah Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's another Probably. reason why it's that's another reason why it's not t- and I understand why like to, but you know what? Can, but by the same it's, token kudos to Arnold Schwarzenegger because during that time it was like he you know it's already been 80s Arnold Arnold this is like early 90s to mid he did true lies which is very much almost like a parody of you know his movies and then mm-hmm. he went and did last action hero which was a direct parody it was almost like arnold was like yeah i get it i get what i am i'm going to make fun of it true lies was a little introduction to that but it was still kind of like ah, oh, you can take this seriously it's still an arnold movie and james cameron was like yeah we're gonna make an arnold movie and it's gonna have a pretty cool story and it's gonna you know you know well, and it's james cameron but then last action hero was like this is a direct parody of himself well, I, I, and i, I love it and the great thing about the other really awesome thing that people may not may or may not realize about Last Action Hero is John McTiernan. Fuck yeah! It's like if you're gonna do a parody of yeah. these movies, you get, get the, the die hard guy, diehard. get the diehard guy to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, and Arnold, yeah. like he like obviously, people, I don't think people forget he was the governor, but like smart dude, like he knew what he was doing in all that time, and it, it's kind of I'd say not a well, shame that he has. Can't... The dude was an immigrant, didn't know English, oh, came yeah. over here, learned English. He became Mr. Olympia and mm-hmm. then became popular. And there's like, you know what? I'm going to come in after now. And then he, he became, became the biggest acting star in the world. Yeah. he. There's only a handful of men and women that you can say at one point 
in Hollywood, you were the biggest star of all time. Like, look at Jim Carrey, Eddie Murphy. They have that same thing. Like, at one point, I was Nicole. Like, there's a few ones. Like, you had that year of you were the talk of the town. Everybody was talking about you. Arnold had that, and I think where he was, and that's why kind of I was always. He had that for years. Arnold walked so the rock could run. A hundred percent. Yes. And I feel like, and I feel. It's I don't know. It's weird to say because The Rock is like what three years in a row most high paid movie star and stuff like that. But it still doesn't feel like The Rock has that sort of like Arnold had just this like suffocating in a good way of like an Arnold movie is coming out and everyone paid attention to it. Where Rock has that for a little bit, but I feel like now we're getting to that point where you can skip a skyscraper. You know what? I, well, and but I, to that point, Travis, I think it's because there's two reasons. One, he does so many of them. So it's like, 100%. okay, I'm, so it's like, yes. I'm not watching all of them, but two, I think the genre has also changed. The mm-hmm. action movie genre is different now. And it's like, it's crazy. I, I get into this argument with people about live free or die hard to bring up die hard again, because they talk to me about how unrealistic live free or die hard is. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, dude, go back and watch the rest of the fucking franchise and tell me what's oh, it's real all about ridiculous. It, yeah. it. It's all my dad has, my dad, he loved, he got me into these movies but he has told me on no, several times you cannot rip out the anti-lock brake fuse and do that with a car and, during a chase in Die Hard with a Vengeance. When like the truck, <laughs> when like the truck is chasing him and he's like, yeah. oh, the anti-lock brake fuse," and he does a three sixty while shooting. He's my dad's like, "You cannot do that with a car. I don't care what I don't care what panel well, you rip yeah. out. You cannot do that with a car." Well, when it comes to Live Free and Die Hard, I mean, I mean, I've always been like, "All right, the John McClane, the the definitive John McClane trilogy is the first three obviously you know <laughs> I, I know people even like oh like don't really talk about the second one but the second one's pretty good too i mean i love that part when he gets in the chair and the fucking plane blows up and he it's launches awesome. up and he just ah! he does his fucking john mcclain scream i love that it's I love all that. subjective i know exactly but that but i i even made the comparison i mean look what happened in Zack snyder's justice league when batman launches after his chair and he launches up you know I'm oh, like yeah. i'm like i'm yeah. like the blueprint was john mcclain motherfuckers what are you talking about you know i remember i, I tweeted that out i was like the blueprint was john mcclain on this right here anyways um but when it comes to live through i'm like ah i don't i mean like yeah it's hard for me to be like ah is that a definitive diehard movie i'm like to a point yes but it is a little different but i but i don't hate it i not like the other one that came out after that i did not like that one at all i thought that was like totally jai courtney yes because there's four and five now right but i can i can actually i watch live free or die hard i can really enjoy that movie because it's an enjoyable movie if you don't really think of it as a die hard movie in my case that's the way i look at it i'm like what a die hard movie in my in my eyes but i still enjoy it because it's still a very enjoyable action movie i i only watch the unrated version because okay. well well because it, the, the theatrical version is pg-13 which yeah. not only which not only means they cut out that the curse his catch line it, right like exactly mm-hmm. and yeah. in the unrated version there's at least seven fucks and they put the catch line back in where it should good. be and i'm like okay good I, I will roll with this version from now on i don't give a shit about yeah, the other version. yeah I, have to watch, I haven't watched so, that i have to watch that yeah hey welcome back steven we're just talking hey. about crazy uh action movies and how they progressed since and now now travis has left <laughs> he's got a big he, he says washroom break oh that must be a canada thing canadian thing it's a washroom not bathroom or restroom it's washroom taking a leak 
Yeah. yeah. Taking it A. Anyways, no, we were just talking about, you know, we were just talking about, I don't know how we even got to this discussion. We just went off on a tangent about action movies and how, um, well, I think we just kind of talked about like, I don't even know. How did we get here? Rick? It started. Well, it started, we were, it started with the whole theater discussion. Like we were talking about the, this, I, I can actually bring it back to theaters. Cause there was a question that I wanted to ask when we were talking about like theaters and like empty theaters and all that. By the way, Ray, nice. Uh, I like your angle. Your, your oh, thank new, you. uh, camera angle it looks really good. Yeah. I, is that is um, the Ecto one you have right there? Is that the popcorn? That's thing? the yeah. The guys uh, Squadcast Media got that for me for nice. my birthday. It's the, yeah. it's the it's the one from Afterlife. Yes, so, I yeah. got that. I got that one too. Scott got that for me. So oh, yeah. cool. Scott, yeah, Scott, Scott's a uh, he's such a fucking you know. Yeah, and if and, and if we want to talk about like emotional movies, yeah, I that was my most emotional. Oh yeah, movie I fucking cried. Afterlife, that was I, yeah. I I I cried at the end of the movie. I cried on the way home in the car <laughs> yeah. from that movie. But uh, but no, like as far as like theaters, so you know, it sounds like if I want to see this movie on on opening weekend, I'm gonna have to deal with a crowd. Which one? The Batman. Oh yeah, you're definitely at, at least based on at least based on these early projections. It's like, are that many people really going to go see this movie Fuck on yeah. March fourth? And it's entirely possible that I'm just going to have to. And I don't. I, I, I'll try. I don't know. That that might be. This might be the first. My first. Just do it, dude. You're going to have a good time, man. You're going to have a good time. Just do it. You know, wear your mask. Whatever you want to do that that yeah. helps you. But I'm just saying. I am boosted. You're good. So you're you're, you're yeah. yeah. You're good. You're good, dude. Like you're good. Don't but worry. Yeah, that's Don't you know. Worry. But but it, but I'm but I'm just wondering, especially for like how long the movie is, like two hours and fifty five minutes, which I'm not complaining. Fuck it's yes. like, man. <laughs> Oh god. Yeah. But, but I that, cannot wait for but it. That, that's a hell of an estimate, though. Like like it's they're talking like they're they're I think they came out today, right? Where they're like, well, yeah. What are you thinking about the the projections, Stephen? Your numbers guy. <clears throat> Sound pretty right. Said one hundred thirty five to one hundred eighty five million, right? Domestic. I, yeah, I don't even know anymore. Yeah, um, to, with, with stuff because it's so like you're in a situation where like some movies, um, like I I don't want to necessarily make this argument, but I think there is a question as to like whether or not No Way Home would even have been as big as it was if it weren't for the pandemic situation. Like if we were still getting one of these or multiple of these a month, and then that one arrived, would it have been such a big deal if it weren't for the fact that it was like the one like the or or Dune, I think is another good example where like there was this the the phenomenon of like it being like saving cinema or being this return <laughs> to theaters kind of mm -hmm. narrative. Um, I don't know if uh, um, I don't know how much that would have would have impacted it because also you've you've got like you know people before the pandemic where like the average person that like the average movie goer would see like three movies a year tops, um, and so. You know, after being deprived of that for for some time, like how does that is that audience on impact? Like, like what audience disappeared? Is it the people that went once a year? Did the people that used to go three times a year just go to one now? And I don't know. But what you do very much definitely have is guaranteed that the audience is going to be consolidated more. And so, well, you know, the average movie maybe is is dropping significantly. These big tent poles could easily yeah. be even bigger than they were before mm -hmm. because you are focusing more of the box office on these on these big tent poles so um so i i don't know but i could because it is 
of of anything that has come out in the last you know couple of years, it's going to be one of the only like must see movies that we've had in a while. Um, it's not getting a simultaneous a simultaneous streaming release. It's one of the most popular characters ever. The marketing looks great. Um, Dude, you know, they've been nailing that marketing. Oh, the marketing oh, yeah. 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 The hype marketing machine is, is it's in Dude. full roll right now, and it really it, it's is great. Look oh, at that! Yeah. He's got the pizza. Did I, mean, the I, I had it last week. Oh, I, 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 I haven't had the calzone oh. yet. This was just a normal hot and ready, but still, like, still, I, last, that's cool. last time oh, I had it. A... So even with the normal pizzas, they're putting oh, yeah. that box. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Well, up, up, up here yeah, in Michigan, cool. they are, yeah. But, like, the last yeah, time yeah. I had a Batman pizza box for marketing was, like, the Dark Knight, and that was Domino's. Yeah. Like, yeah. So this well, is, and oh, yeah. no, it's interesting because, and this is the thing, I'm somebody that 100%, the box office does not dictate if you love movie, like movie, whatnot. But I do like watching as like a sports element as far as, okay, because you get to see the trends, see what people are into, not into. And you have stuff like, you look at the last screen that just came out, the fact that in its opening weekend made more than its entire run than the last screen domestically. And it's crazy to think that this is a pandemic. It's scream to me is, hasn't been that popular for years, but it just an entire weekend beat the last one. That's not a pandemic. That's even right. further years ago. Well, so it's, it's, and it's that's a genre like that was like hit. largely, I don't want to say unimpacted, but of, of the genres and the way they were, they were impacted. I mean, horror is one of the ones that like, um, was the most resilient. You, mm -hmm. you look at like a quiet place Two came out in oh, March yeah. or something. Mm -hmm. And it did more than a quiet place one. I think it would have done more yeah. and, and, and in it only, the pandemic. And, 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 but and it had the shorter it had the shorter window too, because Paramount was doing the forty five days for yeah, everybody else. Was, yeah. and, it, and it went to Paramount Plus. I will say real quick before the conversation gets too far away from it, um, because I was uh, not at the computer when uh, you got, we're talking about true lies. Um, and also with <laughs> with Avatar coming back, um, oh, yeah. and like the James Kenford conversation, the thing that people don't talk about with True Lies and like whether or not that movie would exist today or how it would perform, that was the first movie in history with a budget over a hundred million dollars. That's no shit. Was it really? So wow. James okay. James that's Cameron. Right. I remember and that, hearing, and, and that's why that. like when people like start to sleep on on uh, on like Avatar and be like, oh, that's not gonna whatever. And you talk about James Cameron, is, and I. I I go on this rant like every time James Cameron comes up, but like Terminator 2 was the most expensive R-rated movie ever made. Um, True Lies was the first, um, the first movie to to ever be made with a budget over 100 million. Um, the Titanic movie, the, obviously the budget and production of that was just insane. But then the numbers that it did for a for a historical drama, you know, becomes the highest grossing movie of all time, untouched for a decade yes. until he breaks it with another original property that's, mm -hmm. you know, dancing dancing with wolves in space. Plus and remember like opening plus weekend. Fern Gully. Yeah. yeah. And re I remember opening weekend, all the headlines were like, oh, not, it wasn't a bomb, but it's because its budget was so big. And when it came out, it's like, I think it was like a 36, 40, something opening weekend where it's like, this is pretty low. And it's like, oh, James Cameron kind of, you know, not going to make it back. This seems to be. And then it just kept making money and money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think he's probably made a deal with the devil because this man, not saying he's lucky because he has a skill. But, man, like you said, Titanic well, stays until he breaks the record, you know, and it's, it's pretty interesting. Right. And Avatar yeah. 2 is going to be such an interesting study because I always want to see what it would do, not a pandemic. But I think enough people are going to go out because of curiosity. I think it's just 
Avatar yeah. One had that repeat viewing business, and I don't know if yeah. two will have that, but we haven't seen a lick of marketing. No, we don't know. We just see these photos of people in a pool, and you're like, it's coming. Like, exactly. Cool. Well, not you to know? compare to Aquaman because of because of the underwater part, but Aquaman mm-hmm. is another example of it opened at like what seventy five million yeah. or something like that, and the opening weekend is is a big deal for sure. But what a lot of these movies kind of show is that at the end of the day. Um, it's like the legs that really do mm-hmm. it. Or you look at like a lot of Christopher Nolan's non like comic book stuff. Inception. You know, it doesn't open huge, and it's and it's the legs that carry it. To, you know, and these aren't the highest grossing movies of all time, but Dunkirk did like five hundred million or something mm-hmm. like that, and it opened it at yep. sixty million or whatever. Um, and uh, it doesn't necessarily mean Avatar two is going to become like the next highest grossing movie of all time. It it could, but. Um, but the the yeah the legs really make a big difference with uh, with those movies and IMAX was a big part of that because um, IMAX at least at the time that was before you know that's why everything started getting IMAX releases was because Avatar was a must see three like people were talking about it like yeah. you have to see it in IMAX three D and that's event not film. a thing mm-hmm. people talked about and so IMAX because there's so many IMAX theaters the window on that was so much you know it would be like out on dvd and people were still going to imax mm-hmm. to see it in imax 3d because it was still available there because stuff wasn't getting pushed out now imax just shows whatever is showing in theaters mm-hmm. often so i don't know if that same case, thing will be the case but um but yeah i mean the dude always it, it he he makes he breaks convention with budgets he, he may he they cost more than people say they should they gross more than people expect them to um it just doesn't follow he doesn't follow the the conventional rules of what does well and why. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't well, bet against him if you're going to say, "Hey, you want to bet against?" No, no, no. <laughs> you don't bet against James no, Cameron. No, you, you can't. Really, can't no, no. And, 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 and you especially don't use conventional box office logic as your reason for bet for betting against him. No. Yeah. Well, and, and and Steve, just to clarify, my my point about True Lies not being made today had nothing to do with. Anything technical, yeah, it had, it had everything to do. It had everything to do with the subject, the subject matter, <laughs> yes. and yeah. characterizations of certain. Oh, the villains are guys, a little tough. The villains, that's a problem today. It's a very that, that, raw, raw America type of movie at times. Oh, it, yeah, yeah. Dude, 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 come on, Charlton Heston is the head of your organization. <laughs> that you're working. Doesn't for. he have an eye patch? He's he Nick Fury. He's playing yes. Nick Fury in that movie, a hundred percent. Like totally. That was James so Cameron. Like, you know what? I'm gonna do this yeah. instead here. But <laughs> yeah. totally has an eye so, patch. So, so, so no, I, I, no, I, Cameron. Uh, listen, f- crazy enough, we're talking about Cameron. I, w- I actually, I watched a little, a uh, little bit of the Abyss yesterday again. Oh, seen, you finally did. Oh no no I've seen I've seen the dude I've, oh, I've seen the abyss I've Who seen the abyss so many abyss? times I haven't seen it okay. Oh it was you Steven I'm what waiting I'm waiting for a for a proper transfer I'm waiting for a good Blu-ray dude. transfer Steven dude. I mean I tell you what I mean I I pulled it up on, on Amazon You're going to be like what this movie was made in the 80s I know well, I, I pulled it up on Amazon Prime and started watching it and I was like yeah. this is Can't not this is not the, yeah, the, something's not right. And I started googling, and I was like, "What version is like the?" And and I, I started finding these forums about like, and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm just well, gonna wait till there's a proper transfer." See, because see, and you've also got to be careful <laughs> because there there's a theatrical ver- there's an extended version of this which does change some things yes, with respect does. to some stuff at the end, especially. But and that movie, I mean, we're that movie we're talking about one of the the most like 
troubled productions like in his in the history of hollywood like if mm-hmm. you look at the behind the scenes of everything that went wrong like mary elizabeth mastrantonio and ed harris won't talk about that movie <laughs> as amazing as it is it was because that is how awful it, it, it everything went wrong everything that could have well, gone when, wrong when, went when wrong you're dealing with water set. when you're dealing with water i mean yeah. obviously it's gonna be mm-hmm. it's gonna be bad well, and it was just like his his ambition. It was one of those early cases where Cameron's ambition got the better of him, and instead of being given ten years, Ooh. like he has been with Avatar, he like tried to do it on a regular schedule, and it took like seven months, and it was well, like I've said, arduous like I said, and horrible. I think I, I think I said last week. Watch on Netflix the movies that made us such a great series, so fucking fantastic. I love it. There's three seasons. And I didn't realize that they uploaded that they, they made a, a season three when it uh, and it showed up at the end of 2021. And I binged it. They have aliens mm-hmm. and they talk about they talk about that. They talk about like, I mean, James Cameron has always been that ambitious one. And it's never always been pleasant. Let's just no. say, you know, no, when it, it comes to stops. making his movies. And it's funny, too, because I didn't realize Hicks, which is Michael Bean, yeah, they uh, was a totally different actor at first. Oh, like yeah. Michael Bean was called up like on the fly, like, mm-hmm. "Hey, can you do this movie?" It was uh, what's his name? I can't even remember his name. He played he, the, the first thing that comes to me. He played Raiden in, in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Michael Lambert, isn't it? Or yes, like that? there you yeah. go. That's his name. Is well, it? Uh, is it his name? Or or Highlander? or. Or is that Michael Lambert? I think his name. You mean is Christopher that. Lambert? Christopher Lambert. No, 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 no. That was the first Mortal Kombat. I'm talking about Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh, James <laughs> Ramar. James Ramar, who played Harry from Dexter. That's who played There you Ramar. go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was going to. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. apparently, there's, there's one shot in Aliens where <laughs> he is present, but it was like behind him. That's so you wow. can't tell. And they pointed out, but yeah, I'm telling you, this well, series is so fucking fantastic. Well, and, and, and the crazy part is like you, you like, cause so everybody loved him as Hicks in aliens. And he plays such a 180 in abyss. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, it, Oh yeah. Cause he's a fucking nutcase. Oh, <laughs> yeah. he's, he is. He's lost yeah. his damn mind. In that Dude, I, I, I still cringe <laughs> with the knife and the fucking. He's oh God. Oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's Steven. You got to see that. That movie's amazing. But, but, but there is, but if you can, like, depending on what the release is going to be, I, I say watch the longer version. Yes. Watch the, watch the extended version. Well, there's like, there's supposedly like a whole, he's, yeah. he's got, there's a proper Blu ray release, like, and it, I guess notoriously, like, is always just about to come out. So who mm. knows, like, what the actual status is. But, um, yeah. but I mean, someone was, I, I, there was an update just a, few weeks ago i feel like that that said he was like yeah i heard something i, I heard yeah. something about well, it a few weeks ago too yeah yeah but but it, it we're in believe we're in believe it when we see it territory with that we are we yeah. totally are and and i think it'll happen at some point but they've just gotta dot so many i's and cross so many t's with respect to getting that transfer and then for me it, it better be in a fucking steel book seriously they they better have a really kick-ass lovely steelbook for that movie but if that movie didn't exist 
Terminator 2 doesn't exist. I mean, that's that uh, yeah. technology. The technology yes. with the and, water and the main and, and and Right, you, you will understand, like, if you've seen Terminator 2 and then you see Abyss, you will totally understand what he just said because it's blatantly obvious mm. that Abyss yeah. was the testing ground for a lot I've of the shit they did in Terminator 2. Yeah, I've seen some screenshots or clips of, of a little bit of that, at least. So I, I got an idea of the but the use, But... It, but but what's crazy about it is you when you watch it and if you especially if you watch like if you finally like full, full on watch it and it's a Blu-ray version that's all crisp and everything, you, you have to remind yourself this was the 80s. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, to to be fair, 80s. to be why well, to be fair, it was 89. <laughs> 89 and yes yeah i mean you see stuff from like the late 90s that does similar things i mean look look at uh look at the rock in scorpion king i mean oh oh, god oh yeah you're right oh yeah yes yeah yeah or no no in uh as the scorpion king yeah 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 no that's yeah oh that's just awful that's no doesn't you love those movies those movies one i love one in Two. Third one, I'm not a big. Fan oh yeah, of, one and two is great. One and two, I mean, yeah. I love one. I I I never two two two. I is on my my two. complaints just like cross apply most of what I say about the Mandalorian, <laughs> or or Bo- Book of Boba Fett, <laughs> where anything that's good about two or wants to be good about two is just like remember that joke you liked in the first one. Yeah, 100%. exactly. Guess 100%. what? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so, so like, back then was just such a charming, charismatic motherfucker. Oh, it's like was. I love. Like, I mean, back then. Yeah. Well, no, he still is, but he just had like that. He has a different charisma now. He had that leading man. Like, yeah, yeah. He catches True. your eye right away. Like, Dazzled is not a good movie, but I love the hell dude, out of that movie. Dude, dude, dude like, 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 Airheads. Yeah, but Dazzled only works because of him. Airheads is not that great of a movie, and he has an awesome support. He has an awesome supporting cast, but I will still fucking watch that movie. Airheads. Thank you, Ray. Have you guys? But that's why. Speaking of Avatar and Aquaman too, I compare oh, Momoa to this generation's <laughs> Brandon Fraser as far as like Momoa is like not the greatest actor in the world, but he has mm-hmm. that presence. He has that sex appeal. He has yeah. that anytime he's on screen, you want to watch him. That's why I loved Aquaman one so much because it reminded me of the mummy. It really did. Yeah, like, that's a great comparison. We have you this guys. adventure going on. What? 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 <laughs> You guys need to see Airheads if you haven't seen Yeah, he's, no, he's, he's, saying. he's, he's saying. Listen, listen come on. No, look, look at the look at the uh, Brendan Fraser aside. Mm-hmm. It's it. First of all, it's Brendan Fraser in totally like a Three Stooges pairing yes. with Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler. Oh, it's, it's such so a great. weird fucking cast. You start with that, and yeah. then yes. you bring and they in break Joe... into a radio station to play right. their demo, and, and, yeah. and, and, and so then you bring in Joe Montana and yes. Michael McKean. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, uh, uh, Joe uh, Montana, Joe Montana, Ernie Hudson. That's all I hear anymore. Yes, Ernie Hudson is the cop. Uh, it is peak nineties what, awesome his, greatness. Yes, it is. Oh, it is. It's it's it's. it's I love not, that movie so much. And they're called the Lone Rangers. And the whole joke is, is like, well, you're not really lone. There's three of you. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> it's a stupid movie, but I will watch it. Oh, I've, I've seen it so, so many times. Great. Harold yeah. Ramis is in even in it. Man. He is. He's in it for like two minutes, but yes, yeah. he's totally in it. Yeah, for sure. Chris, oh, uh, it's Chris Farley. No, Chris Farley's in it too. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Cop. Yes, Chris yes. Farley. Yes, he is absolutely. Chris Farley's in, in it yes. as well. It's, it's there is a there's a definite SNL presence in that movie. Oh yeah, big sure. time. Yeah. 
But oh uh, man, god damn! Thank you, Ray, for fucking saying how much you love that because I love that movie so much too. Uh, it, it's probably somebody even posted on a Twitter account because you know the whole you know Spotify thing that's happening. They said the oh, Lone yeah. Rangers, the Lone Rangers are also pulling their music from Spotify. <laughs> I retweeted that. I was like, yes, yes. That's that's like one of those that's like one of those fake bands. You're like, okay, where is their album? Can 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 they can we just get them together and like, like do a yeah. like a, a Lone well Rangers they did album. they did kind of make a song for the fucking you know, they did movie so it, it was kind of cool it was like yeah, yeah. the soggy bottom boys <laughs> the soggy bottom boys great uh, oh man fake bands I love it Spinal yeah. Tap yeah no but uh, okay so so like Travis you you were saying before about like with box office like you. The, you mentioned sports. Yeah. And see, okay. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> I can have, yeah. <laughs> like, like the, the type of box office discussion that we're having mm-hmm. with, as it relates to sports. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool with that. I just hate scoreboard mentality. Yes. Yeah. I hate There's when, a difference. Yeah. I, I hate when people are like, my movie is better because it made more money than yours. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Like that, all of that. And, and there's, there's so much of that now. Like it sucks with talking about it but like but but i do like it like for example like with uh with no way home like everybody analyzing and and projecting how much that was going to make and it was literally like okay i'm looking at it to see how much it actually makes you know like i i'm I'm genuinely curious about it what i don't like is all the people that want it to win wanted to win they wanted to beat infinity or they were end game or they wanted to beat avatar or whatever (laughs) and it's like just you, you, you're not getting it and then it's i'm not looking forward to this because i don't think i'm one of the people that you know these opening projections are great for the batman mm-hmm. i personally don't think it's going to hit a billion dollars i don't really i think it's well because the reason is because it, you know because and this is going to be part of the, the goalpost moving with the conversation no way home was a celebration of spider-man in cinema all yeah. the way back to 2002. Yes, it is an MCU movie. Yes, it does absolutely maintain its focus on Tom Holland. But it is a celebration of Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and all of their constituents, you know, like Alfred Molina, Willem Dafoe, everybody else, mm. right? Legacy movie. Exactly. And when you have a legacy movie like that, okay, and I don't know if it's, I don't know how close it is to 2 billion now or whatever. I mean, it's, it, I know it got like 1.8 past... or something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's getting up there. So it's like, okay. And it's a, it's a movie that you can take the family to go see. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't really, it, it's, I know the Batman's PG 13. I don't think you're taking your kids to see that. No, I, I, I know, think I know, man. Joker, Joker broke a billion. Oh, yeah. 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 Joker, that's that's, Joker that's was the one that. Pandemic, though. Yeah. That, it right. was pre pandemic. That was always still the surprise that I was like, but Joker still had that. I think it had that curiosity factor of okay. I, oh, yeah, I think no, we're on agreement that think it got this blown. has a curiosity factor too. Though. Well, that's what I, I was gonna I, say. I I I, <clears throat> I I agree with that, but by the same token, Dave, when I went to go see, I will never forget that I went to see Joker in Birch Run, and there were cops patrolling yes. my theater because mine of too. all mine of too. all the worries about the dangerous incels that were gonna show up at the theater so Rise that, that up and they never yeah came. so so that was so i i really feel like that was part of, it, it's the Could craziest be. it's the craziest bit of like grassroots 
like negative marketing that actually helped that actually heightened the curiosity for people. Like when I see it on nightly news, it's like, Oh, people are worried about the, the worried mm. about the things happening at the theater for Joker. That makes people like, okay, let me see what the fuck this movie is. That they're it all worried that about it. Right? Telecommercial. You cannot see this. You know, the internet will rot your child's mind sort of deal. And it gets people go, Oh, I got to see this movie. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that had though, that was the opening weekend. And then I think after was just, Oh, it's a good movie. And people are curious about it. You start getting this buzz for walking Phoenix. I think Dave's right where you have a buzz about the Batman. It's not the same. It's not the theaters getting shot up, but I think it's just that you have a buzz. The good thing is, and maybe the chat can correct me, but until april 1st which morbius i don't even know how well it's gonna do march is pretty pretty i won't say empty but as far as i think it can really run the month so we talk about legs and even april it's not it's, that it's, stacked it's, right it's empty as far as comic book movies yeah and even sure. just big temple so, there's not like a fast yeah. and furious there's not a mission impossible you well, know it's not, something where you look at june, if you look at something like june it's like boom boom look at november right now the flash and then black panther are a week apart where batman really yeah, yeah, for I, now, exactly. I, 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 don't, I don't think Black Panther is going to stick, but that's a hundred percent. I don't think so either. But as of right now, I have my doubts about Morbius even being that big of a temple movie. Batman, I think, just kind of has the table to run for a while, and I think it will have those legs. And it's, it's, it, it the, the curiosity it still has because I have so many people at work that go, Oh, yeah, I'm not passing, I don't know about him. But people have that sort of, I still want to see it to judge for myself, like, because they just know him, Oh, can the Twilight guy pull it off? Unfortunately yeah. for them, they haven't seen other movies. He will pull it off. He, I think he's going to be great from everything oh, we've seen. Yes. Oh, but yes, I think fantastic. it's I think it's going to have such good word of mouth that it's going to have really I good think plays. Too. I think well, it will hit a billion. I really I think, think it's in a the, perfect The fact spot. that it's a Batman movie alone puts it into that essential viewing category, mm-hmm. um, which which once again that is that is all of the movies that people aren't seeing now are are being focused into movies like like this. So that could even have a boosting effect. But like when I bring up something like Joker, it's not even because it's going to hit a billion for the same reasons so much as it questions like what logic can we bring into what will and will and what won't mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. well. And I think right. that a couple things are true. And one is that it is it is a must see on the big screen vibe, um, partly because it's Batman, partly because it just looks cinematic and the, the trailers are great and loud. Um, and uh, it, And so there's all these factors that are like. It, it must be seen. Also, there's this this weird, um, I don't know the 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 perception and, and reception of of DC where DC movies are theatrically now is is kind of all over the place. People want that like DC movie they can just l- go love without this mm-hmm. like what are they questioning what they're doing or why and and like you watch the Batman trailers and you don't get that like what is this universe what's going on like. How does this connect to whatever? Like that's not a vibe that that people are are giving out for this, and it's, it's something they can just kind of go, go love. Is there's a lot of curiosity around it in that way, and and so I think the biggest thing is like more so than anything else is is the runtime going to be an impediment for the legs? But like, <clears throat> I don't know that this logic totally applies because of the time and place and everything. But like Avatar was like ten minutes shorter, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So. I think like the bottom line is like if if a movie is good, not like getting people talking good or getting a high Rotten Tomatoes score is good, but like genuine, genuinely like quality people feel and feel um, um, edified through the theatrical experience from it. Um, that that 
history has proven that like that kind of thing just will resonate um at the box office um so um i don't know i i would not bet well, against it hitting a billion dollars i would totally understand the things that are an impediment to it mm -hmm. but i i would be probably surprised if it doesn't um although i'll understand if it uh, like yeah it also barring like any like new big case or like shutdowns against stuff like that like because things can change all the time right as of right now they're like okay tickets <clears> on <throat> sale thursday i think and mm -hmm. especially like for well, us here my theater has been open but there's been a couple places like quebec and uh yeah, somewhere else where the theaters it, just they, they are opening again though but all it takes is like for some reason yeah. what was it moonfall said oh yeah we're not showing this movie in canada it's like my theater has been perfectly <laughs> open yeah. but that's why it's like eh, barring something again a big spike or theaters are so weird well, too because like despite you know you've got bars and gyms and, and they and like through contact yeah. tracing they establish like you know it's not contact tracing isn't perfect or 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 prolific completely but like theaters don't even crack the list of super spreader locations like you they haven't yeah no they haven't um and so Dude. and i think because because you look at the the thing and i don't at this point like it it seems like a lot of the the kind of conventional rules people were following and initially don't still apply to the to this in, in, the, in this the states in the states for sure um, they don't apply I and agree. um and and you know stuff like uh like now they're they're pushing like the n95 masks because the cloth masks aren't which people have been wearing the whole time aren't aren't as effective and and people are vaxxed and then they're and then they're saying like omicron might actually help immunity and i don't know i'm not trying to get into i don't know I don't know what the, the case is and I'm not trying to make any claims about what it is. It's just so much as like what the narrative is and where it is. And, and people are understandably scared about theaters, but you compare it to like a sit down restaurant or whatever. And you're not, you're not talking. You're not, right. you're not facing people. Um, you're, you're sitting forward. There's not a huge, you know, you're not interacting directly with people. You're not looking at anybody's face. Um, and, and it's, it's a big room. It's well ventilated. Um, and, uh, and so, and so that's why I think like, even at the height of the pandemic, when stuff was, you know, a lot of theaters were closed down, but even at that time, there were no huge outbreaks linked to theaters in any way. Um, and I think people are, there was a back when, um, when was it like after Christmas, I think when everybody was buying all the rapid tests and they were all like, nobody could find them. Um, I saw a few articles, which who knows, this is all like anecdotal when they do articles like this, but <laughs> I started to get a, there's people started to, um, um, get to a point where they were like, um, I think it's when they started using the term endemic, um, where people were kind of saying like, oh, you know what? I think at this point, like, if we're going to get it, we're going to get it. <clears throat> and mm -hmm. like, so long as the, the at risk population is is taken care of people are like you know what i'm i I'm, I'm healthy i think i'll be fine i'm not gonna avoid it for my entire life i don't need to hide away i think we're past the worst of it and people are kind of at the point where um they they aren't being quite as 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 cautious about everything they want to do so, shit they've had yeah. like two years of yeah yeah well like the cost and... the cost benefit analysis i think is is entirely different yeah. now too because it's like okay the people who are at risk have the vaccine they have the the better mm -hmm. treatments we have it figured out who mm -hmm. am i protecting who am i putting at risk and it's and it's at the point where it's like mm, am i is going to a movie really going to cause me harm or put people i care about at risk at this point 
it's not clear if that it was ever the case with theaters, but especially at this point, I think people are going to be like, you know what, even more so than like with No Way Home, because that was even coming out of the time when like Omicron was kind of on the that rise. Was, at, that, at, was, like, that was before, that was like just like in the, like as the Omicron surge was starting. Yeah. And like really hit hard last month. For yeah, because sure, my yeah. theaters for No Way Home weekend were full, and then come time the Wednesday, they went back to 50%. It was almost like, we're going to make our money as much as we can these next five days, and then next weekend, it was 50%, and it's been 50% ever since. They've never closed again, but now it's back to, you know, if it's a 100-seat yeah. theater, only See, 50 can take it. It's kind of funny, too, because, like, um, last night when I went and saw Moonfall, I was like, I had my mask in my pocket, but I was like, I'm going to see how, how, are they really pushing for this? even though it's required over here. And I just kind of walked in, I walked through the mall, walked into the movie theater, got no pushback. Cause I was like, all right, I guess, are we lifting this? I mean, it's apparently over here, is it's it, supposed is, to lift it, on the 15th. Is, is it because Garcetti said he held his breath when he took his we took? Yeah, the did you hear that? What the <laughs> fuck? I mean, he held his breath when he took a picture. He took a picture with magic with mascot. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I'm telling you, the leaders here, uh, even even yeah. Newsom, when 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 he got busted too, and he was like, "Oh, I was wearing it the whole entire time." And then there's other pictures of him. It's like, dude, yeah. stop. But 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 but, but no, see see, but, but again, so so Travis, the, the discussion that we're having now about box office mm-hmm. is awesome. But yeah. what I'm gonna hate is what i'm gonna hate is when the is is either if it doesn't hit a billion or or if it doesn't reach what no way home did and i hear it's batman batman should make this much easily blah blah blah. i don't want to hear that that i'm not looking forward to that shit you know what's great other people's reception of a movie does not have anything to do with your reception of a movie that's true (laughs) that is true <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't follow. Like, like what is? No, but like, but no, I, but I'm not talking. No, I, it has nothing to do with how I feel about the movie. It has everything to do with I just hate that. I just oh, hate that. Yeah. Mentality. No, no, I do too. That's just that's just the thing that I've had to come to come to terms with. Where I've, I've I, I'm, I'm I'm more saying that in general, not 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 as pointed. But I kind of got to the point where I was like, oh, you know what? Like, it's so easy to get caught up in these debates and everything, mm-hmm. and like. M- it's easy for us to be like, oh, someone else doesn't like something the same way I do. Um, and the second you kind of learn to tune that out, you're like, oh, I'm actually stopping myself from enjoying something by caring too much about whether or not other people are enjoying it or letting oh, me enjoy it. Oh, okay, ironically, and, Stephen, that just brings us back to our feelings on Cad Bane. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm happy. I'm, I'm not trying to stop anybody else from enjoying it or convince anyone else that it's bad. I'm just saying, like, why it, it's not working for right. me. No, yeah. like, I, right, if yeah. you enjoy it, I generally hope that I'm not gonna like make you change your mind on it. Like, my that's not my like. I would I would feel bad if someone's like, I loved it until I heard Stephen talk, and now I hate it. Like that. <laughs> like that's not my goal. Right. I get those I, messages I, every week. <laughs> I remember after, and I won't use any spoilers for people I haven't seen one up. But I remember after I saw No Time to Die, I was like, this might be the best Bond movie ever. And then I did the review with Kirkland. He had some things where it didn't make me like it any less, but I was like, okay, I can see how that's an issue. Seeing this team bringing those yeah. things. I can see why those are an issue for him, but I still loved the shit out of it. You know, it's the same yeah. thing with the Batman. There's been times where it's like, 
it, like in the past and now I don't do anymore where you want you see her tweet and you want to go out I know Ray you, you, you like to get into it sometimes I've For me, been better lately oh you've I, been noticed way better, better lately, lately. <laughs> and, like, and I think it's so I don't know you've probably lately. noticed a good thing and that's why for me too I because I talked about this with Chris Balga who I used to host my alliance with just like it just it, it never works out until you're in an environment like this because you could probably have that same like I said earlier same conversation it's just it's just not worth it. and those people the people that deal in the black and the whites it's not really gonna matter because at the end of the day unless this comes out and it makes like 50 million opening weekend we're gonna get a Batman too whatever you feel about Warner Brothers they're clearly in the Matt Reeves campus they've <laughs> the movie hasn't oh, even come oh, out read, yet and they've been like hey we're gonna do Gotham PD oh, we're read, gonna do read, Penguin read so the like, read some of the interviews with Pattinson he's already talking about what he wants to do for the sequel a hundred percent yeah it's pretty ready to go yeah, yeah. And, oh, oh and that's the thing where we kind of forget that this movie what was supposed to come out originally july of last year i think it was october, july then october uh, was october it yeah, yeah. October, either yeah. way i know he's doing his finishing touches and whatnot but i'm pretty sure reeves has probably been in not sequel mode per se but like thinking of the future mode because the movie's been done the same way uh there was a report come out like oh we might it's just a rumor that Kroll put up but oh we might hear the new bond like come the next few months and everyone's like oh that's really soon no time to die just came out but it's like that movie's been done for like two years like they're yeah. ready to start going for us it's recent because we just got no time to die in october but for them they've been like okay we just made a bomb movie we need to make another no, one so, no time and, to yeah. die was one of the first if not the first massive release yep. date change yeah. that scared the shit out of us really because like, oh, they moved yeah. it like a year back we're like what the fuck? and then fast fold after and it was fast, like holy shit yeah. like fast, fast jumped a year like, well nine. everyone was doing like the few month shuffle that like, we still have yet year. to see maverick what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> oh, and that's God. what's crazy about the batman also is the fact that the and, and I, don't, I don't know what the the truth is but the rumor is that that reeves has a trilogy planned mm -hmm. And you look at how long he took to write it, and also the fact that he's coming off the back of the Apes movies, where um, I suspect that he wishes he had that more mapped out when he started, just because of the delay of finishing Dawn and then having to start from scratch. Like, what do I do next? And so I wouldn't be shocked if he's like, okay, if I'm going to come into Batman from scratch, instead of picking up in the middle of a trilogy like I did with Apes, I want to have this one scripted. Like the the I want the script for this to be perfect but also to have a, at least a framework and then you look at the delays and the fact that they did additional writing during like the delays i've got to imagine that if he doesn't have a a script he's at least got treatments for what he's going to do next. 100 oh yeah, oh, yeah. Right. And, and, oh, and i really I'm feel mean. that like how we had you know nolan when he did the you know one batman then one for himself one Batman one for himself I don't think we're going to get that reprise. I feel like he's in full, like he's producing that Cape Crusader show. He's yeah. having the hand two shows. I think he's in full and like, I'm in Batman mode right now. And I love yeah, that. I'm, yeah. I'm happy that he's like making his own little BCU here. of well, just like, okay, I'm going to have these. And uh, that's I, exciting. He, he, I don't I know about him personally. <laughs> I guess I I, who BCU. even knows Nolan personally because <laughs> he's so professionally distant. Mm -hmm. But um, I can see the appeal to Nolan of feeling like he needs to keep one foot grounded in real cinema. Yeah. Not that he considers Batman not real cinema, but he to him he needs that palette cleanser. Whereas Reeves is way more of a genre guy, and and I think he's he's very cinematically minded also. So that's no way to to say he's like less cinema than mm -hmm. on the Scorsese scale. Just different mindsets. Um, <laughs> but I I can see him 
committing to a universe way more. Now, I think that commitment is going to be entirely different than like most kind of franchise directors where it's still it's still going to be very Nolan-esque in the way that it's like not a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I I see him being way more um, yeah immersed. He's doing the shows. He's doing the animated show. He's um, and uh, and yeah. So I'm I'm really interested to see kind of how I can see him committing to this for like a decade and then being like, cool, I did my thing. Now I'm gonna go do my next thing. And it's not like for the Gotham PD show where it sounds like he just wants a producer credit and he's happy. The rumor was why originally had the the you had that Boardwalk Empire show run that was gonna do it. And all the scuttlebutt was around that, that whatever it is, that they had different visions of the show, right? If he, to me, that's him putting his foot in, like, I want some say on this. I want some input, not just, okay, sure, you're going to do a spinoff. Just have my name on there. Make sure I get a check and I'm happy about that. No, it seems like he's pretty hands-on. And we've heard rumors about other things. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens and just how this grows like if that penguin shows a hit and if that gotham pd shows a hit and we hear these rumors about like a catwoman show just like how big does it get and like is this a guy who does he want to be a james cameron of batman where james cameron's spending you know 10 15 years of his life making avatar does he want to do that and if he does and i like it then cool you know yeah. but I, I i'm very curious but again what back to box office as far as batman you don't gotta worry you're gonna get a batman 2 you yeah. probably get a batman 3 you know right. for the most part it, it, yeah. we're it's just going to be for, okay, for sake, where does it go? Like, even then, if it does have the biggest opening for a Batman movie in the pandemic, that is super impressive. Even if it doesn't hit a billion, that's very impressive. It's the same way as, like, I'm very impressed by Venom 2, the fact that <laughs> it had a bigger opening than Venom 1. Well, it's just like, and it, I th- it tracks to see what people I, are really wanting. I think the cool. context is also very changed, too, in that I realize this is a theatrical exclusive for the, the first 45 days, mm-hmm. but the... WB paradigm shifted drastically during COVID with the with the, the, the simultaneous releases. And I think that that's still valid, even though it's not a, a simultaneous release, um, because um, like the box office discussion with all those movies is hilarious because so few people understood to contextualize it. They talked about like the losses and how much box mm-hmm. office was missed out on, not realizing that like HBO Max is making more yearly than WB has ever made in a single year theatrically. And sure, that's off of that's off of HBO, that's off of TV, that's off of all of these things, but the fact of the matter is it is a guaranteed revenue stream greater than their theatrical total ever was and the Batman is going to be there in 45 days yes. after, do, 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 after do, it releases. Do, do you hear still... what you just said, Suicide Squad haters? Suicide, <laughs> the, the Suicide Squad <laughs> box office people that keep talking about how it was such a bomb. Oh, yeah. Listen to what he just said. Well, no, I mean, they yeah, they sacrificed the 20, 2021 box office at the altar of, of streaming revenue. And and I think it it paid off in a, in a big way. I mean, you look at the fact that HBO Max without like disney plus launched it and it exploded because it had the the ip catalog right yeah the marvel library, pixar right. um, star, wars, star, wars, star wars um if you got I mean, kids you got disney plus for life until yeah, they're exactly. to move out you're, and you're so watching. it was immediately the to number two number three service right uh, and, and it's hard to even count amazon prime in that because so much of like so many amazon prime users don't even use video right and so they're they're just piggybacking off of they have a prime membership because they like overnight shipping um and so the (laughs) fact that the fact that like hbo max grew as fast as it did and as as big as it is 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 such a huge testament to that and sure they're not going back to that but they know okay look batman they don't 
the fact that they're okay with it being three hours, I think there's a, I think Matt Reeves has a lot of creative control and stuff that influenced that. But also they're like, look, people decide to skip out on theaters. They're gonna see it on HBO Max. Like people are gonna see this movie. Yeah, and they're period. paying for it, right? Maybe well, well, they'll wait forty-five days and see it on HBO Max. But the fact is, they will see it, and the, and they right. will get that money, mm-hmm. and they're gonna get a higher percentage of it for the people that see and, it on HBO Max and, and, and the people who see it in theaters. And 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 then they'll watch the Penguin show, the Gotham yeah. Central show, because it's like, okay, if we don't get and, you in the theater, we're gonna get you. Because this is Batman all building a long-term catalog, yeah. and so the the more that catalog yeah. snowballs, the more valuable HBO Max is, even if it's not an original, even if it's not a simultaneous release. That all rolls into HBO Max eventually, even if it is a theatrically released movie. So right, yeah. And, well, and, and Matt Reeves, he even said he's embracing that. The fact that he mm-hmm. can do these spinoffs, and I think he even said in a recent interview, he was like, "Yeah, you could do something. It's like it's you can flesh out these characters. You can make it like a novel, and that's what he's trying to do. It's like you know, we're probably going to get an announcement of a Catwoman spinoff series too. They're just going to wait till after, I think. Yeah, Gotham City PD is most likely like Pattinson's going to be part of that. I mean, we already heard that he's a part of HBO Max when it comes to other original products. I I hope they finally because my issue with Gotham, I hope that with the the GCPD show. They actually do what they did with the Rucka and who was the there was Gotham Central and GCPD were the two comic runs, um, but I loved those because it was actually a cop show where like they would yeah. get to the scene <laughs> just like, as, like Batman's <laughs> Batman's cape was like disappearing around the corner or Batman yeah. and Robin had like tied the guys up and then it picks up at that moment in the crime scene, and, and so have Pattinson talk to Gordon or Gordon. whatever on the rooftop. And then, um, and then, so maybe he has a cameo here and there, but then it's not following Pattinson's plot line. It's exactly. following, okay, after Batman leaves the scene, then what happens? Yes. Like, that's really cool. Right. Well, yes. When that show was that. announced, I was like, eh, I just don't know if Pat, like, I know Pat wants to be Batman. It's like, could you even get him an appearance? But what's made, like, deliberately clear in this press tour that this dude is a fucking huge Batman fan. Like, this guy's being yeah. like, oh, yeah, one of my inspirations that? for this oh. movie is Mask of the Phantasm. And you're like, oh, oh yeah. Just, like, oh, the fact that he dropped the name of that and, yes. like, there wasn't a bigger outcry. Like, I saw that and I was like, whoa, who has yeah. ever done that before? I, I couldn't well, believe I it. Was, about it. Yeah, it was so under the radar. Like, Mask Phantasm is, like, the hipster, like, that's the fucking Batman movie. Dude. And I, yeah. I love it. But, like, and Bale, he's my favorite Batman. I don't know if he could tell you about Mask of the Phantasm. This is a guy who, yeah, and this, yeah, like, but this is a guy who's made it clear, like, he literally said, I didn't play Batman, I was Batman on the set. He's like Keaton, like, 30 years ago, but even more so. So the fact now I can believe, oh, he would come to Gotham PD to make an appearance. I don't. He loves this. And I don't know enough about Pattinson personally, like, who even does, because he's such, like, a a deflective in his interviews and stuff about, like, but... I very much get the impression that he like did the Twilight stuff and then he went off into this indie stuff and he's like very much an artist and very much a performer and loves performance and stuff. But also I very much get the sense that he's like, okay, I did my, my like heart throb, mm-hmm. make a name for myself. Yeah. And, become that a brand, en- yeah. and that enabled me to then go do this artistic stuff that I love. Oh, yes. And he's like, now I get to do what I want to do. Yes. And he this did- is, <laughs> He did what McConaughey wished he did like a lot earlier on. Remember McConaughey yeah. did that later on as far as he got away from rom-coms? And McConaughey, I, I always yeah. talk about McConaughey. If you look at his IMDb, you look at his filmography, when he turned 40, he went, all right, 
I'm going to be doing some serious shit yeah. now. And I don't, Patterson, I'm not going to do the heart rock. Uh, Patterson did that in his yeah. early 20s. Uh-huh. He was smart where uh-huh. he got the Twilight uh-huh. money. Uh-huh. When, when, <laughs> when you look at as his. As soon as he turned 40, all of a sudden you go, oh, wow, look at that. Look at yeah. look at his filmography when he turned 40. Holy shit. And How like, the fuck else would you do this job? And like Cocaine Steven and hookers, said, my like, friend. Patterson, he has a, like a, you know, I don't know, a reputation of being kind of like a weird cat, but he's in a reputation of like a big spender, all this stuff. So he made his Twilight money. He's having fun in his, his career. And now it's like he kind of gets to tiptoe back in the bid budget thing, but it's not for something like Twilight that's kind of tongue in cheek that people are going to bug you about. It's this, you know, arguably one of the biggest Batman. fictional yeah. character of all well, time. Well, and now and, it's and, like. And he's got the footing in indies that he needs that if he's like you know what i want to go do a small thing he he's he can go do that again well look at his next movies do with bong joon ho like he's gonna do like the guy who just won best picture a few years ago he's about to star in a movie and also people don't talk about it enough but back in the the twilight commentary back when he was cast as as batman there was that whole thing going around where he like was he was doing a whole batman voice during that i mean it's clear that like and of course that was a bit of a meme like at the time yeah Yeah. but yeah he he asked his agent every day while they were casting for the batman like hey you got any updates like he he's made it's clear that he yeah and his agents were like i thought you like playing freaks he's like uh he is a freak freak. i I think he's also prepared for the fact that you know yes so many people know him as edward and mm-hmm. he, it, it, people know him as Edward. People know him as Cedric Diggory, right? People know him from the Lighthouse, like whatever. Like, there is a general audience perception of him already. After March fourth, he's Batman for the rest of his life. Oh yeah, for the yeah. rest there, of his there, life. There's gonna be like my kids will grow up, and like see your kids will grow up. They'll see past, and like, oh, he did like a a vampire movie before. Because I did the same thing with my like actors in my generation of like. Oh, he was this before? Like Val Kilmer yeah. wasn't top secret. Keaton was like, Mr. Mom? Yeah, Why? exactly. But when I grew up, I just saw Keaton first as Batman. Yeah, and then everything yeah. else was prior to because it was eighty nine and I was born ninety three. So it's Dude, like oh when still, I people still called Keaton Batman and he was Vulture in Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah. 100%. He was on the press he was on the press tour saying I'm Batman. Promoting like a Spider-Man movie, and that's a good thing for both Passon and even Kirsten Stewart that that those movies could have just defined them forever. Those Twilight movies, but they both steered away, and she's like creating a good resume for herself. Yeah. He's about to be Batman, <laughs> and it's it's all in the past. And, and I think the good thing is the Twilight thing probably has prepared him for a lot of this mainstream press tour things like this, and like oh, yeah. he's trained where someone you know probably like Bale, sure he was in some movies, but Batman was the first like, hey, well, you're the guy now. This and is, he knows what he's getting into. Also, yes, that's so. The- Point, yeah. So when he, when he like uh, that, I don't. Know, I'm sure Affleck had an idea what he was getting into, also because <laughs> Ben Affleck. Not but, exactly, but yes. <laughs> yeah, but um, in in that in that same way, like when he when he can't get out of the Batman shadow, mm-hmm. and and he, he's he's he was cognizant of that. I think going because he was Edward, so he's not gonna yeah. he's not gonna be. You know, interviewing for a different movie in a couple of years, where they ask about Batman and be like, "Where did this come from?" He gets it; like he knows he's exactly been in the what he's signing before. up for. He's yeah. been in that. Well, like well, you're I, in five movies, you're gonna get asked the same question over again. But like even now, he did some Twitter thing where they invite some like football player to like a press screen or something. But like he's all like jolly and happy. But I'm like, oh my god! Like Robert Pattinson back. Like he's doing the whole machine thing where it's like you got surprises come for batman march 4th it's like this is weird like four years ago he was like the quiet guy who was weird at the oscars you know but now he's back yeah. to like oh you're 27 you know how this goes so 
Well, and, and that just makes it even better that he's enjoying this, that like this yes. is something that he wants to sink his teeth into. So he will legitimately enjoy talking about it. He's not going to get to Harrison Ford level, you don't think. Oh, I can't, I can't <laughs> wait for those press junkets with Pattinson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's going to have some fun. Oh yeah, yeah, no, they're gonna be they're gonna be tons of fun. I, that's one of my favorite pictures though of the the cast, but do their press junket and it's uh, Zoe Kravitz, it's him, and it's Colin Farrell, and they're all dressed in black. They're like doing like smolder looking in the camera, and then you pan over to Paul Dano, he's just like has like the nice like church boy <laughs> smile. Like it's just like it's, yeah. it's so good. And shout out to that Riddler theme that dropped this week because oh, I, I am just dying so for that good. whole soundtrack. It just he, he, he Michael so Mike, Michael Giacchino, which we we, we established that a uh, <laughs> couple episodes ago, Travis. That his, his, his Stephen found this out. Michael Giacchino. Michael Giacchino. Well, Michael if you Giacchino. go to his Twitter, yes. if you go to his Twitter, he tells you how to say his name. Yeah, I realized that the like not, we, not too long ago. Because we were all saying it wrong. It out yeah, I've it. been saying Giacchino forever. Yeah, yeah I've heard it said five you different know. ways. It's like how we fought about Gal Gadot, Gadot. There's no yeah. T in it. Like, and people, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. No, yeah that was great yeah. stuff this week. Dude, but. the Riddler theme is like haunting. It, like, it's creepy you're just as hell. Going, like, what the perfect. fuck? Like, when I listened to it the first time, and I'll probably listen to it after we're done with the stream, I'm like, because I still have the fucking tab open. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm like, whole, when I listened to it, and I listened to it probably about, I don't know, six times last night, it was just like, wow. I mean, this, this, there's just something unique about this where it sounds like um, it's creepy, of course, and it, but, but it just, you wouldn't think of a Riddler theme like this. I mean, that's what I'm loving about this interpretation of the Riddler is the fact that it's like he's full of riddles, riddles but he's the Zodiac killer, oh, yeah. essentially. You know, it's that, that's what I'm fucking loving about this. You know, some people are hating it because it's like, oh, he looks like uh, he looks like uh, the whatchamacallit dude from, uh, you know, from uh, Ray's uh, poster right there. Pulp Fiction. What do they call oh, the that? Game. Guy? The, the game. game. The yeah, game. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, he looks like that guy. I'm like, fuck off. Well, Come I mean, on. Because it, it, it's not the, the green suit with the question marks and the bowler and the cane. It's that. not that it's not that, you know, they they it, it, it's gatekeeping. You know, this yeah. classic, it's, you know, it's like it's gatekeeping. whatever well, your also, classical conception of it is, is what you want to what you want to see. They also don't necessarily. I mean, look at like, you know, Bane you know was a was a change or or you know I mean, scarecrow was relatively similar but i mean you get all these, these, but these still, characters and, the, the and there's a reaction to the change and then before you know it it's the like expected you know it becomes part of the can and i'm sure we're going to get comics where riddler takes a, a look more like this oh yeah um, oh, oh yeah. sure oh, yeah, you yes. know it's gonna you know in the same way that like nightmare batman look is like no longer well, just Snyder's now. I mean, it shows up in a now it's man. part of All the right, fucking comic right. book canon. But yeah. you know what's what's great about it? You know what I love about the Riddler look is like he's got the the jacket and the mask and everything, but he still has to put still on glasses. his glasses <laughs> right so, on on top of it. It's so one of his goons beautiful. needs to be like, hey, like I know you can't see, but like for this crime part, you should probably get some contact lenses. Like, so imagine if those glasses fall off while you're hunting Batman, you're gonna be <laughs> fucked. But yeah, it just completes the outfit. So, just so, so have have we have we watched the the the, the clip. The funeral of yeah, course the funeral clip is i can't still, i well, can't beautiful. avoid it i, well, I haven't watched all the so tv beautiful. spots but i have well, been it's tough well because okay. well because well, because and, and reeves does reeves is not helping because originally oh, yeah. when that clip 
I don't know what part of marketing like overseas the clip was originally part of, but it was clearly part of something because it had like the, the, the end, like the title card at the end, like in theaters, March 4th, that type of deal. But like yeah. it was in low res mm-hmm. all over yeah, the place. And and then yeah. earlier this week, Reeves is like, uh, here's the 4k, here's the 4K version. 4K. If you haven't seen it, it's like, Oh, he's like, a significant well, other sexting you and you know, they're on vacation for like a month. Like <laughs> I can't do anything. You're not here for another four weeks. And he's like, yeah, but look at this great picture of Riddler. Oh my like, God. Okay. Yeah, I guess yeah. I'm waiting for four months, but I got some, I just, I just love, on. I love that. We haven't seen Paul Daniels full on face. Yeah. And that's why like, I wonder, do you guys think it's scarred at all? Or do you think they're just having fun with that? Cause I feel like I'm not know. saying it's going to be like a big question mark. Some, but They've just been so deliberate with it. I feel like there's He's gonna got a big be question mark scar on his face. Yeah, there's gonna be, be something. So cool. I I don't know. It just <laughs> but even then, even if it's not, it has the great mystique as if you like obviously everyone makes this comparison, right, to seven. But if you look at seven John Doe, they hit his face for that whole movie. But then when you get to him, there's nothing wrong with Kevin Spacey's face. Yeah, I, I, it, yeah. Well, it makes and, it and, makes and, him scarier. Yes. And, and Paul Dano not to disrespect him, but he can look creepy enough on his own without you having yeah. to scar his face. <laughs> right. And it's like, also his so. acting. He can portray that too of like, I just watched right. prisoners again this week and oh that's phenomenal. God. And I got a kick out of, it's just so weird that at one point in the movie, he's walking a dog and he's singing the, uh, Batman smells Robin laid an egg thing. And it's just so funny. Like he's singing that. And then where we are years later and he's about to play Riddler. I, I had like, that same fit. Cause I just, I watched prisoners for the first time a couple months ago, oh. uh, because I, I was doing this thing for, uh, my Patreon mm. were like before Dune, I wanted to get caught up on all of Denny Villeneuve's like, yeah. theatrical releases. And I hadn't seen Sicario enemy or prisoners. So I watched all of those before Dune came out, and yeah, Prisoner that that is that was a crazy moment in Prisoner. And the yeah, other when weird, he literally it, it, when he's walking his dog, yeah. Even Hugh Jackman says, "Enough with the fucking riddles." You're just like this guy, right? <laughs> right? Like he was prepping to for and, Batman. But, but, but then on top of that, it's like you look at that movie now, and it's like, okay, so this movie is Wolverine, Riddler, Amanda Waller, Mysterio, yeah, first roadie. Not, yeah. not, not second, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you know, Next those time, fucking baby. kids are going to be like <laughs> Iron Man juniors in the future too, you know? So at some point, but prisoners is fantastic. He like, oh, yeah. people so, don't talk about Hugh Jackman enough in that movie either. He's such a powerhouse. It's, it's a hard movie to like, it's a hard yeah. watch. Oh yeah. So, it's it's not one of those movies watch. you just put on. It's very you good. And I really, it's one of those ones that like, I've seen it once and I, and I, would love to rewatch it, but it's just so. It's like, tough. Oh yeah. When do you it's pop tough. that one? Especially if you're a parent. Did yeah. you? I was gonna say, yeah. Steve, oh, did you yeah. see before or after you had kids? Um, you know what? I don't remember. I either my my son was either a baby or mm-hmm. we knew he was on the way. Yeah. So I was definitely had that had that context that yeah it's difficult to watch if you're a parent this was the first time i'd watched it as a parent it is that like every fear you think about and every such but that's what's so good about the movie is like every character's motivations make complete sense for they set them up but like there's 15 minutes of their normal but they still give you enough of how they would act and then as like they all precede the events it all sets up and it's so good and yeah it's just such uh Love yeah. that movie. That's so very much. well constructed. Yeah, Prisoners is a very well constructed film, and when you, right there, man. And and, and when you have that, when you was, and I, I'm now remembering David Dismouch and Polka Dot Man is yes! in, is in that movie yeah. too. For yeah, a second. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know, like, but when you assemble, because that was the other thing that that blew me away when I started watching the movie. Like, I knew about Jackman, I knew about Hall, but then it's like, 
Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Terrence, Terrence, what? Okay. And I'm like, okay, well, they're probably in the movie for five minutes. No, they were in the whole movie. It's like, okay. All right. And then like Melissa Leo, who's like, I already didn't like her in the fighter. And now I really hated her in the, in, in prisoners. It's like, yeah. oh, it did just, uh, but like, no, it's, it's, it's not my favorite Villeneuve movie. And it, I kind of put it in the same yeah. category as like seven and like Schindler's list where it's mm-hmm. like, I've yeah. seen them once. And at some point I'll watch it again. I'm not in a hurry. Yeah, you have, because, to be, you have to be. You have to be in a certain mood to watch that movie. You really again. do. Unlike, unlike like Arrival, which I think is my favorite Vunev Nunev movie, is just because. I mean, it was funny too because when I was watching Moonfall <laughs> last night, I went, "God damn, I could only imagine what this could be in the right hands." <laughs> you know, like, and I'm like. Oh man, if Denny did this, oh, it would be so magical. Oh, but man. we have Roland Emmerich. It's fine. It's cool. He's trying to do something here, but whatever. Yeah, uh, with, with the name, the I my favorite movie is it, honestly. It's that kind of whatever day it is. I don't have a bullet point like with Nolan. I know it's like the Dark Knight, and if you say, "Hey, take out Batman," I go, "Okay, it's Inception." With Denny, it's like I can have a case for Blade Runner. I can have a case for Prisoners. I can have a case for Dune. I can have a case for Arrival. Like those are the four that kind of I jump love enemy. Well, because enemies, because he's not someone. Enemies, enemies, rough for me to watch because I'm kind of arachnophobic. Anyways, okay, <laughs> well, I get that. And yeah. I, Nolan is Nolan is similar. Where I, I'm not. I I think it's a, it's fair to say like you know obviously Dark Knight and. And then, um, you know, people love Interstellar or yes. whatever. But I think Nolan and, and, and Villeneuve and a lot of these these uh, cinema directors um, with like cinema, capital C, um, they <laughs> what you get, they, like they don't iterate on like they don't. It's hard to rank their movies because they don't have a their movies don't fit into a list mm-hmm. um, where like you can't you can't line up at any i mean maybe like dune and and blade runner you could line up for for denny um or you know obviously like some of nolan's you could do that also but like like when you're talking about nolan man inception is so good and and interstellar is so good but like prestige is like almost prestige a perfect movie a perfect like, but how do you how do you yeah. compare prestige to to dunkirk. inception or dunkirk like these they're all right. totally it, my my preference on them has nothing to do with like comparing them against each other so much mm-hmm. as just like what vibes with me the most and what it, day it, of the week it is. It's and, even difficult comparing any of those to Tenet, truthfully. Yeah. Like they they're all very different. Yeah, even though Inception and Tenet kind of fit yeah, in, they're, they're, they're coming they're, in that family. I think, tree, I think yeah. Tenet suffers a lot because people compare it to Tenet and they want to do the whole deconstructing it in the same way they do oh, Tenet, but it's it's or they do Inception. Inception, right? Yeah. Um, but it's it, it is also totally different like even like plot structure and etc and i think that there's a people like to fit things into boxes so that they can they can they can say like oh this i put this in this box and now i can compare it to everything in the box and the, well, hollywood think, does well hollywood does that yeah Ho- hollywood like that's that's one of the things that they told us back in film school was like when you like craft a pitch to like any of these studios, like you have to tell them what your pit, what movie is your pitch going to be like? And always like pick a successful one, not yeah. a, you know, cult classic. Yeah. Always pick the one that made a lot or, of money. Cause they go, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I or right. like, you know, or Scorsese gets, gets that a lot. Cause he did so many gangster movies. Everyone's like, Oh, he just does gangster movies, but he does, you know, so many other stuff that people just aren't, aren't familiar of. He just, unlike Shutter Island, unlike Driver, 
Everyone's yeah. talking about Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, which I, mean, I love, but Andrew Garfield gave this phenomenal performance in silence that no one even Last Temptation Nobody about even Christ. talked about. Nobody yeah. talked about that movie. Uh, so no, it, it's like Martin Spurs says he made yep. a movie that didn't even exist. And like him, Adam Driver, even Liam Neeson, like they're phenomenal at movie. And it just... Uh, it came and went, and it had its time. But you know, when he did the Irishman, well, I was like, oh, well. And you, you know. and you get that from these big guys too. I mean, look at like Ridley Scott is another good example of like people know him. People think of like Blade Runner and Alien. I mean, he made mm -hmm. those forty years ago. Yeah. Um, but you look at like his actual filmography, and even just this year, we got last duel. We got the last duel, and we nobody got, talked about that movie. No. Um, and we got yeah, and, and Gucci, and like, how do you? How do you put those in a box? And then he did The Martian, which not only is like is is different from other recent stuff he's done, but you can't even compare it to the other sci-fi he's done. It almost no, doesn't. You can't. It's, it it's, almost doesn't even feel like a, a Ridley Scott movie. I mean, the fact that like Ridley Scott did a script, the Drew Goddard wrote that, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, well, it, yeah. I thought it was because I thought it was when Drew Goddard was just like the name in town that he was just pumping out like hit after hit, and that's when wasn't he talked about for Simpsons Six too? I'm point like, oh, he's gonna be Drew, the guy. Yeah. Drew Goddard adapted yeah. the Mar because the Martians in, as a right. Andy, right. Andy, Andy I, Weir wrote the original story. I could be wrong. I thought his name was on it, but um, but I mean, regardless, the the fact that like even when Ridley Scott does a movie that fits into the wheelhouse of like what you would expect from Ridley Scott, it's totally doesn't, you can't put that in the same box as Prometheus, mm -hmm. right? You can't like, um, right. And Prometheus, Alien, Blade Runner, even no, Prometheus it doesn't fit. and Alien Covenant are so, like, so very different, but it is yeah. a sequel to Prometheus and like, it is like, you got David running around and stuff like that. And it's, it is very different, which is like, that's what I love about Ridley Scott, but also it scares you. Cause I feel like, not that he has misses, but you never know. Like it's for me, he's not consistent he, as far as my quality because there's stuff I absolutely love, and then there's stuff that like he, Alien Covenant. I won't say I despise that movie, but I had a very um not a great time watching well, that. And movie. it's, it's it also was, hard you know, because he and I love Prometheus more so than the other directors we're talking about, where they do different things. I think what's hard for him is that he does a little bit more franchise stuff, and will do you know he does multiple Alien movies, and the biggest knock against like Prometheus or or Alien Covenant is how do you approach it fresh or evaluate it as anything other I mean, than a component of the franchise that it's a part of and that's that's a kind of a disservice to both of those movies and and, and because, also on and on top of that like fair to him or not it's always kind of this unwritten rule that like that became a franchise with Cameron's movie not necessarily yeah. with his mm, right right because that's so because I mean well, it started with Ridley's, but everybody yeah. consistently game over, man, game yeah. over. Everybody I think, references I, I think, the second one first. I think to me, Alien Covenant was more of a studio. Like, hey, you you have to have oh. the fucking Xenomorph. You have to have yeah, the Alien. Yeah. Alien it was the, very much Ridley saying, like, okay, how do I do the things that I wanted to do in a Prometheus sequel while packaging it in the movie the studio wants to be a yeah. sequel to well, Aliens? Well, look at yeah. just the whole segment of Dave and I forget the other robot's name, and this is my spoilers for the movie, but it's them having this conversation, and then they're playing a flute, and they're yeah. kissing each other. And I remember my theater, people were fucking <laughs> laughing during this thing. It was not supposed to be a funny scene, but people are yeah. laughing at this, and that's where it's like, this does not fit at all as far as the trailers, this, oh, alien adventure, you're shooting them up, you're running, but then it's like, okay, we're going to take 15 minutes for this robot to have a crisis with himself, another robot, and they just they just clash. And I feel like, I even feel like Gucci does that too, where it clashes with itself. I, I agree does. with everyone that 
Duel should be getting all the kind of Duel awards. Duel was a but, better movie. Yeah, Duel but I agree with people too. Duel where King. I think that's just timing. Where people going back to the movies did not want to watch a sexual assault drama. They just that's not what that's they're the going. Thing. For. That's yes. the thing. It's funny too because I talked about that with uh, Scott <laughs> before one of our Batman streams. I was like, I finally watched Last Duel because I like had like a Thursday where I was like, I'm gonna have a Ben Affleck night. I'm gonna watch Last Duel. I'm gonna watch Tinder Bar. Both fantastic movies. Everybody should watch the Tinder Bar. It's really great. Yeah. Um, but you know, of course, when it came to Last Duel, you know, he's not like the main character. But take off your man. When you watch that movie, it's like, yep, that's one of those movies that we've talked about where you go, yep, I well, don't see me watching it again anytime soon. Yeah. Well, I, I, I haven't seen I haven't yeah. seen it yet because I haven't like I. It's on the lit. It's a, I want to see it, but I'm not necessarily. See it, but it's not it's, it's weird because the subject matter is like feels like such a barrier, and then it turned out that like the hardest thing to watch in the movie, not that not that like the assault stuff was like a, a cakewalk by any stretch, but I think it's handled well, well in terms of like presentation and and the way it's directed, but yes. also it's it's not the the hardest pill to swallow of like what's in there there's other there's other stuff that that is presented oh, yeah. that is way harder to kind of grapple with the, the the main thing of why this whole story exists is the hardest pill to swallow but everything else kind of goes like oh, okay cool and i like the, st the structure of the story you're oh, yeah. seeing different perspectives of like the yeah, different that's characters great, yeah it's really great like how he structures the story oh yeah, yeah. and Speaking like it's not even big spoilers just the way they frame driver's story compared to her story you know and it's yeah. just yeah it's such a good dynamic there but it's, and then you uh, got yeah. matt damon's story and it's just yeah oh, you yeah. have like yeah it's really great i love i always love that that's like i always say like like when tarantino likes to do that a lot i mean when you watch jackie brown which is his underrated fucking movie when you see like the final act and how that all plays out, you get the different perspectives from this whole little heist thing that's happening. Yeah. Oh, Reservoir know? Dogs. The, 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 oh, Reservoir Dogs. Same thing. Reservoir yeah. Dogs is, is very yeah, but but I but Reservoir Dogs still gets way more respect than Jackie Brown does, which is a, which is a crime because um, Jackie yeah. Brown is and and what he's taught like the because it, I guess technically it is a heist, but it, it's a heist plus a con. Yeah, like at the same yeah. time in like yeah. the whole the whole mall switch out thing, but like, uh, but, yeah. Well, and oh, the last thing I was just gonna say, the last duel too, is just I feel like it's the same way I am with any movie that pitches about like, oh, it's gonna be like about COVID or it's gonna be about this. I'm not really interested in it, and I feel like especially these last few years, like when Me Too happened, that's been so much in the media, and that topic rightly so should be talked about. But I think that also has a lot of people going, oh, I hear about it so much. I don't know if I want to take three, whatever, yes. two and a half hours of this topic that is heavy. I do have to deal with it. And it's just, and it's, I just think it's more people that I, I'd love to see streaming number of stuff because I feel like that is that quintessential. I'll watch it at a home movie. I'll watch the, it at home. The, I'll the, wait yeah. for it. There, you know? There is definitely a, a sentiment of people, especially in the last couple of years, looking to movies for pure escapism more than and, and they don't more than really, ever now more yeah. than well i mean it was already bad enough i mean if you want to get back to like the snyder stuff mm -hmm. this whole idea of i don't want to see real life depicted in my movies yeah. i just want to see my superheroes blow shit up with heat vision and fly with capes and That's then it. not and then not question whether or not they should have used their heat vision or blown stuff right. up in the first right. place yeah right exactly right, it, it, right. Um, exactly yeah Speaking of um, being on an Affleck kick, um, 
because uh, I also watched Last Duel and then Tender Bar, and then I wrote a piece where I broke down every single Rotten Tomatoes score of his acting appearances. And and it highlighted a bunch of stuff of his that I'd never seen. And also because he had these huge, like, really rough dry spots where it's like, oh, man, I imagine why I can understand why his life is in, like, these swings. Um, But um, as a result, ended up... um, you wrote about surviving Christmas. <laughs> I mean, I, I it was I, referenced, I, I, but I, I, I was like, did, "Did you finally watch Reindeer Games?" Oh, it's, it's, hey, um, don't get on Reindeer Games, man! Changing, changing lanes, changing lanes, oh, yeah, um, with, changing with, lanes, with Sam yes. Jack. Yeah, yes, man, that movie goes hard. Like, yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. Yes, well, cha- it cha- does. changing um, lanes is good. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, I, I. And then also, didn't he play a Jack Ryan? Right. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yes, yeah. the sum of all failures. Him, him and Morgan Freeman. Yep. Yes. Yeah, he played a Jack Ryan at one point, too. Yeah. Everybody forgets about that. He's like, yeah, he once played Jack Ryan at one point. I was like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that movie called? I can't the remember. Sum of all fears. Sum of all fears. There it is. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Apple had a pretty prolific <laughs> like, career. He well, really, yeah. I, I, it's I, insane. He's been in, he's been in 50, he's, he's performed in 50 movies. Um, and, uh, he's averaging like about three, um, oh, what was it? Or two, about almost two movies a year, um, more than two movies a year for his whole career. But through the, from like 2000 until like 2010, he was in literally for like seven years in a row. He was in three movies every year what, what and the, never cracked over like 58%. What was the first, what was the first Affleck movie you saw? Armageddon. I, 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 yep, that was mine too. First, mine first was Mallrats. Mine was Mallrats. Okay. I didn't see Mallrats until I did my I, my Kevin Smith binge in 2020. Yeah. Same. I saw I saw Chasing Amy before I saw Mallrats. But then, but then <laughs> again, but then again, like I was telling John when we were one on one, technically it was Buffy the Vampire Slayer because mm, he yeah. does have a role as a basketball player in high school That's in true. that movie. It's, so yeah. I would say technically it was that. It's movie. actually crazy. Um, with uh, it's not Chasing Amy. It's um uh what's the one with where he's got the daughter um jersey girl, jersey girl. Uh, jersey girl yeah. um underrated watching, movie by the it's, way it's it's very good but what's insane to me is seeing how much he's grown and matured as a performer part of which is that his his um his average i saw in the breakdown that i did increased significantly once he started uh directing mm-hmm. um yeah. that he became a better actor when he started directing but then you watch like watch watch an emotional scene in I guess in, in chasing Amy, but also like when he, when he's crying, he has a scene where he like has a monologue and he cries in, um, in Jersey girl and compare that to like the way back. And it's like, wow, I can't believe this is even the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. In, in like the, in the emotion well, uh, it's, I think part of it's the writing. Kevin Smith is a great writer, but I don't know if he's great for like an emotional monologue compared to, yeah, he's, uh, he's like, great for dick jokes. The, and uh, the, 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 the directing thing is really intriguing though, because like, I remember when the town, first came out and like you look at the trailers it's like okay this looks like it could be good but it's Affleck how how good of a crime heist movie could this really right. be and then you watch it and you're like son of a bitch that yeah I still really think I, I think that's, I think it's better than Argo to be honest that's, yes, yeah, I, yes. Argo, Argo is also fantastic but yeah. I think the town I think is, the town's well, better yes, that's the best movie yeah, the yeah. town. The town is great. I think Argo has a is more academy friendly. Yeah, uh, just because oh, it's got yeah. that balls. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's yes. got that I'm, prestige. Yeah, I'm excited that I hope he gets back to like I want him to do another one soon. You know, like obviously uh, yeah, that was the most. And... I'm okay with him moving away from franchise stuff, but him no. saying that he's like not interested I in um, to, to direct right he's gonna take a break from directing until ah. until his kids are out of college i'm like i i hope he catches he does something small that he can shoot yeah you know like yeah, yeah. i don't want to or even just writing i mean he, he's got stuff atta- he's attached to um well last uh, duel. Well, he wrote last duel yeah yeah, yeah with, but he was also nothing. he had a, a what was it the last not the, was it the last juror or it was like a grisham or it sounded it was like a grisham's type title um that know. he was announced to direct he was because um, it was for Disney, wasn't or it? That or that McDonald's some... movie. The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I'm. I, when I, I didn't hear about that kids in college quote, that sucks. But also, does, do does anybody else to, like yeah. Live by Night? Because I, yes, liked, I, I liked tried it. I did enough. Yeah. I tried to rewatch it uh, recently because I'm on the athletic kick, um, and it there's there's a lot to like about cool. it, but it just doesn't quite the whole it's movie just missing something that the it's not perfect. Yeah. Something, yeah. there's like something it's, that it's, it just yeah I, visually I it's his most ambitious for sure mm-hmm. yeah i think ben affleck in a fedora to me kind of defines the movie where it's like there's just <laughs> something not yeah. quite yeah. i wonder if it would have like, been better if he wasn't in that and, role and, you know and it's, like, and, i think and so and, and it's kind of like and maybe gone it worked and, that casey was in that role versus and, him yeah. and it's unfortunate that we yeah. that, that that that's that hair it's the same <laughs> hair he had in the damn reshoots. Yeah. So, because he had just finished it. But you know who else, who was really good in that movie, though? Chris Messina. Really like Chris Messina in Living oh, yeah. Night. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's always good. He's always good. Well, it's funny. The fir- first thing I saw him in was the newsroom. And mm-hmm. his. Ca- have you seen the newsroom, Dave? Yeah, I've seen the newsroom. So, yeah. like, I, I love how his character in the first season you hate him, in the second season you tolerate him, and in the third season you like him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a really weird thing that his character does throughout that's, the three seasons good, of the that's show. That's good character development right there. That's yeah. for damn sure. Now, he's always been like, uh, I think the first time I saw him, wasn't he also in the town? Uh, no. Was he the no. cop? Is he one of the cops? No, no, no. I don't no. think that, so. That was him. That was him. That what sounds... fucking movie was he a cop in? Damn it. I can't remember. What he was a cop, was he a cop in some kind of movie. Hmm. He was a cop in some kind of movie if so many IMDb's it. But I was like, he was a cop somewhere. I saw. I'm looking at right now. He had to be. A, ah, I could have sworn. You're not thinking he House like, of Cards when he was like the bodyguard for Fred, Birds of Prey. Birds. Yeah, no, he was. He was, he was, was that. We know he was. Uh, Zaz, right, he yeah. wasn't. He was an Argo. He was. Uh, he was an Argo. I know that, but yeah. I thought he was a cop. He was a cop in some fucking movie. Was he an accountant? Mm, no, I he still look like. I still it, haven't though. seen the accountant. What? Oh, they play it on TNT it, like every fucking week. <laughs> yeah, but who wants to watch it edited? No, I did. Know. You watch Sharp Objects, Dave? No, I did not. He was a detective in that. Oh, there God you go. damn it! Was that the Amy Adams show? Yeah. There was a movie yeah. that he was a cop, and I Devil, like, where they're stuck in the elevator. Okay, Devil. I remember Devil. Yeah, that was a good movie because that was when everyone M. hated Shyamalan, Shyamalan at that point, and everyone. M Night Shyamalan produced that. He didn't like. Yeah, he didn't. But it was just I. I remember. I can't remember what it was. There was some urban Hollywood myth of like the the first. It was shown during some big movie, and his name popped up, and like the entire crowd like booed and stuff. And it was like it was some article was like written at the height of like. You know what? It probably was Devil. I think it was Devil. To be honest, (laughs) that was the fun. Yeah. Oh, he was in Palo Alto, man. Nah, no. no. Oh I man, he was, he was in Rounders. 
Rounder. Who is he in Rounders? Fuck, He's been yeah. around for a long time. Um, Higgins. Higgins? I don't even know who that is. That's his movie. first credit, too. It's you just funny that, that's yeah, his, that, that he's was, done, he's done so much work with Affleck when he... I wonder if that was the connection was... Oh, was uh, yeah. was 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 uh, Damon? Yeah, dude, Damon. he was in You've Got Mail. <laughs> yeah, as Fox. No, but like, <laughs> no, it was it was Devil. It was Devil. He was the main dude. And he was like one of the main dudes in Devil. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. But what did he? Yeah, Detective Bowden. That's what. Yeah, there okay, there go. it is. Devil, Devil. Okay. Who would have thought Devil would have came up tonight? Four and a half hours in, we're talking about <laughs> the M Night Shyamalan produced Devil. I was gonna say four and a half hours in. I was gonna try to. To, I, I know I did the Affleck pivot already, but when we were talking about like Ridley Scott, actually, no, back when we were talking about Matt Reeves, there's multiple times I was going to pivot into this that I feel like we have to talk about it before it ends. Um, and so I'm just going to forget the creative segue. There's multiple places I could have done it, fill in the blank. Um, <laughs> Zack Snyder is directing part one and two of, oh, oh, yeah. of right. Rebel yeah. Moon back to back. That's awesome. Why is, okay, but here's the thing what, why is, are people surprised that netflix would okay that no no i think that it's it was kind of under the radar my i um my understanding was that it was it was i don't know if it was intended to be a surprise or what because it kind of came out like through production weekly but right. i know it was something it was uh, one of those things they were kind of well, we heard about the production schedule beforehand and it was like oh yeah it's gonna be like april to november and i think a lot of us kind of went um is that yeah. one movie i mean even though it's Zack snyder I don't know if that's one movie. April to November is a long. That's yeah. a long shoot. It's a long yeah. shoot. So, um, but yeah, no. no I, but but this and is so if he's doing. So it also makes me wonder if he's then going to do like Planet of the Dead and and Army of the Dead three back to because like if if Netflix is okay with him doing this production schedule, I know he'd prefer it, and this means that we're going to get like three movies from him in the next three years. Um. Mm -hmm. And oh, we're gonna get a lot of Zack Snyder's. I mean, did, I, but I mean, did you see the thing? What was it? It was either today or yesterday. The 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 sizzle reel that Netflix just put out for all their movies for this year. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like their talent investment is just like they're they're doubling down. It's yeah. massive. They're they doubling got a way well, down. And, there. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and with someone like like Snyder, also the type of movies that he's gonna provide them, I don't think it was much of an ask really for him to just say, hey, look let me shoot these both back to back. And they're like, Oh, if we can guarantee we have a Zack Snyder movie on our library every year. Yeah, sure. Like we will take it's that. It's better like, for them. Like costs yeah. all around. Just like, it's one of these things. If, if they have already talked to Zack and let's say the idea was, Hey, I want to do rebel moon one and two. And they're like, great. And then he was like, okay, could we do it back to back? Why are they? Like, eh, I don't know. Like if they're already committing to it and they've already committed to a lot of other things yeah. he'd done. And, that's great. I'm I'm waiting for. I want to. Not that I'm expecting big stars or anything, but I'm excited to see the rest of the cast fill out and whatnot. Yeah, I know we're all that, excited yeah. to see that. Yeah, I know that Sophia's like going to be the main anchor and everything like that, but I'm still excited to see who kind of comes around and stuff like that. Like my legacy. I still want Snyder to work with Jackie Earl Haley again. That's like my dream that I hope he finds <laughs> a role. Like I love mm -hmm. that pairing, but no, I'm I'm really excited to see what happens there and. Uh, yeah, he's he's got a lot of content coming out. Netflix is Netflix is happy to do it, and they put all that scissor roll because they got to they got to show off the goods, you know. Because they even said in their last like quarterly earnings that they made they didn't right. That was the big thing. That was like stock tumbles because they didn't hit their goal. It's like they're gonna be fine, even though they're trillions yeah, of dollars. They're, that they're gonna well, be fine. Well, they raise but, their prices. Of course they are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're well, gonna be fine, but they well, still so want to show off. Like, hey, this is a reason well, you I should meant, be with us. I meant year. to buy stock when it took. Cause I saw yeah. oh, somebody. I know. 
you somebody, and I were talking about that. Because uh. somebody was, I saw a thread on Twitter and someone was like, oh, I'm concerned because now what people don't realize oh, about whoa. everything going to streaming instead of cable is that if these companies fold because this revenue model is still new, then the content disappears. And then instead of having streaming versus cable, we have nothing. It's like that economically, that's so as long as, as long as people want to watch content and are willing to pay for it. And there's people that want to make content, there will be a platform via which people can make content oh, yeah. to sell to people. Right. Like it's the, well, wait, 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 that's wait. not going away. Even like theaters could burn down and, and streaming could disappear. And as long as people want to watch content, they will find a way to deliver content to people for money. And, <laughs> and, 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 and it was like, we, we, we got our notification that, yeah, Netflix is, has gone up. It's like, I think it's 1999 now, right? And, but seriously, like, that's just millions of people going, son of a bitch, type in the credit card number. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. they, 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 no, they no. don't even have to type it in. It just, it, it just updates yeah, it. Yeah. No, right, like, all right, fine. Right, right wait, here we have it. My, my point is, yeah, there weren't like a million people, cancellations. People no, are yeah. just oh, like, I'm well, sure, fuck I'm it. sure there was like a, like a small percentage that maybe did, but maybe. yeah, but it'll it'll be not, back. not enough to, yeah. no, yeah. not enough to affect it. No, oh, and, seems, and, yeah. and, and Travis is right. They'll, they'll be back. All it takes is one of their 10 annual hits that they put out. Like the, the, the well, show that the show that no one's heard of that all of a sudden well, dominates. The, 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 and, and, and then they're going to have a Star Wars. They're going to have their own Star Wars. With yeah, Zack which Snyder. I think it's interesting that at the only look at Star Wars theatrically, the only Star Wars movies that ended up getting made under Disney were the movies that were already in development when George Lucas, like he left and they had like rogue one had been discussed. He had like treatments for solo and he had like an outline with treatments for, for seven, eight, which they drastically, you know, they went away from that. But, but that was like, when he left, he was like, look, there's, we, we've got these ideas and then that's what they made. And they're like, uh, we don't know. Let's do the greatest hits on Disney plus. It's so, um, and now rebel enough. moon is being, or, you know, rebel moon is being made. That's the other one that he was working on with Snyder like that's the I don't know what else may have been under the undercover that was in the works but that's the, the that's all of the like the 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 last gasps of Lucas are like spent <laughs> to me it's like I, I and I agree because like great we've talked about this before like stars being great on TV and I agree there is like a reason that but I still want stars movies and I'm just so shocked you look at the slate we have this year for like Marvel and DC all these films coming out like we're just so <laughs> lucky. And Star Wars, it's like there's not even a peep. Not like there might be pre-production, but nothing's gearing up this year. Nothing's getting ready. Taika keeps saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna direct something." You know, everyone keeps saying, "Yeah, yeah I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it." It's just well, and I look at the way they handle been... creators on their movies in general. None of oh, those yeah. are sure bets. Well, like, well, and, no, and, it, and, there, there's been very rare good at care, like good all the way through start to finish, no problems. And it's just weird. It's weird that they have this massive for a company that loves money and has always like said, "Oh, you're." super greedy company trying to get as much money the fact that they're not even trying to pump out anything right now is fascinating and i have as much as i have defended kathleen kennedy mm -hmm. and like lucasfilm from especially from the nerd QAnon assholes but like mm. that you know con <laughs> that, that consistently thinks she's getting fired every day but like as much as i defend them nah, they got issues Sure, they have issues. I, I can point to what happened to Rogue One. I can point to what happened to Solo. They have issues. Right? That's even that's not even counting the sequel trilogy. So no, they and and they're in this weird place where it's like, you know, it wasn't like any of those sequel trilogy 
lost money. However, they're getting more buzz on Disney Plus. So they're kind of in this holding pattern where they're like, okay, well, we don't have to worry about, you know, the, the, the fandom menace attacking us for throwing all the stuff that they love into these shows, even though it completely misrepresents the structure of the show and they should have titled it something fucking different, but whatever, like they're in that. They're, it's almost like they're kicking the movie can down the road and just leaning so heavily into streaming because of how polarizing the sequel trilogy well, and is, well, what and not just with, that, but I think there's something interesting if you look at the difference from what Disney purchased from Lucas was not what Lucas had built. Nope. Right. They bought the rights to what Lucas had built, mm -hmm. but you look at like like George Lucas made six star wars movies and then obviously like the the merchandising rights that he had for that is like legendary mm -hmm. he invented the like cinema merchandise market um in a lot of ways i'm sure that someone would disagree with the nuances of that statement but what he did with those movies was um sure they sold toys but like they and and in many ways were engineered to sell toys but like that wasn't actually their core like purpose they were still like cinematic and it's uh, debate is in the air as to whether or not like the ring theory thing entirely holds true with if that was what he did intentionally when he when he constructed them but i think one of the most interesting things about the sequel trilogy to me that was really frustrating was um that it clearly was not whether whether Lucas did it intentionally or not ring theory worked with those six movies. And then it was not something that worked that stayed true through the, like the, the, the same pattern does not apply to the, to the, the sequel trilogy um, in a way that like the, the prequels were so different from the original trilogy, but there's these motifs in the, in the music and the visuals and the whatever that stays true. And then the sequels, were were very similar in it, it didn't break expectations or or aesthetics or mm. approach in the same way that the prequels did and well at the time the prequels were divisive you see as a whole 20 years later people are like oh actually this is kind of these eras make sense and and then what disney did was they came in and they immediately went to that greatest hits kind of throw star wars in a blender and and they were when, when people talk about how do you capture the magic of star wars that's always a thing people talk about and disney was very focused on how do we capture the magic of star wars whereas george lucas was never trying to capture the magic of star wars he was always making the magic he was telling yeah. the story um, exactly just, and so yeah, and so he story, didn't yeah. go to write episode one and think how do i recapture that he was just telling a different story and it happened to because it imbued his love of cinema and his love of like the pulp movies of the era that he was emulating and and then you know john williams and all that brought it together it had the magic in it and um and so i think that kind of what disney found out by the end by the time you got to like how do you make the third movie of a trilogy that is already piggy like already a send-up to another trilogy of movies like you get to the movie that's supposed to be like you look at return of the jedi and that movie, while it's pretty different from A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, it has the most callbacks of all of them, mm -hmm. right? It references, it iterates on all of the things that happen in those movies. Um, and then you get The Force Awakens, which iterates on heavily on the other movies. Then you get The Last Jedi, which it's pretty unique, but also really leans on those Star Wars motifs. 
And then you get to like the rise of Skywalker and it's like, okay, so now we're going to wrap up the movies that were wrapping up the movies that like, <laughs> and you just kind of get in this into the reference, the member berries fest of, of just, well, let's just highlight all these things that people like got star Wars. And then, and then after that, they're like, okay, so now we don't even know what to do because the thing that was, that worked at first of, Chewy, we're home. You know that. Let's make <laughs> let's make fans happy by giving them this. Oh, that was such a good scene, though. Like, but but well, but you did that, and then now, like, you can't just do that. You can't just say, "Dude, yeah, Chewy, we're home." Yeah, how do you replicate yeah, over and over and over and over again? Replicate it over and, and over. And yeah. the diminishing returns is like last guy. The 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 rise of Skywalker is the 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 end result of the diminishing returns of that of that approach. And so then, what do you what do you do next? especially when you're like afraid of solo and like what happened with Alden Ehrenreich there and, and moving forward. Whereas then on TV though, you can get away with the, with that kind of, also Mandalorian started off, you know, way different, but, um, but you don't, you don't kind of get the blowback of people comparing it cinematically to like, for example, if they were to make these as movies and, like if the Mandalorian were to be a movie and the, and they were to put it up next to the other ones, I don't think it would. It's it's great TV in a lot of ways, but I don't think it would be appraised very well cinematically speaking because it is way more focused on these Star Wars tropes that I don't think the tropes on their own sustain the movies. Um, right. But but on the TV yeah. show because it doesn't have the same burden of of it expectation. Yeah. Um, like on the TV show, it's like you're sitting in your living room watching it and, and you can be like, oh, that's awesome. That's a Star Wars thing. I love that. Right. And in the movie, you do that and then you're like, but what, where's the, where's the bag? I, my I, buck? I, I just paid my 1450. Where, where am I, what am I doing? What are we doing? For yeah. Like that two and a half hours. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I, on a, on a Wednesday morning, I can pop on the book of Boba Fett and be like, oh, it's, it's, it's not Yoda. It's not Boba Fett. It's not, <laughs> not Luke. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, he's probably in the thumbnail, though. <laughs> yeah, and but um, but yeah, and, and you and you get that that whole. It's like, oh, this is what I love about this franchise, and um, and and that that same approach doesn't work cinematically. And if that's what Disney is good at and what they want from these franchises, and um, I I very much understand whether like you know what we don't we can't do this cinematically because what you need, you know, Rebel Moon. Uh, well, I mean, we'll see what he does with that, but I think Rebel Moon is very much the approach that Star Wars should be taking, and not because it's like Zack Snyder, but just because it, it's this: let's do something, let's break outside the mold, let's you know, let's be George Lucas and not give you the 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 Anakin origin story that's like, oh, here's all the Star Wars stuff you love. It's literally no Millennium Falcon, no X wings, no no Death Star, no Empire, um, even the Jedi that you thought you were going to get is not what you're getting, and not in a way that that is like undermining the the franchise but when it all comes together you're like oh wow this all fits even though i didn't see it like in the moment and and it has that lasting impact um yeah and i think that's why myself and everyone's uncle is always like star wars needs to do all the republic right like it's yeah. twenty thousand years away we wouldn't get any of that but again like you said i don't know if they really want to do that with the movies even though yeah you can make like I, I just feel like there has to be some executive pitching like hey four out of the five movies we made were a billion rice skywalker did have diminishing returns but you are going to get an error of kid that grew up with the that ray's their favorite character that finn's their favorite character yeah. and there's good i think that's yes. the part even if they 
don't do it on Disney Plus, I'm gonna feel like they're always leaving money on the table because there is still a fan base for whatever you feel those movies that loves these characters that are okay. This is my generation, or just even would like, like same thing. I don't. I, I honestly, I really love Force Awakens. The other movies are mixed for me, but I would love it if we got like a Finn series or something like that. But it feels like they kind of yeah they got to that yeah. end point. Like okay, here's the trilogy and. We're done, and I, I hope to see Star Wars on the big screen again because I love, you know, seeing the opening credits. I love the music. I love yeah. that feel of it. But again, I don't know. Every time we start up, we we pull back, you know. Right. Well, what do you do if you do episode, you know, episode ten? Or... That's what I would love. Oh, like to me, you if you like, they probably wouldn't because like you're talking about. But that would be the most freeing of okay. You have Ray ten years in the future, and there's all these problems, but there has nothing to do with the Palpatine, nothing to do with the Vader. Completely gone, kind of what the EU did with Luke Skywalker. Now, eventually, of course, you got like Palpatine back, and you got people. But like when they introduced Thrawn, they're like, "Here's this new villain, and he's going to take our heroes in a different mm -hmm. direction." And here's the conflict. That's what I would love. As much as I love Kylo Ren, we don't need another villain that's the grandson of this person. That, like, uh, and, but and, I don't know and, if they would do that. Well, you know? well, well, well that's well, what's so, the so, scary question is: what's more likely for them to do Episode Ten, where they have to break new ground and be like, "Okay, we can't make this trilogy about being a send up of the other one," mm -hmm. or do you, um, or do you remake? Do you start from scratch and just do like a modern and new hope? The latter. I think you do ten. The latter. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, well, no, no, no. What no, will Disney no, do? No. When 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 he he's asking <laughs> what is more likely. WWDD. The latter is more likely. I mean, oh, I think, I, so you I, think I, we'd I, get like Star Wars restarted and I, here's a new I, hope again? If I just, would. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would mm. prefer. I would prefer what you're saying in terms of like an episode ten and, yeah. and break new ground. Absolutely. But Hollywood's history suggests otherwise nope like, they all like, want they want nostalgia it, right. it's it's right. for me it's tough because star wars paints them in this box of everything's canon and i don't think they should have done that with the comics and the t there's pros to it but there's also cons to it and that's where i feel like they might keep it going for a while where okay because if you reboot and you started a new hope and we're doing that again what happens to Clone Wars? What happens to Boba Fett? Do you have to stop those right now? Because oh, we have a new Han. We got a new well, Luke. Well, you know, so. you, you just like you you just mentioned Thrawn, and it's worth noting that Thrawn is absolutely canon within yes. Star and not not from obviously not from the novels in mm. the EU, but from Rebels and the the one mention from my favorite episode of season two of The Mandalorian, The Jedi, where Ahsoka flat out asks. Morgan Elizabeth, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? Which means, and this, I was going to, glad I get to pivot back to this, Stephen, because you brought this up <laughs> earlier, when you were talking about the idea of doing a far out series where they're looking for Ezra, well, that's what Ahsoka and Sabine should be doing in her show. Right. That's so. what, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for. It's hard. It's hard with my, my cynicism of their approach to, to not like look at Obi-Wan and, and Ahsoka and be like, oh, are those just going to be like oh and turns out cgi luke joins them going out into the outer rim or like oh yeah well i'm, yeah. I'm somebody like i i get that everyone's excited but for me when they announced hayden christensen's last vader coming back that was the biggest like nut shot to me because i'm somebody that i like the idea of the very last time they saw each other was mustafar and you have all that history and i guarantee you in my opinion george didn't write it that way like oh and they also did fight one more time in the middle so for me i wanted a logan obi-wan just on tatooine 
dealing mm. with his personal problems, dealing with the things going on, maybe talking to a young Luke. But now this, well, we got to go for one more adventure to fight Vader one more time. Even the artwork they showed for the show is them fighting on like another fiery like situation. Just like <laughs> this is, right. we don't need this. This is just, but so, again, does that sell subscriptions? And it does. Obi-Wan versus yeah. Vader again, one more time. HD, Now, if they, you know, because that was another thing that came out today was word is rumor mm-hmm. that that show may premiere in may um, gee what date is that gonna fucking premiere uh, it, on? It, well well, well <laughs> it, it, if it's because it, it's a wednesday like that day is a wednesday this year that is that is disney plus's day if there they as far as that goes so yeah they if, if they if go. they don't do that that is the that is the most egregiously missed opportunity on earth. Well, it could be the, that, or it could be the seventeenth. When's the anniversary of a new? Oh, home? that is the seventeenth. Yes, twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. How can you? How could you miss May the fourth? But the, the only thing you got to well, think of because May twenty fifth is the real May the fourth. Oh. Well, they've, yes. They've never <laughs> had a Marvel and Star Wars show overlap, and if they do, they have to have Moon Knight have two episodes because its finale would be on May fourth. It's six well, episodes, so either Moon Knight's gonna have to go two, or if it doesn't, you're gonna have a Moon Knight and Obi Wan, which I don't think. I think they really want to avoid. Probably they don't, not. They're probably yeah, not gonna so. do that. So, all right oh. then. Well, then that's not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. But, I mean, uh, it would be it would be the anniversary of the first appearance of Obi Wan if it's mm-hmm. on the twenty fifth. So, so and I think people are also okay. saying it's like, yeah, okay. I, I can't remember when Star Wars Celebration is too. People are saying like, oh, they might hold it for after that because you can do a big push and stuff, which I'll look up. But I think it's yeah, celebration. In I bet we get a I, get, I bet we get a trailer for that next week. Yeah, at, we're at probably gonna of, get a trailer for Kenobi soon, right? Because we haven't seen it. Yeah, you would think so. Oh yeah, because yeah. it's the finale, right? Yeah. Yes. Next week yeah. is finale, yeah. Celebration yes. is May 26th to 29th. So if that, that uh, would really work either, what are the so. odds? No. Well, we no, because it would be. I don't know what it'd be. If May 31st is probably. Are May we gonna have a Kenobi Force Ghost that shows up in the last episode? Steven, just just to clear, I, it's not that I don't completely understand your cynicism. I do. <laughs> I 100% understand it. It's I because it, it's just a, I have that cynicism in a different place. Yeah, I get it. That, that's we that's get really it. that's really all it is. So because it's like, uh, yeah. I just because I really just wish they'd have structured that damn show better than like if, tell us up front that this was the direction you right. were going to go in. Well, it, it, it betrays what they really want to do versus what they want you to think they're doing. Right. Um, Sounds and, about and it, that's yeah. and that's kind of where I start to apply these other in the same way, like oh, they want you to react as if they're giving you Luke and Ahsoka content, but like really, what's actually there is just a reference to something that we don't actually have yet. Um, and maybe we'll get that. I'd love it if we get that, but we don't have it yet. We just have a a, a teaser of something that we might get mm-hmm. one day. But we got that with the Book of Boba Fett too. At the end of season two of Mando, we got a teaser for a Boba Fett show that we didn't we didn't get that version of the Boba Fett show. Mm, um, and so it's really hard then eventually to be like, Oh, so now they're teasing something that I want. But every time they do that, when I actually, you know, it's like I said, they're making movies out of post credit scenes instead of yeah. actually making movies or you know, I, shows I, or whatever. I, I, I will be 110% on that cynicism train with you. If they do this to Ahsoka, I will not be happy <laughs> if they do this to Ahsoka. We're going to yeah. see man. All right. Before we wrap it up here, uh, who we got? Who we got? Bengals or Rams? Oh, oh Travis! Well, I, 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 you know, you know, you know, we have another week, right, Dave? 
I know, I know, but yeah, still, but he's that tired. Oh, <laughs> Sunday, yeah. I'm going. I'm going. I know it's not this Sunday, but I'm just saying. I'm going Rams. I think Bengals are a great team, but I also think they have like a lot of luck working for the direction. And I think Stafford's gonna get his moment. I think it's oh been working God. hard. So I, 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 I think <laughs> I think Rams in a pretty close. Game. I knew this is gonna bother fucking race. All right, but I could <laughs> I could see near the end of the game, Rams really like kind of running away with it, like winning by like a couple touchdowns here. That so I'm going I'm going Rams. All I hope though. Is a good game. I don't want like last year where it's a thirteen to three. Like I want just obviously it's not yeah, going to be Bills. You want you? I mean, we've had some good football. On oh yeah, that. Bills oh. versus Chiefs is arguably the greatest I, I, football I, I, game I'm, of all time. I'm, I'm telling you right now, the Super Bowl will not live up to the last two weeks of playoffs that we've no, had. It, it probably not. There's no so, way. I'm going Rams um, for my pick. Who okay, I okay, think okay. will win and want to win, but I don't have a horse in the race. It's over. You know. Okay. Okay. Oh, Ray, you go last. Um, <laughs> Steven? <laughs> I am I am very tuned out on, on football, but I think that the... You've got a new the, head coach, though. I, I couldn't new, even tell you his name. Got a new defensive, got a new defensive um, coordinator that will help figure out where, where how Justin Fields is going to run the ball. I um, I think that uh, um, of, the, of the teams, the one that I have more, more familiarity with and connection to is the Rams, and also I think that... Um, like second half of the Super Bowl, Stafford is something that could be very electric yeah. to watch. Like, who knows? Who knows how it'll go? But like, if it comes down to the line, I'm very curious to see that guy try to. He's the things he's done in tight situations have mm -hmm. been, you know, in <sighs> prime time. Oh yeah, in prime time, if you give it to Stafford Both and say make shut something up. happen. Both of you shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> He he's a franchise builder. He's a guy you oh don't trade yeah. away. You know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Dave. You know what you've done, right? Because yeah. this is this is the NFC. This is three quarters of the NFC North here, right? Packers, <laughs> Bears, mm -hmm. fucking Lions. So. <sighs> All right, go ahead, Ray. I mean, okay, I'll say mine. I I actually I'm rooting for the Bengals. Ooh. I am, even though that my dad would probably be like, "What?" Because he's a diehard Rams fan, but. I'm just kind of, you know, for some reason, there's just something about, um, you know, I love uh, uh, Burrow and the fact that he's, what, second year yeah, in the league, right? Year. Hot yeah. shit. Yeah, and I just kind of like that. But at the same time, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of going, well, it's Stafford. And Cup. Stafford deserves it, yeah. too. So go ahead, Ray. <laughs> <sighs> okay. All right. So the funny thing about this, Dave, is I've, I've been watching the playoffs very sadomasochistically rooting for the Rams because I hate the Ford family. The Ford yeah. family is awful, and <laughs> this just makes them look even worse. And, of course, it's, it's totally fucked up our draft position. We had a draft pick in the first round from the Rams that at one point was 18, and now it's going to be no lower than 31st. Fucking whatever. But at any rate, <laughs> my head, my head says the Rams because it – dude – out Stafford aside, this is what you traded for Von Miller for. Oh, this yeah, is what you yeah. have, uh, Jalen Ramsey, and this, you 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 assembled a team to win now. So go ahead and get it done, in spite of your head coach who's a fucking idiot and tried to lose last week. Like, but how do you how do you waste two fucking timeouts? I know in the I, second head. Coaches and timeouts have been really a yeah. fucking thing. So 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 like <laughs> my head my head says the Rams, my heart says the Bengals. 
I can actually root for Joe Burrow because he left Ohio State. He's an LSU quarterback. Don't let any fucking Buckeyes tell you that he's a Buckeye quarterback. He's not. He (laughs) left Ohio State and was saved by LSU. But I just have this feeling because it's his second year and because of how insane he's been this season, I have this sneaking hunch that, and I hate saying like the player is like the next so-and-so, but he just seems like he's going to be the next it guy that picks up where Brady left off as far as like winning titles. And it, it just would not surprise me if in his second year in the league, he wins now. And it's like, son of a bitch, this dude really is. Cause that's like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are like the two best draft picks. The Bengals have ever had in their franchise history. Seriously. Like that's, that isn't, that's insane what they have going for them going forward. So head says Rams heart says Bengals. There if you ask me to put money on it, I'll, I'll, I'll say the Rams and, and yes, it's going to, yeah, it's gonna fucking hurt because we had the dude for twelve <laughs> fucking years. That's couldn't, the thing, man. Could couldn't beat either one Ooh, of their teams. Two years to twelve years. Ooh. Could not beat either one of their fucking teams with Matthew Stafford. His first fucking And we year. couldn't beat anybody else's team. So right. I mean, that's even worse. <laughs> his first I mean, not two years down the road, not five years. His first fucking year with away the from the Lions. <laughs> He's in the fucking Super Bowl. Well, just wait, <laughs> just wait for him to win and see what he says in the uh, post in the post game. Oh God! Okay, if they do win, Ray. I mean, we'll talk oh, about this, dude. They're next. gonna talk. The the, the announcers <laughs> are gonna talk about this all game too. They're gonna oh be like, be like, yeah. The, Stafford in his first appearance in the Super Bowl. Once he gets away from the Lions, oh, it's gonna dude, be so bad. Where was the Stafford for the past decade, dude? They're, they're, Ray, no, they're, they're, I will they're, reach out to you and be they're, like, they're, they're just gonna act like he didn't have a career before he went to the Rams. Like he that's just what it's was, gonna be. He was that's in purgatory. Like it, like like we're, like we just live in. Like I know it's fucking five degrees here right now, but we it's not actually Siberia. Up here, but Jesus. <laughs> oh, nice. <sighs> yeah. oh, well, there it is, folks. And uh, I think it's a good spot to wrap it up. Five hours in. And uh, I want to thank, of course, uh, John Roca for joining us and uh, spending some time with us. That guy is a good dude. Hopefully, he can join us again. And uh, we're just going to go around the horn and uh, promote, plug, whatever the hell. Go ahead, Travis. You first. Uh, well, you can catch me on Geek First, not Geek Nation, Dave, as you introduced me, you bastard. Oh, did I, I say Geek wrong. Nation? Oh, you yeah. know why? Because but I was a good guess. I didn't say, sh- yeah, I know, I know. I know That's but, what uh, was in my brain. I'm sorry. <clears throat> yeah, whatever, Dave, whatever. <laughs> but uh, at Travis B. Snail, find me there. And we're, we got Geek First, probably podcasts about in February. We got 25 podcasts coming out, so almost one a day. And we're, we got busy stuff going on. So we got a few months, and uh, I'm just counting down the days of the Batman. Very excited. And don't delay this movie. You'll crush my soul. That's all. Exactly. I but uh, thanks as always having me on. Good to talk to you, Ray. Good to talk to you, Steven. Good to talk to you, Dave. It's a fun night. Yeah. No wonder you've been looking green all night. You've been ho- ho- hiding that Hulk because it was like I called the Geek Nation. Sorry. 100%. Mm-hmm. I was waiting. I was going to just flip <laughs> while Roke was on and stuff like that. But no, I was like, I'll, I'll play it cool. I apologize. I apologize. I had Nation in my brain. All right, oh, Mr. Ray. Uh, at the Flightcast on Twitter, uh, you can find my weekly podcast on my blog at theflightcast.com. Uh, I've also got Monday Morning Sports Ball, which yes, I will be talking because there's a bunch of other More. NFL. There's a bunch of NFL shit that's happening and happened like in the off season, including the retirement of Tom, in, including <laughs> the retirement of Tom Brady, uh, which sure. 
was unofficial for two days and then was made official mm-hmm. <laughs> like shortly afterwards. Um, and of course, I'm still in Squadcast Media. I co-host Fans Without Borders with uh, Brent, and I have resurrected DC TV Squadcast. I'm in the middle of a current DC TV binge. All I will say is that it is an HBO Max sh- live action series. Uh-oh. I'm currently binging, and that I will be reviewing it. I, I was behind on all of them by at least a season. I'm currently binging it now, and I will record an episode for that for Sunday. So uh, I'll, I'll and I, I'll have some some strong thoughts on <laughs> on this particular live action DC TV series. But uh, but yeah, that's what I've got going on right now. All right, Stephen. <laughs> also, I'm Stephen Colbert. You can find me on the social media is at SM Colbert. And uh, you can find my writing at ScreenRant.com. And you can also find um, my podcast with Andrew Dice at SnyderMinute.com. We've got uh, episode zero or one. I'm not sure what we're titling it yet. But of our Rebel Moon by the Minute um, podcast is is uh, up. At, it's either live it's live for Patreons. And it's actually it's on our BVS by the Minute feed right now. I don't know. We'll have a, a dedicated feed for it soon. Um, and, uh, but that's, uh, just kind of an introduction, break down some, uh, actually drop some info in there about my thoughts on the budget using some, some Hollywood math and some tips that I got and, uh, some, some casting thoughts. Then we've also got BVS by the minute has new episodes coming out and, uh, and I ran out of stuff to plug. So yeah, um, catch me, um, in audio form without my twitchy eye, um, over on, uh, on SnyderMinute.com. There it is. And for some reason, yeah. the hiccup just hit me right now. I don't know why, but okay. Yeah, we're all falling apart. <laughs> I know we're all falling apart right now. It's five, I mean, it's five hours into this fucking thing. And I'm like, all of a sudden the hiccup. Well, thank God. Ugh, see, yeah. there it is. Um, anyways, guys, smash that like thumbs up before you leave. And um, thank you to, uh, of course, again. Ah, see, there it is. Um, Mr. Roka and, uh, you know, for joining us and, uh, of course, having uh, you know this great conversation. Thank you, Travis. <laughs> Travis Ray. I mean, it is like we are crawling to the finish <laughs> line. Oh, dude, you don't even know. I'm just like talking like I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make make it. There it is. Jeez, I don't know why all of a sudden it just like hit me right now. But I haven't even drank anything in like the past like 27 minutes. But anyways. <laughs> thank you guys for uh joining us i'm just gonna end this as much as i can now join and do all that patreon it's all down there all right guys we'll talk to you later